Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dyer here, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, being joined as always with his co-host, Destin Soulglow Frazier. Really, E? Again? Yeah, again, again. It's an anniversary. You gotta do everything according to the calendar, my friend. And you know that? That's the way it works. That's the way it works. April 15th. Never forget. Never forget 415. The North remembers and the South, apparently. Yeah, rough stuff going on. I was thinking, you know, nothing's probably going to happen this week. Because last week was WrestleMania. I could probably just not do a sh- an episode, a show, nothing. Because uh, what are the odds of anything important actually really happening? I think I'll preemptively plan something different just in case it's a slow week. And then the universe said, hold my fucking beer. They did. <laughs> they really did. Like, really? Uh, again? <laughs> We're going down this road again, guys. Really? Yeah, they did their sweeps. Now they do it to the calendar. Very professional. Very professional. It worked out so well last time. It's definitely working out well this time. Thank you for everyone joining us once again. Mm-hmm. Hasn't reached wrestling burnout at this point in April, the busiest season of wrestling of all time, essentially. Everybody on iTunes, Stitcher, tune in, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, tune in. Uh, what else do we have? Did, uh, did I forget one? I feel like I forgot one. iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio, let's not forget on Google Play Podcasts. And of course, the two video streams on Facebook.com slash gaming slash talkbrunch, as well as twitch.tv slash talkbrunch and talkbrunch.com. Like, at this point, if you can find somewhere where they have podcasts, you can find us there. Yeah, I don't like having to plug that every time. You should have common sense. Just just Google just, us. Just, 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 at this point, just change it to insert podcast network here. Yeah, just Google us. We're not one of those shows that is like you're only going to find it like on a free platform somewhere. So, you know, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And on demand. And on demand. That is true. All right. Uh. Where to begin, eh? Well, I can't begin there. With, I don't know if you heard about it. We could start with a story that made me laugh this week. Really? Go ahead. Did you hear uh, Ryback decide to do a poll? I did. <laughs> I heard that he tr- he decided to do a poll. Uh, and I'm assuming, I didn't even bother to click into the article, to be honest. But I'm assuming that the the majority of the votes of his fans recommended that he retire instead of come back. Yeah, basically, he, he had done a poll, I believe, on his Twitter of, like, where you guys think I should go next? And it was places like New Japan, uh, I think AEW, I want to say ROH might have been one of them. Mm-hmm. And then everybody, like, like 40-something percent of the votes was, like, retire. Well, why did he put that there? Because I was like, oh. Wrestling fans are trolls. Why did he put that there? Don't yeah. you think it was foolish that he put that there? As many of those wrestling fans, you pissed off? Like, why would you ask that question? Why would you do that? He asked for it. Hey, like, you don't piss, especially how many times we've seen, because, I mean, we don't really talk about it on the show, but as many times as he's been like, oh, you know, these guys are interested in me. You know, these guys are interested in me. They're never interested in him. 
I, I also saw something he put up complaining about the fact that he's essentially saying what he's trying to tell people because he put up his Twitter stats, the analytics, how many people click the tweet, all that kind of shit, which is really just supposed to be for the content creator. Anyway, what he was trying to explain for him, I don't understand what he was going, is he's claiming that Twitter has shadow banned him. He's claimed this for a very long time. Whether or not they have, I can't say. But what I can say is that it's just because I didn't bother to look because I'm really busy with an actual program of fucking news and not whether or not Ryback's been shadow banned. But if you are inclined to find out, you can literally probably Google am I shadow banned and there's a whole bunch of search tools that come up. You could just put in any Twitter account in there, hit the search button, and uh, yeah, it'll just tell you if this account has been shadow banned or not by Twitter, even though Twitter claims that they do not shadow ban people. They do. And, uh, you know, if you right back and use that tool, I'm surprised somebody didn't just suggest it to him to find that he's shadow banned. Like none of our accounts are shadow banned for the record. I mean, I think on YouTube we might be. But for anyone who doesn't understand what shadow banning is, it's essentially rather than giving the content creator notice that their stuff is being blocked or removed, it will be for content creators that I guess are more vocal about that kind of stuff. They would rather just put in, put something, and I'm kind of explaining it uh, simplified here, but they put something in the algorithm where your stuff just simply doesn't show up on the recommended or and people don't really see it. And when they click it, it doesn't get engagements. And it's just essentially a shadow band. It's not part of their algorithm. They take you out of the algorithm that they've coded is what you shadow really band essentially like manually is. manually search for them. Making the content creator dependent on their own plugging and their own community to share their stuff out. Wrestling had a bad name. It was considered um, not uh, ad friendly, which is what led to a lot of that stuff happening. And uh, I, I write back as claiming that this is what Twitter was doing to him. Twitter has been known or at least been uh, accused of doing it to right-wing people, Republicans, just basically pushing left-wing stuff and burying right-wing stuff. I don't know if they make a habit out of it. I could say that upon the few times that I have investigated it, it's absolutely been true. Whether or not they make a habit out of it, I don't know. But whether or not it happens, I can 100% say it has. I've seen, like, with my own eyes, this kind of stuff go down. And that's what, uh, that's the lesson that they don't teach you in school, kids. The most important lesson of all, which is that at the end of the day, all of the people that are in charge of everything are human beings and people just like you that have opinions and feelings and emotions and all that other kind of stuff that are not above meddling with shit. Everyone just assumes because it has a corporation or it's a copyright or it's a trademark or it's a business that there might not be a guy like me or you or someone else that we know that you like or don't like at the helm of this thing. There might be cool 90% of the time, but with a 10% of specific opinion, be like, hey, fuck that group over there and just use that power to their advantage. Whether it be a Twitter or Facebook and Instagram or whatever it is, you'd be naive to think that these companies run unbiased and that they just objectively let everybody do whatever they want any more than any other job or any other place, there's always going to be some sort of a favoritism there or some sort of leaning. It's almost impossible as human beings not to. And I mean, for people to try to objectively tell me that they don't, I think that they're full of shit. Because if I had slash have power in this world that I could wield at my advantage in order to get certain results that I want, if I consider them to be positive results, then of course I would use it. That's like asking somebody if they gathered all seven Dragon Balls, whether or not they'd make a wish. Right, like, of course you're making a fucking wish. Do you think that you think this is the right thing to do, Dustin? I mean, we got to have a fuck. Get yeah, dude. You, you know, come out, Shenron, or whatever the words are. You're like, I'm not here to debate the morals of this. This is once in a lifetime. I have power here. I'm going to use it. If I don't, somebody else will. 
<laughs> you know, I'm use it for what I want. If I get that magic lamp or those, or those Dragon Balls, I'm gonna do it. So it's just weird for me for people to believe that, like, if they had a thing like, like, if they made a thing like a Twitter, an Instagram, a Facebook, or even a WWE, that they wouldn't use the fact that they now have a place that everybody's looking and paying attention to them to be able to say things that they truly believe in or don't believe in. You're telling me that if somebody killed your mother and you owned an, a platform like Twitter, that you would still let them and their their peers exist on that platform? Even having full control, you wouldn't press a few buttons, a few clicks. Destin's banned people for just being outright condescending in the room. And you're telling me that if you were on Twitter and someone killed your mother, or at least let's say there's a shot her in the kneecap, you'd be cool with that? Like, well, whatever, we're, <laughs> an un- <laughs> we're an unbiased platform. We're an unbiased platform. Nobody's going to do that. So it's like, I'm not even judging here when I say that it happens. But I'm saying that it does happen. If somebody has power and they see somebody, think about it. I'm not saying whether or not it's true or not because I'm not getting into the politics anymore. But if people genuinely were to believe that Democrats or Republicans were crazy and that they were trying to end the world and that they were trying to cause riots and that they were trying to cause everyone to have guns and there'd be shootings everywhere and kill their families. And all and they knew that there was a chance to just curve that shit a little bit with a control alt and delete of somebody's account or tweet. Just just sweep them underneath the carpet. You don't think they would do it. It's not like they're handling this like goodbye forever at least in their minds i would be under the assumption that they think of it more like someone who's in a rush to clean their room there are certain things that they just kind of stuck out of the way until they can get back to it later the problem is that just like everyone who has that mentality twitter and a lot of these social media platforms have the habit of never going back to that place where they stuffed everything (laughs) you know so it just winds up becoming a mess So that's what we have going on here, I think. And I think in the case of Ryback, he got paranoid because he does get political. And a lot of other people do get political in the wrestling world. And some of them do get shadow banned. Some of them get outright banned. I mean, the last president got outright banned. The moment that he was no longer president, well, they couldn't wait to ban that motherfucker. You guys honestly believe that that was unbiased, that it was just him objectively waiting? Like, no, they, they, they must have been dying to ban somebody to do that. Think about it. Whether you agree with it or not, you know what I mean? Like, whether you agree with it or not, that's like if a teenager was moving out of their parents' house and as they're putting their shit out, the parents are putting their shit in for, their, for it to be their plant room or their office room. Like, literally, like it's like a two-way train. Like, the kids carrying these boxes on the first all- they had, They're already putting the desk in and said it. Like, they couldn't fucking wait. There was, no, there, there was no decorum here. It was like, we couldn't wait to get rid of you. We had, your, we had the shit so planned, we couldn't even the- wait. You're, you're not even one foot out the door yet and we're replacing your ass. That's sort of what it feels like here, you know? And as you load, as you loading your bed out, I am loading the stripper pole in. Yeah. So if they were able to do it to the president, it was like the moment he was gone, he was gone. They didn't put up with him on a second. Well, sooner. he wasn't out of office a week and gone. <laughs> well, he was gone. I just deleted that shit. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Nobody ever talks about how fast that shit happened. Like somebody at Twitter was waiting. Like, all right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> and I think oh, the problem. Fucking <laughs> I think the problem with social media in general. And this has always been a problem is that everyone's first instinct when something bad happens is to see who's in trouble or who's going to get heat for it. Whereas my first instinct, even if I'm not involved in the situation, is to see whether or not I have any heat or anything wrong anywhere with me. And I don't give a shit about the other thing. If it's not for me covering it. And, and a good example of this is the Ryback story, because I'm, I'm shooting here because I read it, but I didn't put it in the program. I didn't care. But you brought it up and I'm glad you did. But what I did was when I read this story, I thought about what I told you guys. I said, you know. There are means for people to see whether or not they're shadow banned and Ryback didn't do it. And this is big news. Oh, shit. There's a big opportunity for me here. I could get the app and I want to find out whether or not I'm shadow banned because that's more important to me. 
And then I want to find out whether or not talk bunch of shadow band. Then by the time I did, I was like, oh, good. Nothing shadow band. Then you know what? I forgot all about Ryback by the end of it. I forgot why I was even there until <laughs> Destin brought it up just Priorities. now. Priority was me. <laughs> you know, by the time I, was, I didn't even leave, I forgot why I was even there. Dude, I was thinking, why am I checking my shadow band? I forgot all about Ryback. <laughs> but you brought her back. That's right. I was checking to see if we were shadow band because of Ryback. Look at you, Ryback. You did something right. You made sure we weren't shadow band. But I didn't even get bothered to check to see if he was. You guys could go check if you want. I'll even put the thing in the chat room. I think this might be. Do I still have it in my history? The place I went to see if we were a shadow band? Yeah, here it is right here. Shadowband.io. You can go there and put in any name. A simple way to check if your Twitter account is currently shadow banned. And it looks like uh, one of those fucking um, those shadow Pokemon is the uh, logo that they, that they use. Oh, my God. Fucking tw- that, that Twitter sign is a ghost type. Ain't that some shit? Yeah. Look at that. You're, you're there? That's awesome. No, I, 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 I'm envisioning what the fuck you mean, and I know exactly what you are. That's shadow band. You put any name in there, it'll tell you straight up. Am I shadow band? What's right? Ryback- <laughs> Wait, that is. That's <laughs> a haunter. Is that a? What is Ryback's Twitter? I could, I could check now just to, just to do some justice here to this. I don't even know his, his fucking Twitter. Anybody know Ryback's Twitter? Maybe that's the problem. Maybe he really isn't getting these engagements. I mean, shit. Nobody seems to know the Twitter right now. I feel like that was just involved giving that shit about Ryback. I think that's the problem. I'm going to look. I'm going to see if I can find out what Ryback's Twitter is. And we'll, we'll, we'll get this whole thing debunked once and for all. Because he goes on and on about it. Every week. He, he, I, I kid you not. And I feel bad saying this because, you know, I liked Ryback. And I thought he had a lot of potential stuff. But if you were to follow his Twitter, like on a weekly basis, as far as how WWE um, and Twitter have this conspiracy against him to make sure that he never gets over and that he never is able to achieve anything. And the way he keeps going up to people going, you see, did you see it right there happening? It reminds me of Sami Zayn, like of the gimmick that Sami Zayn does. Except just not entertaining in any way, shape, or form. You see what happened? I wonder if, I wonder yeah, if they're doing is, that. Uh, at Ryback. Do you think that they're making fun of him? And it just went I over our head? Because <laughs> that's who it reminds me the most of now, where it's like, you see, but, there's but, a conspiracy again, here to keep I me down. Like- but then again, I feel like at the same time, for them to make fun of them, you'd have to actually remember he was there. And let's be real, shoot straight. Until whenever, un, until we bring up stories involving Ryback, I forget he exists. It shows here Ryback is not shadow banned. If his real name is at Ryback, Ryback is not shadow banned. Assuming this thing works correctly. Yeah, it's, it's not that you're shadow banned, just nobody gives a shit about your Twitter. It's okay. Because his whole logic was that someone that has like one, like I forget how many, he has so many million followers should not only have like 55 engagements. It's only 55 people give a shit about you. <laughs> Welcome to reality, kid. Like, I mean, it really depends, man. It works both ways. Look at our community. We have certain platforms where we have way more views than follows because a lot of people will look at something and not follow it or really interact with it. That's literally what the internet is. It's more lurkers than actual people in the forefront that scroll past things, tap into them, give it a few clicks around, click the timeline a little bit, and then pack out of it. People automatically assume that everybody that sees every single piece of content on social media clicks into it, goes, who made this? This is actually really amusing. This was really worth my three minutes of investment. What is this channel? I think I'm going to click here and follow this. Now, am I following them both and liking or am I just following? Okay. And who runs this? Who's the host? Who made that? That was a really funny picture. There's who, who was the illustrator? Nobody's doing that. You know what I mean? You, if you're waiting here for, to get some credit, like if one day you're going to be at the barbershop or something, you're going to be like, you that guy who did that joke way back when? Nobody gives, nobody's giving any credit because if you were to ask yourself right now, out of all of the things you heard this week on the internet, audibly, visually, whatever, 
How many things can you go back and actually credit or even find the person? If I gave you $100 right now for in the next three minutes to be able to go back and reach out to the person of the thing that you saw the most amused, you probably can't even remember what the thing that you most were entertained by was. And if you can remember, you wouldn't even remember what the fuck you saw it. There's no credit in that kind of shit. Isn't that depressing? <laughs> Damn, that shit hurt. Holy shit. You have to think about the way you consume content, and then you have to understand the way other people consume content, you know? And like very rarely are you going to come across. So, I mean, his, his whole logic of, oh, I only have but this many engagements. But you know why a lot of people, a lot of people might just scroll past it. I know that you said all of this and I fucking scrolled past it. I certainly didn't click in. I didn't save the story. I only checked to see if I was shadow banned. Yet I know everything you said. That's how engagement works. A lot of the time I'm not reading. I'm scrolling. But when I'm scrolling, my brain's sort of taking it in. You know, what I mean, after doing social media for so long, it kind of happens. You know what I mean? So it's like he needs to understand that, like, not everyone's going to click in to, to his stuff. And also, there's the big, big part. You're not wrestling or streaming. I've seen a few people do that recently that made me laugh. Like, the same way I mentioned small-time streamers that have come on here, and then they've said, like, within the time of the pandemic, they've come on, made a career, and then retired with under 100 views, and then and then decided they were going to make a comeback. This happened. It's like you would think. It reminds me, if you've seen in, in, in that, that show, the Robert Kirkman Invincible on Amazon, it almost reminds me of the book people who come. Where it's like, are these people <laughs> aging? Are they aging rapidly? Like, they're aging so fucking fast that we can't comprehend? Because how did you, in the time that I've been here, already establish yourself on Twitter, have a fucking run, get burnt out by it, retire? or make a comeback you know what i mean wait a minute what i haven't experienced any of this shit yet <laughs> and the first being like four months <laughs> you know it happens well you know this, this that's the whole thing this this sense of entitlement because i've seen that those people that have gone on to do what ryback's done which is be retired and then go on to twitter and be like how come nobody and i've seen people do this which to me it's kind of weird for you to hang your hat that way but i've seen other people do what ryback's done and just be like how come nobody's responding to me have you seen that? Yeah. That's yeah. nuts, right? What? How come nobody's responding like, to me? What do you mean? Like, because you're not doing shit. Like, but even if, like, I wouldn't handle it that way. You know, how come nobody's responding to me? And then, then somebody responded to me. I was like, hey, man, I'm here. You know, we all, we're all busy and shit. They said, hey, I'm paraphrasing here. And then the person had the nerve and they had the delusion of why they had the nerve to put something like, it's just that I'm used to there being so many responses and so much engagement. And it was like, fuck off. No, you're not. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> like don't be lying <laughs> at least Ryback now. <laughs> at least Ryback is a was you never were and you're out here talking about why am I so fucking lonely on Twitter <laughs> like that's where your spare time went and I kid you not this is this is a shoot this, this is a fucking shoot like I, I kid you not and I scroll past because I'm sitting here at my desk this was a few days ago and I saw it and I just went <laughs> and Stacey looked at me I was like what I was like, nothing, man, nothing. And she was like, what? Tell me. I was like, nothing. And I just told her the story I just told you. And I was like, see, it's stupid, but it just makes me laugh that there are people out there going, I'm woe I'm so used to I'm so used to all this engagement that I used to have. I just laughed out loud when I saw it. I'm lonely. Not lonely. Lonely. Like, stop getting mad when people don't engage your shit in Twitter. Like, really? If you want to test it, say some shit that gets you heat. Now, if you get no engagements, then, then you could be sad. Because I know their algorithm, and I'm not talking about the algorithm of this system. I'm talking about the algorithm of people's psychology. I could go on there and be like, you know, sugar-free chocolate cake isn't that bad. Maybe I'll get a like, boop. But I could then say something a little bit cross, a little edgy, and maybe it won't be a direct reaction, but there'll be a lot of indirect reactions floating all over the place. Suddenly, the whole ripple of the water will change. You notice that? 
people think <laughs> people fall for that not that no selling shit no one's ever not selling you i had a co-host on here once a girl she's actually an indie wrestler now i'm not gonna go into names if you know the history you know further enough back that used to uh what was the thing she did that I didn't like? Oh, whenever she typed, and I can't stand it. We've talked about this on here. She typed Y-A-S, Yas. Oh. And I remember being like, I hate when people do that shit. Like, after she left, I was like, I fucking hate Yas. This was like almost a year afterwards. Messaged me within an hour of the show going off the air just with the word Yas. Oh, God. <laughs> I can just see that shit. All right, guys. Later. Hey, night, everybody. An hour and a half later, yes. What? Uh, Mitch, what? (laughs) If there's one thing I've learned about the internet, if there's any place that you should believe in ghosts, it's here, my friends. Everyone who once was still is. Never forget that shit. So, Ryback, stop falling for this. I can't believe Ryback of all people. Look at this Twitter. It says 52 engagements, and I have 1.2 million followers. If you were to think, like, dude. People work, motherfucker. All right. And there's so much content out there too. Not even just kind of wrestling, just content and people on social media. There's so much going on right now. Does anybody really have the time to consume it all anymore? It's almost impossible. You know how easy it is to miss shit on Twitter now? I used to tweet during UFC and it wouldn't even be anything like the stuff that I bring in onto here. It used to be just tongue in cheek stuff, the stuff that crosses my mind, like maybe about a KO, just something. Oh, they start to him, whatever. Minimal effort, just just the way we're talking now. We get so much fucking engagements. You know what I mean? But it's like there weren't as many people everywhere across the entire, not just country, but planet tweeting or engaging in this kind of media. Take into the fact that afterwards it became a new wave. It became a boom period for this stuff. And then add up and then add a peppered in pandemic where people who never intended or never had any idea of coming into this world were literally ushered into here and there's just a lot of content right now you know what i mean at the end of the day there were people like us who were doing this because this is the platform that we chose then there were people who caught on and have directly even messaged me and said hey i saw you doing this and now i want to do it and then there was like now the new layer that we never even expected people who never would have gotten involved with any of this shit never know what a road podcaster is or a hyper x or, or a fucking blue yeti or, or or what elgato is or obs or anything or what Twitch is, or Facebook gaming, that were then, or even what Zoom is, or Skype, that were then told, hey, look, you're not able to go anywhere or do any of the things that you normally do, but here are the alternative ways that you can get some of the things done. And now, when you look around, it, everyone has some sort of a platform that they're streaming something off of. The competition got thick. It's not the first time something like this happened. Ask anybody who was born a few decades before you that thought that their garage band was going to be able to become a big band. <laughs> there was a point an early point probably when people like fucking Fonzie was around where if you had good instruments and a good sound there was a higher chance that someone would go those kids over there got it but somewhere down the road it became such a thing that everyone that you knew in every school and every friend you had had a garage band sometimes you had multiple friends that had different bands and different things going on you know what i mean people get into fights because they would want the drummer from the other guy to be with this guy and before you know but the thing at the end of the day how many of them actually were at ozfest like motherfucker this is three doors down this is two doors down this is one down and a quarter that's what i'm saying it's not to say that that means that that sucked i'm not saying oh well fuck your garage band i'm just saying that at the end of the day it could have been good and that's the reason why people like garage music sometimes because a lot of shit doesn't get over because there's just so much of it 
So it's like this is the first platform that that's ever happened with. But I think that Ryback is looking at social media and he's getting salty. But I really don't know out of all of the things that Twitter was dealing with. Like we're talking about the president of the United States. We're talking about Joe Biden, Donald Trump. You know what I mean? Democrats, Republicans. I've seen them mess with that. But I just don't know if like right under that on their list is like Ryback. You know, I just secretary like of defense, of, you know, and then Ryback. It just sounds like another case of Ryback once again, thinking he's more important than he is. Someone should add that to Twitter's Wikipedia page fucking around like those who'd like to edit Wikipedia. They'll change it back eventually, but just be like, you know, Wikipedia has been known to manipulate information of high powered individuals in our society, such as <laughs> like Donald Trump. Uh, but, do, <laughs> but, but elevated, elevated, like by, 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 literally Donald Trump, Joe Biden. Nancy Pulaski, do, do it like that. Like go down the chain of command, Secretary of Defense, etc. Enzo, Ryback, <laughs> Yoshitatsu. <laughs> you know, because it's just like, I just don't think, I don't see it. Not seeing it, man. This was an interesting story, though, to talk about, because it segued us into a bunch of other things. You know, Ryback's paranoia about stuff. It's a shame, though, because I like the guy. You know I like the guy. You know what it is? I like him. I'm just over him at this point. I just had a lot of fun with it. When he first came out, I was like, yeah, I like that. This is like... All the things that are cool, like it's just like a cool wrestling thing. It's not too complicated. We don't always need like a complicated guy. Like if I'm looking for my complicated, crazy match, I'm not looking for him. But I did like the big guy element. That's the first time in a while that we had a convincing version, in my opinion, of like a big guy come out and squash people. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Is that like Goldberg. Vicious when they had a yeah. Squash match? Goldberg did it. Lesnar did it. Both very convincing when they had those squash matches. and then Even Rusev. You know? There was something special about Ryback's when he first yeah. showed up. I don't know. I don't know. I can't put my thumb on exactly what it was. If he would have stayed. When he for those little jobber squash matches, like his were like, oh, fuck. If he would have stayed and tolerated a lot of stuff, he would have been that guy who had that documentary where it literally almost was like a Goldberg when he came in as this guy who was taking two people onto his shoulders and hitting them with his finisher and mounting them on top of each other. He was unstoppable for a while. Then he was in a feud with John Cena and CM Punk and blah, blah. Like he was literally building a legacy. He just got impatient with it. Yeah, you I think that's, that's one of my biggest problems. Like, he, it's like he didn't want to go through the grind to the top. And then it's like when he left, now it's just seeking attention. Like, it's like I said before, the whole thing about like, oh, Impact interested in me. Impact wasn't interested. AEW was interested in me. AEW wasn't interested. It's like, what? Like, <laughs> I've, like you hit- I've, I've seen a lot of people. Not, not a lot, but I could give you a good case of individuals that have literally been at both the very top of the card, pushed as an invincible person, and then put at the very bottom of the card almost to an unrealistic point, and then still were able to be back at the top, and it worked out. Yeah. If you literally go back and watch Kane's career out of everybody, I would say Kane is one of the better examples. And there'll be a lot of shit that you guys won't remember, but prom- I promise you it's there. There were points where Kane was like a jobber. I'm talking after his thing with The Undertaker, where like people who you would not believe were fucking him up and just beating him like a regular guy. And it's not like they changed the way he looked or anything. He was just losing badly. And it happened a few times in his career. It wasn't like once. I remember Mass Kane. I don't remember the specific circumstances, but back when Vince used to end the storyline book matches, I remember he was a baby. He was a heel and Triple H was a baby face. And he said something to him. He was like, you're going to have to start from the bottom of the barrel. Tonight, you're going to have to face Kane. And then, like, Triple H left pissed off because they have to face shitty Kane. Like, that's the way he was being portrayed on television. And then eventually he got built back up. And I don't know what the story was behind that. But the point was, it didn't hurt him. Secondly, there was a point, and I found this one weird. I think it was once again a situation. I Was it Randy Orton? I think beat Kane. This is unmasked Kane. 
few years back. And like they had Kane at the end of the match, post match, do this really uncharacteristic thing where he kind of like humbly shook Ort- Orton's hand and like bowed his head, like you know, I like showing humility. That. And they were like, "This is not a side of Kane we've seen ever." But and this was after because I remember watching that match, thinking this motherfucker's been losing everybody for someone who's the Undertaker's brother. And I remember <laughs> coincidentally in that match they just did this really weird thing where after Orton RKO'd him, he kind of took Orton's in his hand, like he took his hand in his, like sort of thanking him, like for the match, like with a lot of humility and shit. And it was really weird, man. It was really unusual. Like, they were trying to just not make him non-threatening. Let's not even talk about when he was teaming up with fucking Santino and these guys. The fucking, the, what were they called? The the core? Or the apple? Or whatever the fuck those guys were at WrestleMania? The, the, it, was, it was fucking Santino and Kane. And it was some horrible thing. Oh, oh, and they, oh, and they made him do the trumpet? He did the trumpet. Remember it was Giant Kane doing the fucking thing with them? That was around that era. That was around that same era. You almost would think that he can't fix it. It sucked, but he he was all right. You know what I mean? It never hurt him. You know, and I kind of feel like Ryback, Ryback never had a lot of the shitty things that Kane had. Like Kane had a lot of shitty things. As much as Kane had a great story, a lot, there was a lot of bad things. Like the KD Vic thing. Kane wasn't the KD Vic thing. He was the direct fucking victim of it. The the, the only bad thing Ryback ever had was Rybaxel. And even that was all right. Yeah, that wasn't like awful. I think the lowest point he hit was when he was freaking trying to do the CM Punk thing with Kalisto on the po- on the pre-show. But it's like, yeah, if he had just stuck it out, dude would have been fine. But it's like he got salty at the bottom and just said, I'm out. Like, And we're going to talk more about that later because one thing that we've learned from this week, which we're going to get into more detail on, is that if you're not like a really top person in WWE... Like, if you're not someone who they really give a fuck about who's like a draw, but they're still using you moderately, the last thing you want to do is constantly be being vocal about the fact that they're misusing you. You know, and like I said, we'll get into that later. But just remember, and I've said this before, you know, don't be like in this company for like a year or six months or just got here and you're already talking shit about your your, your spot. Because I can most certainly assure you that at that point, They're not going to give a fuck how many people are mad on Twitter. They're not going to give a fuck how many angry emails they get or what the backlash is or how it looks publicly. If someone in that company is brand new or somewhere that you as a wrestling fan, people who listen to the show, will consider "Ah, they're fairly new. And that person fucking starts complaining about what they should be getting or what they should be doing or whether or not they were at WrestleMania and shit like that. They're going to cut you loose really fucking quickly. It'll just be like, nope, done. You know what I mean? Like, they're just going to be like, done. So you got to be really careful about that. That's giving you a little hint about some of these releases. But you, yeah, you can't be coming in there. And that's what Ryback did. It's kind of funny. We're talking about this on plan. But Ryback, these people, when you think about it, we give Ryback shit for that. And this is a guy who was in a lot of pay-per-views and was with, it was with John Cena and CM Punk and everything. And we're like, dude, you just got here. You should have calmed down. So out of the people that were released, just think about some of the people that could have been complaining about spots that no fucking business doing it, man. None. So just remind remind yourself that when you're dealing with a company like this, I know that they're cold blooded, but don't ever try to like match them. You know, don't ever do that. But we'll get into that a little bit later on. Right now, I am looking at uh, what is this? This is uh, Zack Snyder's new Army of the Dead movie. Yeah. Okay. Is this connected to any of the others? Is this like part of the George Romero? I mean, it can't be for Zack Snyder, right? You can't sequel it if you're not no, I, George I, Romero. I don't believe it's connected. I haven't seen anything on it. I just know that it exists. (laughs) 
Anyway, let me see. Do I got the thing here on our screen? I'm loading up Artron for the first time today. There we go. Oh, this is coming out on Netflix. I'm so used to, you know, I'm not used to this new world where it's like everything that's coming out is like coming out right in our house, right? <laughs> right. You don't got to go nowhere. Yeah, I just got to watch it here. And I'm not watching any of it. I haven't watched I Going back to when the Bill and Ted was one of the first. I still haven't watched it. They didn't watch uh, Coming to America or nothing. I don't care. Not the same. <laughs> anyway, let's see. There's Batista. I remember when Shawn Michaels had that job. Fifty million dollars. Yeah. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, met up with a gambler. Don't want to hear shit about the music right now. Like, yeah, I could beat it, but I'm like typing tonight. Okay, so they're showing a casino and stuff. Whatever we gotta use, come up with your own music. Do it, Vince. Though. Can you get those CFO dollar sign people? That's yeah, whole thing's gonna have the music. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm looking at the trailer without the music just because I don't want to have to explain in, in in a freaking document that it was used in fair use, even though it was. Oh, look, is that what's her name from? Uh, Fear the Walking Dead, or am I thinking of somebody else? I don't know. When did the dead come out in this shit? Two hundred million dollars in the vault beneath the strip. With a thirty-two hour window to get it out. Find the safe. This should be a simple. This looks look more like a. It's not too late to go back. What the fuck are we watching? Like, oh, oh. Oh, you want it dead. What the? Wait a minute, why are they dressed like. What the hell are we watching here? Not what you think they are. No, they're not. They look like the dead from the Army of Darkness. Should we get Bruce Campbell for these guys? Look at that. Dead. What are we Bro, did you just see the way he fucking dodged the knife and stuff? This is gonna be absurd. They're like martial arts zombies. Oh, you got the whistle world over. Now, motherfucker. I don't like this. Not a fan at all. Boo. It's too over the top, man. These these, these series are just too damn strange, don't you think? Like, what yeah. the fuck? Like, you gotta get high as hell to be able to have your suspension of disbelief go as far as some of this stuff goes. Oh, look at that. There's undead... zombie tiger. That's crossing the line. <laughs> this is like a video game. This is like a video game. That's what Zack Snyder does. This is the guy who everybody's counting on for that Justice League that I still haven't seen to be good, right? <laughs> what do you like of Zack Snyder? Batista looked the same in that movie, so congratulations. But what do you like about... In regards to Zack Snyder, we have to give the guy credit. I'm not really sure, truth be told. I I need to look at his filmography and see if there's anything that I'm missing. (laughs) Zack Snyder. Okay. Because I know he's been a controversial guy for a while now. Oh, he should be. So he did Dawn of the Dead. Was that the first film ever that he directed? Was the remake of Dawn of the Dead back in 2004? I like that. 
Holy shit, that was his first film? Yeah. How's that his first film? I'm not used to seeing a director whose first film was in my lifetime. But yeah, 2004's Dawn of the Dead, which was good. 300, of course, which is I think is where we most really credit him for, which I, I obviously like the cinematography and the stylistic design of 300. If you're going to get somebody to do a Frank Miller comic book, Zack Snyder works for that. That carried over into Watchmen as well. I think after that, it's almost like he kind of just kept that tone and just started splashing it across his entire filmography. There's some shit called Guardians, The Owls of something, Sucker Punch, which I hated, you know. But once again, he kind of used what he learned from doing 300 and uh, the other stuff, you know, Watchmen and shit like that there. But it just doesn't work the same. Then he did the sequel to 300 and Bother With, Man of Steel, of course which I didn't like. I think that Superman just has no soul. Batman v Superman, which we, we became a running gag on this <laughs> show, counter. how much I fucking hate the idea of the way that he did it. Suicide Squad, which was meh. Wonder Woman, which we just spoke about the other, the other day. You know, Then Justice League, then finally Aquaman, then the next Wonder Woman, then the next Justice League. And now here we are, Army of the Dead. So it seems like it started out okay with the Dawn of the Dead remake in 300, and then it just slowly went downhill. I guess, because it's kind of weird. I always used to look at Zack Snyder as a good name. I guess because of the Dawn of the Dead remake and then the 300. And I loved Watchmen, especially the Ultimate Edition. But I think what it is at the end of the day is there has to be accountability at this point from the studio the studio in selecting the correct director. By the time you get to 300 Watchmen, Sucker Punch, it's kind of like the writing is on the wall for the kind of director that Zack Snyder is. Now it's up to you to ask yourself the kind of DC universe that you want. And if somebody would ask me as a fan, do you want a Zack Snyder DC Universe? I would probably be like, nah, not really. Like, there's certain things that should be dark, but not to that extent. Like, it shouldn't be dark that I need to turn the brightness up. That's not the way the dark works. And that's sort of the way Zack Snyder's worlds are. You know what I mean? The, um, I, I hate to say it, and I know he's getting a lot of heat right now. I'm not going into that because I didn't look into the information. But Josh Whedon, you know what I mean, was perfect in doing comic books. And they hit the jackpot with him doing the Avengers because Josh Whedon, and I said this before he did the Avengers, I said that his stuff, Buffy and Angel and all that shit, it reminds me the most of anime. And it's able to do the highs and the lows that comic books are able to do. We're like, you could have like an episode where you look back and you're like, man, those were good times. You know, then you could have like an episode you look back and you're like, that was fucking dark. Like, I didn't know that that was going to be that serious. You know, but it's like the characters realistically hit those highs and lows without it ever feeling like they're not themselves or that it's forced. He was good at doing that. If you go back and look, look at Buffy and Angel, like the characters have like really dark backstories and a lot of serious content. But there are times that it makes you laugh, but in a realistic way where it doesn't feel like it's a movie trying to make the audience pop in the theater because, you know, when they do that, but more so like this is just the way these characters personalities come across. So I think that him, he used what he learned with years of doing Buffy and Angel. And when he did the Avengers, it came out the same way. If you really look at the way the Avengers interact with each other, it's no different than the way the Buffy cast or the Angel cast do their interactions with one another, which is why it's believable. They all have personalities and they all get along sometimes. Sometimes they don't. Then they argue, they break apart. Some of them fucking leave and walk out and go off on their own for a long time and don't come back. You know what I mean? All those different elements of the way things work is something that I feel Josh Whedon did. Zack Snyder failed at. You know? In most of his movies, it's just a dark overtone. And now this thing, it just looks like another, another fucking set of the same nonsense. With Batista. With Batista looks the same. Good for <laughs> Batista. Keep, keep looking the same. I can't even be like Batista look good in his movies anymore. Batista looks 
remarkably the same. He looks remarkably the same at this point in everything he does. I'm tired of saying he looks good. No, he doesn't. He looks like Batista. At this point, if you you just have him looking like Batista, then it's just like, yeah, okay, cool. If you think Batista looks good, then he looks good. But to me, he always looks the same. It's becoming like a Schwarzenegger thing. (laughs) Where it's like, no matter how many roles Schwarzenegger has, he's really just Arnold. I can't remember the name of most of his characters. Some of them, of course, the really iconic ones. But, like, I don't remember who he was in Kindergarten Cop. Who the fuck was he? I don't remember his name. I don't. What about in Last Action Hero? Who was Arnold? You know him as Arnold, right? <laughs> Nobody knows. You went to Kindergarten Cop. Good Lord. Batista's going to be the same way in the future. People are going to remember him as Drax and as Batista and everything else. So, there you have it. See if we find any other fun stories here before we get into the dark shit. Kind of like anime and comic books. <laughs> yeah, start off fun and then the Saiyans arrive. So Peacock deleted. Let's see what they deleted this time. They deleted Mandy Rose slipping on her way to the ring. But like the problem with doing that is that later on you guys incorporated into a storyline that will now not make sense. You know, like why like then you know what I mean? Like is that isn't that weird? It just goes on to my list of bullshit wrong with this company. Just stop fucking deleting things. You don't know what you're doing. Also, I I couldn't imagine paying them money to not get everything. If you're not going to get everything, you're charging me full price. Also, WrestleMania 37, when they had the rain delay and they just had superstars just coming on, sort of shooting on the mic, that whole thing was clipped out. That I agree with. I have no complaints there. That was a time constraint. I've been there. We've been there. There have been times that something's gone wrong or something's gone down, and I have not wanted to move to the next story because whatever it was wouldn't get captured for everyone one platform or something went down and we would stall it or something and if i have time and i give enough of a fuck i might go back and just clip because i know that it's filler just trying to get us through the technical difficulties so i kind of get that no one's going to need anything that event is long two days long and none of those promos even matter and they should have planned for that nonetheless people should have the option even though i never wanted you know go in there and put it as a a separate category. Clip it out of the main thing and put WWE Snow Delay for anyone who wants to see it. You know, it's a historical archive. That's what the network is supposed to be. I don't understand what this whole thing is. They try to have this air of perfection about them that they simply do not have. Right. People are going to start asking questions. Yeah, that's just strange. Can't enjoy anything anymore. What else do we got going on? Man, there's so many dark stories I'm skipping over. Oh, oh, I forgot I have this. I forgot I have this. I don't even know how not to spoil this. Oh, God. I guess by just not putting an image or anything up. Oh, God. So Stephanie McMahon was on the Bill Simmons podcast, right? Oh, God. Did you hear anything about this? No. Good. I'm so happy. (laughs) I popped one. I popped when I found it. That's how important. (laughs) That's how important that shit is. Like, I... (laughs) Oh, because I didn't even have the button ready here. But I popped when I found this shit. Oh, God. So Stephanie was asked about Vince, just about his, his habits, you know, the way we hear about the sneezing. He doesn't like when people sneeze and stuff like that. So she answers some stuff about Vince, and I, I, you have to just hear it. I think this is interesting. There's this Twitter thread about Vince, and I don't know how much of it was apocryphal or not, but it was like quirky things about Vince. And one of them was that he hates when people nod. Is that true? That's true. Yeah. It is? Oh, it is true. Because he feels like it influences the room. <laughs> Okay. So if someone's talking and, uh, you know, someone starts nodding, it's like you're going to influence the room one way or the other. You, sh- you shouldn't influence the room. Let people think what they want to think. So that's true. That's true. What yeah. are some other? I mean, that's like a great quirk. 
Who yeah. hates nodding? It's it's the first person <laughs> I've ever heard. It's like anti-nodding, but that totally makes sense. Yeah, he hates sneezing. Hates sneezing. That's also true. Because it's involuntary and he cannot control it. He hates sneezing. <laughs> so he hates when he sneezes or he hates when anyone sneezes? I think it's really anyone, but especially when it's him. Are there foods that he hates? Or, or is he one of those people who only eats like three types of things? Yeah, he really eats so clean. I mean, he's really, he will get into like some junk food. When back in the 80s, he used to love, this is gross, but this is just nasty. He would eat, or, I think it's nasty. He would eat Oreos with squeeze cheese. You know, that easy cheese that used to come yeah. out of the can? Cheese in a can just sounds bad anyway. And he would put that on Oreo cookies and eat like a bag of it. Yeah. I did hear about that one, but I skimmed past it and my mind would not allow me to process it. Squeeze cheese Oreos. What? What's going on here? (laughs) You were going to do another taste challenge on here? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, no. No, 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 no. I was half late because of this. Because when I read it, it was like, I have to get Stephanie saying this. I'm not reading Stephanie saying this. Like, there's an audio drop out there where she's talking about him eating squeezed cheese off of Oreos. This is the news. Could you imagine if you couldn't find the audio? We'd have been just now getting on the air. Oh, yeah. I would have postponed the day. It would have been like tomorrow night instead. Squeeze cheese on his Oreos, dude. It's it's, it's such a thought-provoking topic because, first of all, how did it even come to be? What, What was going through this man's mind? I can't even put myself in a place where I'm putting cheese on fucking Oreos. How did it happen? I want to know so badly now. So, I've seen people. I've seen people mix sodas. Like, oh, I got a Coke and a Sunkist. So I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be naughty. What if I put a little of the Sunkist in this Coke? You know, that's a little bit weird. But I'm just so fucking puzzled, man. So, as somebody who every now and then I'll experiment with stuff, I'll try different things, mix it up a little bit. I have a line. Oreos with fucking squeezed cheese is past that fucking line. No shit. It should be. Oh my god, fucking King Quest go hop in here all about some so he eat the icing off and replace it with cheese. Motherfucker, that's the first thing you come up with when you show up here. Hey, that's a good question. There's a lot. You see what I mean? This is something that we're going to have to do some serious investigating on because that's a lot of people. I mean, that's the best way to eat or is to eat the icing on the inside first. So what does he do? Does he eat that icing off and then psh, and then put the cheese on and double dip? Oh my God. He probably scrapes it out first and then just replaces it with cheese and then eats with the, the cheese, cheese out and then first. eats it as a cheese Oreo. <laughs> How the hell did this happen, though? Milk? Like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. It's just so puzzling. Right? I can't. I, I, I've never been so baffled <laughs> before. That's something in my you life. Know, we, could just, we could just skip the rest of the stories and just ponder this shit all episode long. Like, I almost can. I got to be careful because I can't. Squeeze. <laughs> and then uh, this was the, to me, this was a, uh, I just looked in the comment. Ringside had comments underneath. They had a guy who comments and he puts, I remember hearing a shoot interview where someone said that Vince used to pick up burritos and eat them sideways. And the only thing that he would put on them was ketchup. Yeah, like he's, the bad part is? <laughs> I what, what was it I wound up watching again? Oh, it was whichever dark side of the ring it was where Godfather confirmed the story about him taking fanship in the strip club. I remember At this that. Point, I fucking believe it. Like, no, it was the LOD one. I that's what it was. Because it's like, yeah, if you take a doomsday device in the middle of a strip club, at this point, I believe fucking anything. 
That is unbelievable. Is that the artwork? No. <laughs> I have I already have other plans. Thanks to <laughs> Thanks to Raw. <sighs> like as soon as I saw it, I immediately knew what it was. So it's like, yeah, there it is. There is the graphic. And it's not even something that exists. I'll have to put it together, but that's okay. It'll be worth it. It'd be more effort than they put in half the shit. Squeeze Cheese McMahon. Look at you, God. No cheese. <laughs> that is Fuck messed up. If they make Rod the system, they could do that, damn it. I don't so, I don't know if you guys notice, but WWE, they changed their catchphrase. It used to be <gasps> then, now, forever. But according to Heal by Nature, they registered a new trademark this past April 9th. And it went into the database this past April 13th that was then, now, forever, together. And apparently they also filed four trademarks for a then, now, forever, together. International and domestic filings. They did then, now, forever, together. And then, then, now, forever, together. So they, they have the two terms swapped. So this, just to give you a timeline of how this went, because I know a lot of people have been asking about it. To be clear, April 13th was the filing for Then Now Forever Together. And they filed the four trademarks of Then Now Forever Together. Then Now Forever. Then Now Together Forever. And then finally, April 15th, they settled on Then Now Endeavor. <laughs> Write it down. So, yeah, that was a nice segue. You know, I'm I more upset at myself that it took a second. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> you bastard. Okay. Who needs then now forever when you could then now endeavor? I That's mean, the trademark they wanted. The every fucking year, so you might as well. I'm gonna go look for work together forever. <laughs> Don't ever trust these motherfuckers forever. They're the most fire-happy company I've ever seen. Let's have a look at this nonsense. I'm sure you've all seen it enough times already. But... <sighs> So there it is. Then, then, now, endeavor. No, it doesn't say endeavor. I don't try to shit that one here dramatically. Together, then, now, together, forever. I've seen one that also was the other way that said together as the last thing. So yeah, they are going to be swapping it back and forth. But I don't know when they're going to start using endeavor. That might only be for behind closed doors, right? They need to hurry up and start using that shit because motherfucking ain't shit y'all do behind closed doors no more. Nope. Oh, just for the record, when y'all try to when y'all try to fucking claim some shit, it's gonna fail. Spoiler. You literally took the words out of my mouth. I was about to say, because we're complaining, go ahead and copyright claim this, and it'll be released in a week, motherfuckers. Because they tried that with every episode so far that we've had to throw shade at them. You're gonna fail again. Doesn't work that way. Gonna keep getting to the ropes. Kick your ass, and so do we. (laughs) But nobody's listening. That's why nobody pays attention to anything. Right back. Well, you bring him into this bullshit. He had his time. The most time he's had all fucking week. Yeah, like, keep believing that nonsense. <laughs> but yeah, they, they have a then now endeavor. And we're not joking here. For anyone that didn't keep up with the news, they fired a bunch of motherfuckers. They like released... Nine people. They released Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Samoa Joe, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Kalisto, Tucker, Bo Dallas, Blake, and Mojo Raleigh. So... This was the second year in a row that April 15th had a sweep of releases that we came on here and reported. And, and apparently, 
Yeah, and John Laurinaitis uh, was just put back into the position of talent relations. That's usually when firing runs wild, brother. And uh, he was the one who basically called these people up and basically let everybody know that they were being released due to budget cuts. So that was the official reason given. However, Melser, take it with a grain of salt, said the one example that he was given uh, was that people were complaining about their booking and that the person wasn't named specifically, but they were pouting about not being booked for Mania. And there was another one that complained about their booking in general, even though they were only being considered like a marginal talent. And he said that there are people that are not being used in some cases and that a couple that got cut because uh, he said they were basically, uh, it didn't help them that they were complaining like that. And he said, you know, exactly what I was saying before, that when you're a marginal talent not used and you complain about it, it's not like you're a top guy and it didn't help your cause. So um, out of all the people they're not using, then you're going to just be the ones they cut. So we don't know who it was. But we do know that among that list of people, there were people who were reportedly unhappy with their position. And as a result, they were vocal about it, and that did not pay off. Whether or not you agree with that being the way they handle it, that's entirely up to you. Uh, I mean, we would have to take it on a case-by-case basis, right? Yeah, I would figure so. Yeah, I'm trying to see here. So let's have a look here. I mean, we can go one at a time. Who do you want to start with? I'll let you, I'll let you spin the wheel here. Uh, you know what? Just for Willie. Let's start with Bo. Former NXT champion, Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas. Bray Wyatt's you, brother, Bo Dallas. So the first thing you got to start with is do you agree with his release? No, because they've done, what, fuck all with him since he's been on the main roster. The guy was, the guy was a former NXT champion. You, they, they, we, we've been saying for months they could have easily just stuck him with his brother, and then it writes itself. Like that, like they, 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 they in that situation could do exactly what they like to do, and that's just not try because the story would write itself. And it, it, to, to put in perspective how bad it got, we've talked before about the fact that Bo, that Bo was ready for this shit. He'd already had his farm life and everything planned out for when this happens. Not exactly a place you want a former champion to be is where he's already like, I know when this shit happens, I'm already ready to go. For as much as he busts his ass for that company, that's a pretty shit place to be in. But at the same time, from a company perspective, he's someone who wasn't being used at all for years and years and years. If you were going to do cuts and you were ordered to do cuts, you'd have to start with the people not being used at all. Yeah, At the same time, I have to ask myself, why are they not even being used? And it's like, can we try something first? Like, they try like, I'm the things. kind of person, I guess, with a certain somebody like a Bo Dallas. I'm like, try something with him. If it doesn't work, I'm, okay, cool. I mean, but in all fairness, try they tried a few with things. Them. I kind of felt like he didn't get over. They tried his NXT gimmick. It didn't really get over. Didn't, like, not much really worked with him. I didn't see much honest. trying there. <laughs> they had him spouting Bo Lee for a few months, and then just, and then next thing you know, he's tagging with Curtis Axel. They won the tag titles, and then after that, just nothing. Okay, so you disagree with Bo Dallas. I, I would have, like, done something with them before like you just kind of decide cut them loose like they, they i feel like they didn't put enough effort into bro outside of nxt to be like ah oh, not before for you and willie i'll put bo on the disagree you know he was apparently in a tryout match or a test match i guess when they were setting up the ring and everything so at least he got to do that right yeah <laughs> all right so who are we going with next on this list 
Oh my god! <laughs> Just because we laughed about when we talked about earlier this week, fucking Mojo, Mojo, <laughs> Jojo. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, I forgot he was even there, so it's just like, it's not like it's going to change anything. They tried the whole thing with the 24-7 title, where it was just like, yeah, I'm going to fight everybody, and I was like, what? Because he lost it, and then just disappeared. Like, you notice that? He lost it, and it was just like, nah, he, I guess he's just not back. Alright, cool. And ever since the hype bros split up, like, there's just, he's just been there existing. And he's friends with Gronk. That's like, no. Well, because he's friends with Gronk, you're going to discredit him more. <laughs> I can't fucking stand Gronk, but <laughs> but no, it's just like even that bizarre. Like there was never he never had much of a presence without Zack Ryder there. I never liked Mojo, and I told you guys that I was never a fan. So what did he tweet? Let's see what he put out. Nine years of fun, passion, and pure hype. Thank you all for getting and staying hype with me. I love y'all this much. The next chapter officially begins May thirty first. So. Thank God I was worried I wouldn't get to see more Mojo. Right. He needed to be released, right? Yeah, he he needed to go. There was just, there was, I had a small bit of hope after the hype bros broke up. I was like, okay, let's see what this guy can actually do. And then it's just nothing. And then, let's be real, George, they'll sign him an impact. They'll sign anybody. But um, even when they had the thing where, like, he was screaming at the mirror, and the next thing you know, he comes out for some like random lumberjack match, and he has blue face paint. That shit just went nowhere. Like, so we're tied so I've far. I've never seen somebody who has so many gimmick changes, and not one of them goes anywhere. Some go less far than that. We're tied so far, my friend. Yeah, that's true. Holy shit. That brings us to, uh, I don't know, you can pick whoever you want. This is a very interesting uh, list, the more that I'm looking at it. I would go uh, the former uh, Cruiserweight and United States Champion Kalisto. Good old Kalisto, who I kind of saw this one coming. They seem to like hate his ass now, right? Yeah, they just they threw him to the wayside and just stuck with Metalik and uh, Dorado. Yeah, tough times for our boy here. So, Kalisto, let's see what he's done since. If he's put on a tweet or whatever. I have everybody's stuff in front of me to make sure since I knew this was going to be a story in progress. So, he says, I guess he, he started using the name... Fuego del Sol and he said uh, I'm about to blow up all of your favorite indies well that is only if I'm not locked down somewhere else first so and he also put a countdown on his webpage um, did you see the countdown yes I did see the countdown it's a countdown to when he can work again so that's kind of cool yeah I mean this guy he is an amazing talent I mean former NXT tag champion former cruiserweight champion former what two time United States champion Mm-hmm. And he just never, they never got his feet up under him. I don't know what happened because the Lucha House Party after a while just became just a joke. Like, it was like, hey, they come out with pinatas and throw candy, and then that's it. Like, whereas this is the guy who used to headline with El Generico and evolved pay per views left and right. Like, it's kind of a thing where it's like with some of these guys, it's unfortunate that they just don't seem to try with them. Or if they do try, they'll try for like a half second get bored then just throw him to the wayside because when when the loot when they when he broke off from lucha house party i was sitting there like oh snap what's he gonna do by himself and just nothing i could have told you that they were treated that, like they felt he was an asshole a few people on this list like what there was i feel like there could have been something next but no they just went straight to the cutting board i mean i told you guys that i always watched this guy 
and that he was like really amazing and he was like a draw in the indies when he was samurai del sol and that it was a waste that they had somebody like that there and that they didn't even bother to utilize the guy correctly you know that's their own fault for not realizing what they had or how they had it you know and uh yeah i can definitely strongly disagree with this one i can go with you on a disagree here Kalisto, more so than Bo Dallas, should have been utilized and not thrown off. I could see it coming, but I don't agree with it. You know? So that's a shame. That's a real tragedy right there. Um, all right, well. Next up, who do we got? What's the score right now? We got two for disagree, one for agree. So far Mojo's the only person who we really feel needed to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> should we do Billy and Peyton together? Since that was the only time they've ever done anything relevant with together? Billy and Peyton together is the only... It's kind of funny because that's a good question. Because you would get a different answer depending on what you did. Yeah. Because, see, I have a way of looking at it when it comes to both of them. So I almost feel that this is an easy way I can do it. We're going to do Peyton first. Because after the Iconic split up, she wound up doing the least. The reason I disagree with Peyton is because... Before they started teaming them up in NXT, I remember watching her, and I was like, okay, that girl has something. She had the personality. She had the spark to her. The girl was ready to go. I mean, when it comes to some of the stuff like her northern light suplexes, spin kicks, certain things she did in the ring were really good. And I feel like if you were to work, if they could have actually, like, because, I mean, we we heard right when the Icon- well, that Iconic split up, that was the one that was supposed to get the singles push. And then she wasn't. Then they threw her in a tag team. Then nothing. It seemed like they flipped the script so many times. It was like, can you, if you just stick with something, maybe something would actually work. But it's like they kept, they, 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 it's like they had the worst case of ADHD on the planet with this girl. Every two seconds, something was switching. So it's like she could never get her feet up under her after the iconic split because they kept changing stuff up. So I feel like if they would have just stuck with something, something could have stuck. But they just never, they never did. The plans changed every two seconds. They, they they were like worse. They were worse. They were worse than somebody. Um, when they first played Skyrim, and they're switching classes and switching hairstyles, and they just don't know what to do. So eventually, they just uninstall the game and just play something else. <laughs> We've seen yeah. that person before. Like it was terrible, and I felt bad for her because I was like, see, if you just stick something to that girl, that girl could probably be fantastic because she'll get focused to it. She'll lock into it. She'll be great. That was the thing that made them work for the Iconics. It was something where they could both just lock down on and then just run with it. Ever since they split that, they split that team up. Every week, it was a different thing. She was by herself for a second. Then she was teaming with Lacey Evans. Then she just disappeared. Then she had to go on Raw Talk. Unfortunately, that shot her in the foot because we know how they feel about complaining about the fact you're not doing anything with them. But if if you're going to split these girls up, you're going to split them up for a reason. I agree with you there. And it sucks that it just felt like it was just for the hell of it. Yeah. It was just like, all right, now that we split them up, now let's figure out what we're going to do with them separately, which was a bad idea. They should have Pay- had something already ready. And, and if you don't have anything ready... If you're going to do something first, like if you're going to have her start coming out by herself, stick with that. Don't change it every two seconds because you're going back to square one again and again and again and again. That never works out. So the thing about it is, in the case of Peyton Royce, my friend, you are correct. Uh, This was done. She was done incorrectly. She was good. She's good enough to use. And you know what? I even give you a different answer as far as whether or not I would split them up. 
in the case of Peyton Royce, is it okay to split them up and utilize her? Definitely. In the case of Billy Kay, is it okay to split them up and utilize her? Definitely not. Like Billy Kay's no good. You know, I mean, there's no easy way to put it, but I mean, we're on here reviewing stuff. Billy Kay's not good. That's a big problem. Just not good. It's not even like not good like the way some tag teams have like the weaker link. It's just like Peyton Royce is the better everything. You know what I mean? Like, let's be honest about she, it. She Peyton Royce is the better everything. And she's she's kind of carrying the other girl. And the gimmick only works because it is the two of them. And the gimmick is more over than they are. This girl's over. The gimmick's over. Billy Kay is not. She was being fucking carried. And she did her job well. But I mean, really, she wasn't going to be a breakout star here, in my opinion. Yeah. I should have her on the screen instead of Peyton Royce. Yeah. And then we talked about it a little bit when um, this stuff started breaking out. The thing that pissed me off with Billy. Now, if they were going to stick Billy with another team, stop pussyfooting around and just do it. They had this whole thing where it's like, oh, she's putting out resumes for a new tag team. She, she's looking for a new tag team partner. Then they just fucking fire her. They had her do one match with Carmella that nobody's going to remember and boop, fire. Like, you left the bitch to drown and then let her go because she couldn't swim. What? <laughs> well, here's what I could tell you. The Billy Kay situation, I don't know what happened with Peyton Royce. The Billy Kay situation was deliberate. Fightful Select is reporting that Kevin Dunn didn't like her. I mean, they said that he just didn't quote unquote get her. And that he saw a ceiling for her. And I mean, to be honest, I, I don't disagree with him. It sucks that that's the situation that he was in. But he didn't get her. He didn't get her charisma. And he didn't really see too much for her. It, I mean, I can't disagree with this, man. Like, I honestly didn't, didn't see too much in her myself. Again, I felt like the other girl was carrying the gimmick. But I do feel she could have learned. She could have gotten better. You could have worked with her and then done something. So then you can see something with her. See, 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 once I hear Kevin Dunn, all the logic goes out the window. Because fucking Bucktooth Beaver over there. No, no. <laughs> that guy no. give up on the fucking toothbrush. I almost turned the corner for a second. But uh, no, it's like. I don't think that, that every team has one lacking partner. As a matter of fact, I disagree with that. I think if anything, the best tag teams are the ones that are, they both have strong points without a lacking partner. They have had teams that were lacking. At one point, I think people would say that Matt was the lesser of the two Hardys. But then I feel like he corrected it and he became different from Jeff. Same thing with Edge and Christian. The two styles became different. Bob and Devon, the two styles became different. Uh, freaking Farouk and Bradshaw, the two styles became different. You know what I mean? It's like, but then there are cases where the other person doesn't improve. There's like Nikki and Brie. Brie improved. I mean, Nikki improved. Brie stood shitty. As a matter of fact, she got worse. And unfortunately, there's more cases of that, you know, and, and, and so, I mean, in a way, what Stacey is saying is right, but that's the whole point. They don't want that. That's something that's trying to be corrected. Like, yeah, oh, we have shitty partners all the time. Well, I, I honestly don't agree with that. I don't think we should have shitty partners all the time. And uh, pay, that was Peyton Royce was a formula to have a weak link in a partner and uh, probably should have gotten gotten a lot better by the point where she was at. Yeah, but the unfortunate reality is that the difference with Matt and some of these other people, they tried. They didn't try to fucking Billy. I don't they agree with bored. you, George. I think they, that they, Peyton they, they kinda... let Kevin Dunn get bored in three and a half seconds and then throw it to the wayside. And I don't agree with you, George. I think that, that Peyton can can go for a green girl. The other girl sucks, but Peyton can go. 
they they should have taken some actual time rather than fucking with our shit and banning shit on Peacock. Actually work with the girl. See if you can find something. Maybe she's only good as a manager. But you never know if you don't try. That Raw Talk show, and it's funny how this time around, instead of them canceling Raw Talk and Talking Smack, it seems like they're letting the superstars go on there and hang themselves. It's kind of like, you know what? We're not going to cancel it this time because we didn't like the shit that you guys said on there the first time and then we got heat for canceling it. This time around, you go on there and you say some shit and they probably didn't even warn them. You're going to know. You're gonna, we're going to make you very reluctant to go on to Raw Talk. It'll, be, it'll exist. And when you're in shoot interviews, you're going to tell people, oh, yeah, we're allowed to say whatever we want on there. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's what they're going for with the psychology here. Because Peyton Royce talked a lot. Didn't we, didn't we play it on here when she was talking shit on Raw Talk? She was complaining. She basically she, went the fuck off. And clearly, that was her plan. Because if that was them building a character, then where's that character? As but much you know as people might say, oh, they're the part they of the storyline. What storyline? The storyline where she gets released? Right after that? This last time we saw her? But you know what I think about, though? Considering just, just like whether how they changed everything with uh, Peyton Royce and stuff, they probably got bored. That could have been a character, but then the next week Vince changes it. I don't believe they, everything they, they, that Melsa says. Stuff and get bored all the time. I don't believe everything that Melsa says, right? But it is a coincidence to me that he said that there are people that uh, complained and that's why they got sent their walking papers. And when I think about the people in my head that have most recently been complaining, such as the Peyton Royces, especially the Mustafa Ali's. You know, Mustafa Ali complains a lot, right? Do you ever watch his Twitter? How vocal he is? Oh, yeah. He's pretty pissed off, right? What about Murphy? Murphy's not doing too great. Murphy's always nasty on there. Murphy acts like they owe him money. I agree with the lack of usage. Probably but, do. But <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if that's the correct way to go about it. Ricochet, quite a few times, was on there. A little bit vocal. Alistair Black. Pretty vocal, open guy about his grievances with this. And these are people that are still here. I'm not even talking about people that were released yet. I'm just saying that people that seem to be shit talkers were either Heyman, Heyman guys, extremely vocal, or both. <sighs> no. Yeah, it's a, it's a rough scenario. But I mean... So that brings us... Om- oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, kind of funny, the thing... Um, the, the thing... Well, George, AEW could take any of these people. That's the problem, like, we saw it from the last time. They'll we've seen they'll snatch up just about anybody and give them a run. But um, Peyton Royce is married to Peyton Royce is married to Sean Spears. Yeah, so she there's you, there's reason right there to go. She go spend time with her husband again. But um, she even fucking join the pinnacle. Who knows? But <laughs> but a thing I can almost use to back the whole thing with that thing with Peyton Royce with them just getting bored. Two of them right away. We've seen the interactions on social media. Chelsea Green and Mickey James. There was no coincidence of those interactions on Twitter. They were building shit, and then you just said, nah, we're done. Well, the original thing was, we're going to get to them. I don't want to skip over the iconic set because we're not done. But yeah, there was a rumor that Charlotte was going to be like the mentor to Chelsea Green, and then they just dropped the whole thing. But the last thing I want to do with the iconics is now we got to judge it as a whole. We looked at them individually. Peyton Royce, good. Billy Kay, bad. But... Final decision has to be determined on whether or not you're choosing to keep them together or apart. So what do you think? The Iconics as a team being split then released. Yeah, disagree. I, I've disagreed since they split up. Yep, I'm going to be right there with you. Regardless to that, she could have grown. We will never now know because Stasis is right. There are a lot of teams that have one weak link, and but then there are a lot of teams that the other weak link improves. Now we'll never know. Yeah, you had, That's the thing. You have to give the weak link time to improve. Or I shouldn't say we'll never know, because if they stay together, we'll find an Andy. So, so far, wow, that's a lot of disagrees. Damn. It's it's not, you know, the bad part, it's not 
hard to disagree with them because if we fire somebody, there's logic. It makes sense. They fire somebody because they want to do their little bullshit budget cuts. I think at this like point, like they need to save money. I think at this point, and it's funny because I'm just watching this for all the years that we've been doing this. The firing has become less of the problem because there's so many places for people to work. But I just noticed that the people that they do that shit to when they do it like that, where it's like one day they work and next minute, I just noticed those people are never quite right again. You know what I mean? And we've heard this like from the AEW locker room. Remember the time we were talking about how people who were never in WWE would see people who came there and it almost seemed like they had like a PTSD where they would have to tell them like, yo, chill out, man. Like, it's not, it's, it's all right here. Nobody really like we're cool. You know, like they literally had to tell people it's OK. You know, so it's kind of like it just sucks because, yeah, I'm sure everything will be fine as far as that goes. But it definitely did something to their psyches. The fact that they literally just pulled the wool off from under them, especially when they're when they're Mr. They're Mr. They're not forever together. <laughs> they like give you that whole happy family feeling until they dunk you into the fucking cheese ridden fucking milk. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating because especially when you see these people, they always put their hearts into this shit. And the next thing you know, it's just all right out the front door. And it's like, what? And I mean, it's no coincidence that they, there's no coincidence that this woman, they gave her a gimmick about looking for a job with her resume and then fired her. And it's like they tried to bury her out the door. They were treated wrong. Exactly. Plain and simple. never been split up from the get go. There was no logical reason to split them up, even if you had a plan. Like they were better. As much as Billy couldn't go in the ring on her own, especially the fact that they had such a long history of being friends, they they, they, they bounce off one of each other. Where one you, was weak, the other one was strong. And you don't take away someone's stability like that, especially when they're good people, you know what I mean? And you see that this is something that they're genuinely invested in. It's just, I, I think there's a lot of garbage here, of course. And you know what, George? Honestly, that's the case with a lot of people. A lot of people should have just never been taken out of NXT because the second they hit Raw or SmackDown, it's the shit. They were, they were suited for the main roster as far as the gimmick goes. It's like, it's not like you act like there's so much wrestling going on in Raw and SmackDown that they wouldn't have been able to handle it. You know what I mean? Like, they're more suited. Let's be realistic about the way the booking in this company works. They were more suited for fucking Raw and SmackDown. They were, NXT is the workhorse outwork everyone show. You know what I mean? And it's like, they were not going to do that. They were okay in their matches, but that's pretty much about it. It's business, you know? Business. Nonetheless, we still said that uh, they shouldn't have been released, so they're on our good side here. All right, we're, we're down to a few more. What should we go with next here? Three more, I believe. Um, I think four, but we'll see who's remaining when we're when we're done. I'd say uh, up next, Chelsea Green. One Chelsea, actually, actually, you know what? Shot. Wait, 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 because I don't want to jump too far ahead. I'm sorry. Did these girls say anything? Because that's kind of important, too. I don't want to jump past the icon. I'm actually going to bring them back up on I the believe screen. They, had, they both had pretty lengthy statements, didn't they? Oh, goody. Yeah. Let's get that back up. Lengthy statements, lengthy statements. I'll just look for the part where my program just fucking scrolls, I guess. Yep, there it is. <laughs> Thank you, WWE Vince McMahon. Who, who, who is this, first of all? It's Billy Kay. Thank you, WWE Vince McMahon and Triple H for the past six years. They fulfilled my dream entirely from being a 10-year-old girl that fell in love with WWE from the moment I saw The Rock on TV. And now I'm walking away with so many incredible moments from Super Showdown in front of my friends and family to winning the Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania. Thank you to every single person in both locker rooms and everyone that I had the pleasure of working with behind the scenes, too. I love you and will never forget your support and all the crazy stories we have together. I will miss you all so much. Thank you to all the fans inviting me into your lives. I hope I made you smile and laugh. That's all I've ever wanted to do. I'll never forget all the kind words and memories we've had together over the years. Thank you to my family for always supporting this crazy dream and sacrificing so much for me to achieve it. I honestly wouldn't have gotten to where I am without you all. You have my entire heart. 
And thank you to my life partner, Cassie. Our journey started together, and it's only fitting that it ends together. I love you. I'm beyond proud of you, and I'm with you forever. Lastly, thank you to everyone that reached out to me today. Knowing that I affected people's lives in a positive way means the absolute world to me. BK. Anyone doesn't know Cassie, Cassie is who Peyton Royce is now. So uh, Peyton Royce, with another lengthy statement, she said, although my heart is in need of some repairs, I must send out some thanks to Mr. McMahon and Triple H for allowing me the opportunity to work with you. I have loved every moment of it and will cherish my memories of WWE for the rest of my life. Some of my wildest dreams came true under your roof. I cannot thank my wonderful fans enough. You all fuel my passion and my soul. I'll never be able to thank you enough for all the love through the years. I wouldn't have had these opportunities without you. To all the women and men I have shared the ring and locker room with for these past six years, thank you. All of your texts and past 24 hours have meant the world to me. I will miss your great minds, all memories, but mostly our friendship. I'm so grateful to have met you all. You've made me a better person. My hope is that I've made my country, my family, and my friends back home proud. If so, I feel success in that. Without the support of me chasing my dreams since I was merely 10 years old, I wouldn't have been able to do it. My husband has been my absolute rock and my guidance through my whole journey here, and I'm so lucky to have his love and support and future boss. Kidding. I added that. I added that. It was a, it was, it was just a little bit of ad-libbing, something they should learn. Baba, thank you for believing in me, my vision, for supporting my crazy ideas and always making me feel like I can accomplish anything my mind desires. You make my whole life. This chapter of my life has finished, but I know in my heart I'm not done just yet. This really is just the beginning, and I'm excited to get to work on the future. Now, look, that was beautiful and everything, guys, and I'm so honored that I read it here. Really, I am. I just, I don't agree with when someone releases you so unjustly. That your departure sounds like you just won a fucking award. I get that there's gratitude. And there's a time and place for gratitude. I just kind of feel like maybe not at the release. And then, you know, everyone handles it differently. You see what Cavigan just said? He said, this is, this is the point in, in, in the Oscars where they play the music. He's spot on. Yes. He is spot on. You, they, like WWE fired you. You don't have to be uncivil or disgruntled. But I just disagree with this ass kissing that I'm seeing. Where it's just like, oh, I'd like to thank all the people. They they didn't. You were more cordial to them than they were to you. They just gave you the generic future endeavored message. I don't really think it's necessary to be that humbled by being fired by this company at this point. If you're mad, be fucking mad. They gave you a gimmick designed to fuck you over and then fired you. Game developers go through this shit all the time, and I've never seen them be like, I really want to thank everyone at Konami that fired all my friends and family. <laughs> you know, like, it was a memories of a life. Like, it's just, it's strange to me that that was the way that it was. And that's the way they chose to handle it. It's their choice. This is just my opinion. They're nice girls, and they probably do have a lot of gratitude to give. I'm just saying that they were dealt with wrong. They were released suddenly. And uh, I kind of feel like less is more. A lot of the other people didn't say as much, and I feel like that that's more telling to me. You know, sometimes let your silence speak for you. That's what John Moxley said. Ever since he said that, I've been thinking of the brilliance of that. He was like, I let my silence speak for me. And when I look back at that fucking, that send-off that they gave him, he was really, we never knew what was going through that guy's head. Isn't that weird? Think back to the Goodbye Shield tour that we went on. They were doing that because for the first time in their lives, they didn't know how to handle when they don't know what somebody's thinking. You know, they, they couldn't tell if he was going to shower him in goodbyes. They couldn't tell if he was annoyed when they when they jobbed him. They couldn't tell if he liked when they pushed him. That's why one day you'd see him suddenly get jobbed out and beat up, and the next day he was champion, then he was gone again, then there was a shield send up, and he just never sold it. He just never sold it. You know? So uh, I kind of feel like the long goodbyes aren't the best. 
Okay, you know, well, those the short truck use, but yeah. And of course, there was Kevin Dunn, who who has a lot to blame. Billy Kay said that Kevin Dunn's considered like God or out there. He's he's heard about, but he's never seen. You know. And at the end of the day, it has been said that if you're not in good graces with Kevin Dunn, you're done. You know. You never heard the story about how come Kevin Dunn has such a secure job in this company? I don't think I have. There was apparently, Cornette told us once, there was apparently a point where there were a bunch of old WWE cassettes or tapes or something, whatever, before we had CDs. And it was in a burning car. And Kevin Dunn's father ran in and he grabbed and he saved all of these irreplaceable WWE tapes. <laughs> and I guess that's why he uh, has a job. You could Google this. Just Google Kevin Dunn burning. I don't know what the fuck you Google, but there. Apparently his father saved these burning tapes from some car or some shit. And now this guy is just in corporate heaven. And he determines whether you live or die when pandemic otherwise. And they say if you listen closely, you can hear his teeth fucking clacking off. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hate Kevin Dunn. I swear to God. A lot of a lot of people apparently do. All right, so, so final. Me and Cornette can agree every time. I hate him. Yep. Motherfucker, I'm looking at this picture right now. That motherfucker looks like he can never close his mouth all the way. He doesn't really take pictures. He doesn't take pictures. He's never on camera. He's never out in public. He stays away no from shit. everything. Looking like that, I wouldn't be either. Damn. Motherfucker looks like at any moment he could swallow a fly at any fucking moment. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us down. There's so many people fired. That brings us down to uh, there's only a few more left. You could pick whoever you want. I'd say next, uh, Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green. All right. Let's bring up. Did fuck all. Chelsea Green. Let's get her up on the screen here. I don't know what happened, but I can tell you this. She spoke to Fightful, and according to Fightful, she's quoted as saying, "I actually was totally shocked. Not going to lie." I was totally shocked. I understand that, you know, I wasn't used. And of course, when I was used, I broke my arm. So I was definitely shocked. And in previous years, when they have done the releases, I was expecting more throughout those releases. I was kind of ready last year and, you know, time before. But this time I was very shocked because I know my potential in the company and I know what I bring to the table, which is something different. You know, character work and acting skills and promo abilities. And that is something I know I will thrive at. When I'm able to show that. So yeah, I was totally shocked. Thankfully, I was given a little bit of a heads up, a little warning. Hey, they're cutting people. I was able to mentally prepare myself just in case because I, I, I'll say if I hadn't gotten that text letting me know, I would have thought the phone call was for my debut and that would have been embarrassing. Yeah, I'm so thankful I was forewarned because I was ready to debut, you know? Yeah, wow. The worst thing that could have happened to this girl was getting called up to the main roster from NXT. Yes. Because I do not think she would have been on their budget cuts radar if she was on NXT. Raw and SmackDown, that's a different story. She literally almost got called to her release. Getting called up from NXT now is way more scary. Keep your asses on Peacock or whatever, or on Wednesday or Tuesday, wherever the fuck it is now. Because they're playing they're a different game down. over on the on the USA Network and Fox. They're playing a different game here. They need... This is like a different era when compared to what we were dealing with when we first started this. And this was what was it about? It was about the ratings and the, and the WWE network, really. You know, now it's like this is an expanded universe. They have all these different properties. They have things that they have to worry about on Hulu. They have the partnership with Peacock. They have this with Fox that they're going to be worried about the ratings. Because remember when we talked about how once SmackDown moved to Fox, this was no longer going to be talking casual. You know, like they have to have their shit right with ratings for that company. And and on the USA, 
I think that they just are trying really, really hard to just show that they that they make a lot of money. All the all the cash flow positive that will be shown from the profit margins only comes if you fire people. It looks good on paper in layman's terms. You know what I mean? Now, as far as Chelsea Green goes as a character, what do you think of the of the lost there? We didn't really see. We know her from TNA and all those other places. But what do we know of this Chelsea Green? They we, we didn't get to see much because they had her in NXT for three seconds and then brought her up and did nothing. We didn't get to meet much of a character at Chelsea Green. But she got injured, right? Where did she break her arm again? I don't even remember when that happened. It was not it was sometime right after she got called up. I think it was the one time she ever got hurt. I wanna say it might have been that thing with Charlotte. Don't get called up and hurt. I mean, I know it's it's sometimes you can't help it, but I mean, you can't say they didn't try to use her. They brought her up to the main they roster. <laughs> she did one she, match. But was that the match where she broke her arm? I don't even know if that was the match, but it's like... I'm pretty sure she broke her arm they, on her debut. And then time shifted and things changed. You know what I mean? Like, she was given that spot. She was given a trial. They're not obligated to let you heal and let you try again. I don't agree with it, but what I'm saying is from a company standpoint, you were given a spot on television that everybody is basically pushing for. You broke your fucking arm during the spot. And they send you back down and then over they stop using and cut you loose. It it happens, man. You know, like I can't disagree with this one. And quite frankly, I don't really know enough about Chelsea Green, the wrestler, for me to be able to say that this was a, a loss. I know that the bride character that she was on those other wrestling shows you guys watched, where she was the angry evil bride, which she tweeted out pictures of her going back to that character and other storylines with that wherever she goes. But I don't know enough about her as a performer to say, oh yeah, you know, they made a big mistake here. I know she broke her arm on her debut, and that's quite frankly anyone who just watches WWE. That's all they know too. Yeah, like we never knew they, they they never explained us if she was going to do a regular thing with Charlotte. We didn't know if she was going to do anything by herself. She did the whole thing with the Robert Stone brand down in NXT. Well, they didn't like, know she broke they, her fucking arm. There, there wasn't enough direction <laughs> for a broken arm to mean shit for me. Like by I the time agree with this one because we didn't even know where it was going to go. It's not like she was. It's not like we knew she was lined up for a title shot or she was lined up to be with Charlotte. This was like when they wheel out the people for the first Raw, and we don't know what they're going to do next. Really? They were you, just like, you give her? Okay, back. And it's weird because you're not on the minority with this. Like, I see on Twitter and everybody's like, oh, Chelsea Green. And, oh. it and it's just like, wait a minute. get time to see what was going to happen. But from a company yes, perspective. Did unfortunately get injured. But the problem, it's one thing if, if it was something like, oh, God, I can almost think. Kind of like a Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox has been injured a couple of times when she's been on a when she's been on like a uphill, like a climb somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird, like to push her at that point. There was nothing. She 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 was at the bottom of the hill, had just started the race. They said no, nothing. Like what? It's one thing, like if somebody gets hurt multiple times as you're trying to get them somewhere, but it's a whole different ball game when you haven't even started anything yet. She just happened to get hit hurt once. And then it's just out the door. And that's where a lot of people's problem was. was. We've seen their consistencies where it's a case like a Samoa Joe or like a Sasha Banks where they get hurt more than once. So you're hesitant to do anything. Whereas this, it was a freak accident. And then just bye. Tegan Knox got hurt in NXT, though. You know, it's like Sasha's been hurt. Sasha and Joe have both been hurt on the main roster. And it's like. But after establishing themselves, you, you can't, that's they, like you if you get, get hired for a job, that's like if you get hired at a new job and then like in the first day you get sick and go home early or on the second day or the first day of the week and then they fire you and replace you. 
it happens in regular jobs. She literally was put on SmackDown for a storyline that they wrote with their expensive shitty writers. And then it got screwed up. They don't have to reward that. Yeah, but they got to do that. At this point, this company is in a position where they need to start fucking trying. And especially when we add on the stuff that was happening behind the scenes with the Mickey James, that just adds even more to the point where it's like, what were you thinking? It's not like they don't know that these interactions were going on. It's not like they don't see this golden egg of a storyline, which would be for, what, 10 years coming around for Mickey James brewing? It's just like you have gold sitting right in front of you, and it's just like, nah, get rid of them both. There's too many things that work against them where I'm just like, I can't, I almost, I, Mojo's like the only one I can agree with because like Mojo, there was fuck all going on with him. But it's like with everybody else, it's like there's so much more you could have done and just didn't. And I think that's my problem with this place. There's so much could have and didn't with this place. To where it's like, why do people even want to come here anymore? Yeah, and it was her risk because Cabigan just sent it to me. Here, let me put this up on the brunch tron. We got, uh, I don't think we need the audio for this. But let's have a look at what this is. So wrestling. Yeah, so this is uh this is the the fatal four way qualifying match for the opportunity to qualify for the SmackDown Women's Survivor Series team. Chelsea Green. Yeah, she broke her left wrist, taken to the local hospital, or as they say in storyline medical facility for evaluation. So they had her debut, like we talked about. Right, I remember that bump now. You see, yep, I remember all of this. We brought this all up on you. You know, they could I mean, try. they know they could have. I don't think they're obligated to here, though. I'm at very point, reluctantly with, gonna with, put with, her with the, with the way they are, the public eye. They're fucking obligated to. I'm very reluctantly gonna put her on disagree, only because that's when you would cut somebody, even in sports. But we only have. One person we agree with them firing so far, Mojo Riley. It's because at this point, Mojo was going nowhere. <laughs> Mojo was going nowhere at high speed. That's the second time she broke it in NXT too. That makes her injury prone. And they've they're, they're, they're breaking in NXT now. I think about it. They're known to release injury prone people. That makes her injury prone. Do you have anybody have evidence that she broke her her wrist in NXT also? Because if she did two times, I gotta take her off of disagree. You can't be coming green as fucking grass and getting and, and taking that many breaks. I've seen people get cut off because of that. That would be nuts. See, here's the problem. It's, with it's a miracle I, that Ember, I, 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 Ember somehow dodged a bullet because she's another one who's injury prone. And half of Ember's career is on injury. More than twice. Yeah, but that's see, what once, I mean. Sometimes you, you dodge a bullet. Ember, that takes it out of it for me. Ember's been, Ember's been injured, what, two, three, four times? Ember this be, is the Ember reason I don't think that... This is the reason I don't think that everybody should be doing those tope suicidas. Because at the end of the day, we don't need that many people flying through the damn sky if they don't know how to land properly. You know, we don't need everybody taking these crazy apron bumps. And then I think the one thing that, that takes it to where I can't even put Chelsea on the on the agree list. It like I said, it's, and we'll get into it with Mickey James. It's the Mickey James thing. Also, oh, we're doing the they Mickey James. That, next? They saw that happening and then just. Yeah. So we're doing Mickey James now. I guess as we're segueing into her. Yeah, Mickey James. Mickey I'm Mickey James, bitch. Hardcore country. All right, Mickey James. I mean, you guys know how I feel about Mickey James. I am highly offended that this woman, and because of her age of all things, like she's still not a beautiful woman at her age, because of her fucking age, they're going to oh, you're too old for this. Mickey James is really special, especially when it comes to the in ring work, man. It's incredible. You know what I mean? There's just, a, there's just a movement and just a style to her that you don't see on anyone else. You know, if you were looking at a silhouette 
And they've said that about wrestling, too, that when you can see somebody's silhouette and know who it is, that's when you know you have a good character. And I feel like with Mickey James, if you saw her silhouette wrestling and doing moves, you would know who it is. It's no different than if I showed you Street Fighter and you were looking at the silhouette of Ken or Ryu. It's such an iconic look and pose and movement that there's no way, even if you don't play the game, you would be like, ah, I know who that is. You know what I mean? It's like Mickey James, man, was there was just something that they could have done there. And I think it's tragic that they didn't. And she could still go better than some of the girls they have now. Yeah, no, she could. And she wanted to come back. Ed Russell, but no. No, they, and I don't see why, you know? Because it's the same logic they use with all the other shit. They didn't feel like fucking trying. And the thing I've been alluding to is, if you pay attention to especially Chelsea Green's social media, they've been having interactions that hinted to the fact that this company was basically going to resurrect the what was basically Mickey's debut gimmick, but flip the script. Because everybody remembers when Mickey J first showed up, she was the crazy Trish Stratus fan. Chelsea Green was supposed to come back as the crazy Mickey James fan. Oh, I heard they were going to do that with her and Charlotte, and then Charlotte's going to mentor her or something, unless they have multiple ideas going. But yeah, Mickey James started as the Trish Stratus stalker. Yeah, and wound up turning into her w- winning her first championship at her first WrestleMania. It's just such a privilege to be able to have somebody like that in your company that that's one of those things that threw me off, where it was like... Holy Christ. This is like the Jushin Thunder Liger thing when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame and it was like, how disrespectful that you guys didn't wait for the COVID shit to be over. Like, we shouldn't have this shit on the monitor with a taped... A tape. don't, don't play me an MP4 of Jushin Thunder Liger. Have this man come out on the stage. You know what I mean? He's old enough to be my grandfather. You're going to have the, the fucking guy on a, on a flat... You know what I mean? On the screen. I don't give a shit. Because then I think about it... When, when I think about what you say, Rick, that means that was two... If not one... If they weren't going for just one, that's two possible gimmicks that they just... Eh, never mind. Why go through the process of thinking of this shit if you're not going to go through and fucking execute it? Because both of those could have been great. I don't get it with this one. It would have been more entertaining than like 90% of the shit they put on this fucking TV show every week. Not only do I think that she's someone who deserved more one more run, but I think that she's somebody who could have put a lot of people over and just helped elevate the women's talent and help people like Billy Kay that got released for being shit. Because you'd have somebody more experienced to learn from. That's what you do. You bring in a girl like this. And think about a Mickey James versus Natalia match. You know? One of the, that would have been. The, one of the mm-hmm. wins in Oscar Street that benefited her was her win against Mickey James when she first came back in NXT TakeOver Toronto. One of the things that elevated Alexa Bliss's career was a win over Mickey James. Mm-hmm. Like, the logic behind this coming because they use the same the same logic they use to get rid of mojo raleigh it's a shame to say it's the same logic they use to get rid of fucking mickey james i don't get it yeah and they wonder why they have fucking problems now because you do stupid shit like this you fucking marks and again mickey james versus oscar this was her debut match back i feel like this showed that even as an older person mickey james if you can go with oscar you know what I mean? You can go with anyone. And this, to me, was one of the better matches that just showcased all of the abilities that these girls had. You know Some what I mean? said this was match of the night that night. Oh, for sure. There's no question about it because, because this is the Mickey kind of performance. James, as long as she'd been in it, kept pace with, with fucking Kana. And there's a lot of girls in their locker room that would not be able to have a match like this. Not even where they need to practice. This match would not have been possible. If you would, if you didn't have Mickey James in it and you Oscar's normally not able to go all out like this. If you've watched Oscar for years now, you know that Oscar cannot put on this kind of a match with the current girls. It just doesn't happen. And she you know? put it on with one of the girls who was here before them. Yeah. So I, again, this is just something that I find tragic. You have a girl that, uh, 
is is able to do so good, the, a veteran in the business. Uh, and then you have someone like Asuka, also a veteran in her own right from Japan. And uh, I, I love this match so much, too. And I just kind of thought this was the beginning of a great thing. It's like now we can show these girls, the average girl here, what, what this is, you know, what the real art of this is. And they just fucking shit it on it. You know, it's like this to me. If you can watch a match like this, if you can have your, your company put on something like this and see where they are and then not do anything afterward, it just goes to show. Mickey James, then they said, oh, well, we tried her as a commentator and an announcer. Why? Why would you do that? Did you not watch her match with Oscar? Did you not see everything that they were doing? Did you not like that? What would make you need that as a fucking announcer? No sense whatsoever. And I think to me, this match where people were thinking that Mickey James was about to be fucking champion, and this sad sack three ring bitch made company released her. Are you shitting me? They wonder why people don't fucking like them now because you do dumb shit like this. And once again, like I said at the top of the show, again, a fucking again. Yeah, and there was a lot of athleticism here. You know what I mean? The timing that it would take for the two of them to put this together, which I don't think they did. A lot of it seems like it was cold in the ring to me. There was no, this was rehearsed. Like, this is something that you need girls who can show them this. So, I a thousand percent, a thousand percent disagree with the fact that Mickey James was released. To me, that just shows a lack of sight. Damn near all these releases are just exactly that, a lack of sight. Or just too lazy to get up off your ass and actually try some shit for once. Do I think she's going to NWA with her husband? Uh, I mean, it's a possibility. I hate to say it, but I hope not. Look, I have no not, no disrespect to that. The NWA, they're doing the thing I respect it, but it's a YouTube only show. And I know a lot of wrestling yeah. like got Im- impact is on Twitch. Something about NWA being specifically YouTube only makes it hurt the company. Because of the fact that, uh, like AEW, you could say a majority of their shows are on YouTube, but at least they're on TNT on, uh, on freaking Wednesdays. You know, it's like NW is just on YouTube. I don't know if she should go to Impact either. I mean, at the end of the day, and we're hearing the Impact wants to build their women's division, they're going to be scouting a lot of new talent. I know they would yank her back right away, but at the end of the day, you know where she's most required and most needed and where it would help the most. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, right now we're always talking about trying to build the AEW women's division and put talent in there. If they're going to release somebody like Mickey James, then let them put her somewhere where there's stability. And I know you like TNA, George, but I can't always guarantee. I admit they've survived. I just don't know how, how stable they are. And I'm sure mm-hmm. Mickey must know that being that she was someone who was released. It's not like Mickey James. This isn't the first company that's released her. Impact did this to her too. Wasn't the end of her storyline that James Storm threw her onto the tracks when the fucking train was coming? Yeah, I wouldn't want to fucking go back. They essentially, they essentially killed her off. She can't go back. <laughs> they killed they her. They killed her, George. Who does that in wrestling? They threw her on the fucking train tracks. Fucking Impact. And you're like, do you think she'll go back there? Hopefully not. Let's try AEW. She's not dead there. Hey, George, maybe. I guess what? AEW won't push her in front of a fucking train. No, she see, so she can give Penelope Ford experience. Which, by the way, I like Penelope Ford, but so she can give her experience. That's the thing about it is you don't even see because I was one of the people where I was right there with you, Rick. It's like, hey, she could uh, go for another run, or she could just be there just to help some of the girls. Either way, it's utilizing her in a way that's going to benefit in the long run. Either the Mickey James fans get one last world title run out of her, or some of the girls who need work, like the Billy Kays and all those other people. They get a little and, bit then, more experience. 
And then the bigger picture is that even though we, we agree with some and others, we don't really just mainly Mojo, like they don't, they don't, they have the money to not need to go firing people. No other company that's lower than WWE fired anybody during the fucking pandemic, just them. It's not like we're like, and these are the other company. No, we're on here every week. And there's one company firing people. It's not like we're just talking about them. We talk about whoever fires people. How come they're the only ones coming up? Exactly. And the other part is, that's my biggest problem with this. It's not even who got fired and why. There is not one single, even a percentage of a reason that 20 people had to go last year and fucking nine had to go this year. I, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I worked there, man. Like, if I was a person not to deliver that news during a fucking pandemic, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. You know, like, because this shit. is like... Karma and then to me, who wants to work there? The like, would you really want to go back if you could? Not that you know that, God forbid, you, you there's an emergency, which there literally was for the first time in our lifetimes. Would you really want to go back to a company when the first thing they did when it happened was they tried to cut you loose? You know what I mean? None of these smaller indie companies did that. People who easily could have and probably could have used the save and the money did not do it. As much as we shit on Impact, Impact took care of every single body. And keep in mind, this is the second time that Destin and I are talking about this, so I can't give them credit. because this it was what, this, time this, last year. this was April 15th last year. We were on here like, how could you fire people during a pandemic? Now here we are a year later, April 15th, like to the fucking date. It's, the, it's their budget cut date. But again, I have the same stance as last year. Go back and listen to last year's April 15th. How the fuck can you fire people during a pandemic? They need to stop. But, the, but that's the thing, George. The, this is their most profitable year of all time because they didn't have to go on tour and there was a lot of they, they had a lot more resources as a result of this happening so it's, it's not like the money they're just no it is the money but they want more of it he's right it's about money but that's how crazy this is remember this i talked about up, that man. about that about that wwe stink that nxt had which is why they got their asses kicked it's because of shit like this because people know it's still under the same roof just three different letters and it's painted gold and black it i mean it it sucks it really sucks and I and I do feel bad. I couldn't believe it. I was messaging Dustin as this was happening because I was like, "What? Wait a minute, another one?" Because they were doing them one at a time. We we're like, well, "Look, another person fired." Wait a minute, they fired. It was like, "Why?" If you know, what it's like they got they got them. They did everything they did. And this is after every WrestleMania. They got their network subscribers. They got their subscriptions and all that shit. When they hit their quota, it was like now it's time to to trim the fat. Oh, oh no, no, Spartan Jesus. They probably sent them off with severed pastors. It's probably the fucking cheese whiz Oreos fucking Vince likes. <laughs> I don't know if you guys were in the chat room before, and I'm only going to segue back into that one more time just because I'm still somewhat in shock before we finish talking about these budget cuts. But this that I put on the screen is what Vince eats as a snack or at least used to eat, according to Stephanie. I just can't believe it. Out of all the things, this shocks me more than the budget cuts. Who the fuck puts easy cheese or spray cheese on Oreos and lives to tell the tale? Why is that, man? I'm calling the police if I ever see this. I'm calling the police. I'm going to kill you where you stand. You don't need to be breathing my ass. You do not. And I I never thought, only on this show would you ever have to say, I never thought the sentence was scary. You do not put spray cheese on your Oreo cookies. I don't care how much fucking money you have. That's some shit you don't even have to tell a four-year-old. Like, what? I just wish I understood how he discovered this snack. Someone should try to eat that in front of him and see if that'll make them safe. Wouldn't that be great if that's the thing? If Vince sees you eating his snack, spray cheese Oreos, he feels like he's you're, you're somewhat relatable. He's more empathetic toward you. I almost want to try it, but then I know I'd have to call out of work the next day. 
that is an amazing discovery. I call my ball. I have to call my balls before the first bite. Like just so you know, I ain't coming in tomorrow. Crunch. I just can't believe this is the snack. Like I cannot believe it. When I found the audio of Steph talking about this, you can ask Stasis. I shoot pop. She didn't know what was going on. I didn't tell her what I was looking for, but I was sitting here behind my keys, just working quietly. And I was like, yes. <laughs> That's right. Happy 420. It's 420 now. People with the munchies, you could try. We used to do taste challenges on here. If you want to come on the air and tell me on the air, we put the camera on and you eat this shit. Remember, we had a, we had a girl in here. Who ate, fucking waver first. Yeah, we had a girl in here who ate Texan sushi. It didn't turn out okay. okay Get your sushi from the sea. Not from, you know, we had, uh, at the time I tried uh, that payday, that bar that WWE was, was promoting payday. I've never eaten eaten payday. It tasted like peanuts binded together with Elmer's glue. That was a great episode. Look it up. Payday's in the name. I'll never eat that again. I retire from taste challenges, but if you want to come on here and eat Oreos with cheese on them, (laughs) that's the new one. Understand though, you die on the air. We're just leaving you. It's not like I'd be able to do anything anyway. Because you made that fucking choice. Like, <laughs> They'd have to be pretty local. <laughs> Which is, as, if, as opposed to if we had a choice, right? Geez, Quick, use the remote defibrillator. They do have an app? Oh, God. They I have an app for everything. They, they probably I'm do. Surprised. I want a remote defibrillator app. Put the phone on the fucking... <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, let's get back to these damn depressing releases. Who's left on this list? Last but not least. They're not the last. We got a few, man. We got. I'll, I'll recap the remaining people Wait, to talk both, about. Are there ones I've missed? What? There was Blake, Tucker, and Samoa oh, Joe. Oh, yeah. You know what it was? Because I forgot about Blake and Tucker. I fucking forgot they existed. Yeah, man. They exist. Vince, too, forgotten. Someone reminded him and he fired them. Tucker is another one I agree with because it's like he was nothing outside of heavy machinery so much to the point where the first time we saw him not in, in that gimmick, I didn't even know it was him. If they hadn't said his name, I'd have thought there was some random guy in a tank top and fucking baggy pants. And I was like, who the fuck is all that Tucker? I got to bring an old brunch bot in here, man. I miss the brunch bot when people drop links like that. It would expand and then say the link name and we'd know everything right there on the chat. I can get that bot back. The guy put the uh, the codes in and everything that we need. I just got to call it into the room when I have it. Yeah, because our new bot. Does our new bot even here today? I can't call him new. He's been here almost a fucking year. Can somebody spin for the new for the I, new I, bot? I, I hardly even see that shit. I don't even remember the command. Let me see. Okay, yeah, there I'll tr- I'll transfer everybody's. Oh no, that was me. I was trying to spin, but I accidentally spent as the bot. That's not going to work very well, is it? Wait, let me see. Let me check to see if he's there. I think I just broke him doing that. I spun as the bot. Legit, I think I crashed it doing that. How stupid is that? Oh no, there he is. Wait, okay. no, there he is. No, he he didn't get released either. We actually have to have logical reasons to release people. I don't even remember the command to see everybody's XP or time in here. None of that shit. But I'll transfer it over to the better bot. The other bot was way more interactive, and I didn't need an app. It was just part of the thing. Like, that one's on the cloud. This one's running on my shit. I don't like that. Yeah, fuck Tucker. We don't have to talk to him. I don't know too much about this guy. Tucker sucks. I agree. Tucker wasn't that he good. Had, Otis was like good. Decent, he had a decent moonsault, but that was about it. Yeah, Tucker was no good. Otis was the one who carried that whole team. You got you to gotta spin space your currency. You have exclamation point brunchies. Brunchies with an I-E-S, and you'll see how much you accumulate. You accumulate brunchies for your time in here. So you exclamate. Everyone has them. So you just exclamation point brunchies to see what your currency is, and then after that, you could use it. I forget the command for the game. I'll try to get all that in order. We used to just all know it. Yeah, fuck Tucker. Forget him. We don't need that. We got, I mean, we only have two people that we agree are being released right now. Mojo Riley 
and Tucker. He was like the, what he he had the most uneventful heel turn I've ever seen in my life because he turned on Otis, showed up a week later in a gimmick nobody recognized, and then he was gone. It was it was, it was like the freaking Shawn Michaels heel turn on Janetti in our in our opposite universe. Yeah. No. It, yeah. Forget him. There's nothing else to say. Do I have any information? Did he tweet anything? Did Tucker say anything? No, I think he, know. Oh, he said, looking forward to telling my story. Well, looking forward to hearing it. You have the less to use, the less to lose. I'm sure you throw them straight under the bus. Right. He's probably going to have the most interesting story. You know, the people who want to thank everybody for being fired aren't going to aren't going to talk about the behind. No, the no one Tucker what watch. No one Tucker Tucker knows so much fucking inside shit. Yeah, right. That's yeah. why they, they has leverage on them. That motherfucker know about everything. Yeah, I don't even know why I brought him up on the screen. That's more time than they've given him on the damn thing. Get out of here, Tucker. No, no, no. I've called it now. Tucker knows what really happened on that plane the last time they went to talk. Yeah, right. So Mickey James, getting back to her, since Tucker didn't take too much time. Um, she tweeted out, if you're wondering what I'm doing next, the answer is simple. Everything they said that I couldn't. And then she did. She also tweeted out a message here where she said, uh, grateful for memories, grateful for the locker room, grateful for the fans, grateful for those little keys in my golden handcuffs. You can never... You can never expect it. Okay, I guess you mean you can never expect other visions of you to be as big as your own dreams. Thank you, Vince McMahon. Hashtag always blessed and grateful. I mean, I'm sure the paydays were good. You know, there's no questioning that. There's no questioning that shit. All right. So Wesley Blake is next by default. We can't end on Wesley Blake. Do I even have a photo of fucking Wesley Blake here? No, use your imagination. He looks like a guy who used to team with Murphy. But um, so here's what bothers me about this one. They started to have that thing with what was it? Him, Steve Cutler, and Corbin. The forgotten. The well, the Knights forgotten. Lone Wolf. They would have. Yeah, what is with these guys? They would have forgotten sons. Then they were the Knights of the Lone Wolf. Yeah, like, and see, here's the thing about it. What bothered me about this is I was I was never high on the Forgotten Sons until that takeover when they had that four way ladder match and those guys damn near killed each other trying to show out. And then they did the thing with Corbin. And it's just another thing. It's, it's nothing like what my problem with this company is. If you're going to start something, finish it. Give it some kind of an ending. Don't get the chapter one of the book and then burn the shit. And yeah. there were fans out there that after that just fell through, I think after Steve Cutler got let go, there were fans that were calling for him and Murphy to reunite because they were former NXT tag team champions together. So it's like there was something there and they just didn't. Like I get that Wesley Blake wasn't exactly the most notable person on the fucking roster. Thank you, Capigon. But, but it's just, it's that lack of like trying again for me. Like if I, if I, if I know that there's, especially if I know that there's somebody on that roster that this person has history with, let me test that out. Let me see if you remember that those two teamed together. If nobody remembers it, okay, get rid of them. But wasn't he the guy who he was very vocal about not giving a shit about COVID or wearing masks and stuff? I don't know if he was one of the ones. It might have been Steve Cutler. Was it? Because hmm. I know he. I know he was the first one to go. Because I mean, I remember there were a lot of people that got in trouble for that shit for just not having a regard yeah. for life. And I was like, look, what does fire you fan? Right? I I remember we heard rumors with Chelsea Green too. I feel like even though they never were confirmed. Yeah, and these days, and um, Spartan Jesus is right. At least teaming him and Murphy together again, it adds a little bit to that tag team division. Because at this point, I only I, I forget what their tag team division is anymore. Dude, they forced that team down our throats on here until we actually started liking. I mean, they did the same with FTR, to be honest. If you remember in the beginning, both those teams, and we didn't quite resonate with in the jump on this show. Oh, God, I remember those days. Took a while. They had to earn their spots here. 
You know, like we weren't just gung ho with those teams at all. Yeah, what do you mean? They gave them the chance to earn their spots. That's a problem. Like they don't do that anymore. Yeah, I have to disagree with Wesley Blakeman, though. I don't think he's worth money, to be honest. Like, it's just, I think that he should have, I mean, I agree that he should be gone. Mojo, Tucker, Wesley Blake are nobodies. No offense, but those are just not names that matter at all in the grand scheme of things. Not a single fucking way. And I'm not, this isn't even me judging whether I like them or not, which for the record, no, no, and no. But even if I did, yes, yes, and yes, I, you couldn't possibly keep these guys. Tucker, probably at the top of the list. If I'm going to discredit Billy Kay for not being the most credible tag team partner, she's a fuck of a lot better for Peyton Royce than Tucker was for Otis. Otis is like 95% of the reason that team existed. If you had two Tuckers, they'd both be fuckers. You know what I mean? Because they would have released both of them. That's amazing. Yeah, you I know think, what I mean? But I, if you had two Otis is the best one, you know? Oh, yeah, hands down. Like, yeah, when it comes to like their, notor- their notoriety, yeah, if you're, going, if you're going on that alone, I can easily agree with Wesley Blake being gone. My whole thing is just, like I said, like with that whole Knights of the Lone Wolf, they started it and then just didn't even bother to finish it, which is a big issue they have. Like, we just saw them with him one week, and then we never saw him again. And I was like, wait a minute, but what about those two guys? Those two guys, one of them was a black hole of charisma. You know, that's the problem. It's like he had no personality. I couldn't, I couldn't keep, I don't give a shit what happened to those two guys. I don't, I, I, I wonder how many people wonder what happened to those guys. And then a lot of people saying, well, they didn't even give us a feud. For the sake of drama of wrestling, I wish that there were feuds for guys like that. You know what I mean? But there aren't. Because, like, it would be boring. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they could have done. They could have attempted something. They didn't even attempt. They've attempted with less, and I don't know why they started something. And they just like at that because at that point it's just like why even start it? Yeah. I agree. Why even start it? I would have just that, 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 this guy would have like, never. None of these people would have ever been here in the first. That's the reason I have to put them on agree. None of these people would have ever even been here to be given the shot that they were given in the first place. Let alone these are people who I was like, why are they here? And then they fixed it. I can't, I can't possibly just be like, oh, I don't agree with this. I never, what the fuck was Mojo Riley doing here all these years? Carrying Zack Ryder's bags. But at least, you know? like, but at least like even, even if it's only in the confines of NXT, Wesley Blake at least accomplished something. What? He, was, he and Murphy were former tag champs. Okay, yeah, that's true. It's yeah, funny see, that's how they what almost... I'm saying. Like, they've done, they've, they've shown, because as little, as, as much as they like to act like NXT's still its own separate thing, they know they call the shots down there too. So it's like they've shown they could have done something, but it's that curse of the main roster. They get bored in three seconds over there. I mean, this is based on that logic, another case of a guy who should have never been called up. He shouldn't have, but he wasn't doing anything down there either. I mean, you, you can do something with anybody. That doesn't mean that you should. You know, I'm just saying we're talking value. Like anyone who they got rid of for a second, I just can't believe that they that this person is not going to be utilized. You know, the way you had Mickey James up there fighting Oscar. There's no there's no uh, great clip I can put up there of um. What the fuck's this guy's name again? Wesley Blake. Oh, Riker. Look at that fucking Riker. Look at that ladder match or Street That's a highlight reel worth of shit. That guy had more value than they show, but the problem is they covered up the shit that had that actually value. They just, they didn't mention anything that Forgotten Sons had done while down there were NXT, which those guys did a lot of shit in NXT. Man, so you're not they firing hardly anybody. With a lot of people. Like I said, so you're not firing hardly anybody then. It's just because I know what was there that they just didn't even bother to try to use. Like with Mojo, I know Mo- Mojo Mojo was nothing down in NXT. But who? Let's Tucker, just say that I give you X amount of money and X amount of spots on your roster, and I go, all right, fine. You make some good points, my friend. Fucking Wesley Blake's interesting. They could have done something with him. 
They could have done more with Bo Dallas. So you could keep them and in exchange, go fire the numerical equivocal of these guys. Just swap them out. Who would you have gotten? Who would you have fired in exchange to keep these people? Okay, so who am I getting rid of to keep to keep what? Like what's in the Wesley Blakes? Anyone you want. You could take anybody you want from this thing, give them their job back in exchange for an equivocal firing. If you could, and if you're coming, who would you have just been like, I should have fired that guy instead? Like, let's get rid of these dudes. Okay. So let's see. First person I'm getting rid of. At this point, like, if, if I, wait, so if I'm looking at who, where they're at, at this moment in time, right? At this exact moment in time, you know for sure that these people are fired unless you replace them with, with other people. Okay. The Carmelo thing is not working for me. It would have to be, wait, wait, do I have to outright fire them or could they swap them down to NXT? No, the ones that are gone okay, on this have, list, gone, if, gone. if Peyton Royce is gone and you want her back, you got you to gotta get rid of somebody else. Oh, shit. Yeah, see, that's why it does get a little bit tricky. You see, uh, that's, why, that's what they had to deal with, though. But see, the problem with this, I don't even know if they would have put as much thought in with me. I'm and sure they had to. It's not like they needed to. Because I feel like with X amount of dollars, I would have had to actually save. Holy not shit, George to says Tamina. Obviously, but just say, actually, wait, George, see, see, George makes an interesting point. Fucking Tamina. They pushed Tamina for like three months, and then they just forget about her. Okay, you guys got one person. You got one replacement there. Like, Tamina would have had to go. At this point, I feel like... Uh, as much as I like her, fucking Naomi would have had to go because he let go of Naomi. Ever since, ever since that SmackDown Women's Title run, it's just been tag team after tag team after tag team. I can't deal with it anymore. Okay, that's two interesting choices, but you yeah, only get two people back now. See, and at that point, I would have taken out of that group because of the whole thing with him and Murphy. I had taken back Wesley, but then in exchange for Naomi, hands down, I'm taking back Mickey. Because so you're bringing, that, those fans deserve that one last Mickey James title run. So you would can Tamina and Naomi, and you'd bring back Blake and Mickey James. Yeah. Okay, so you got two two so far. You brought back. I can't disagree with you with the Naomi. The Tamina. I mean, she's an interesting specimen. I don't know if I'd get rid of her. I'm on the fence. But anybody else you could think of? Because again, this is what they're up against. They got to fire X amount. I don't agree with the number, but if you're given that job. As talent relations or whatever John Laurinaitis' job is, you have to fire people. And I'm not even sure if he's the one who chooses the people, but whoever it is, this is what they're up against. Oh, God. See, another one, if I'm looking at how where they're at right now, what, another one that's got to go over me is just fucking Chad Gable. There's this this nothing that he's done except for that little spat with Jack Gallagher on 205 Live that's interesting. I think if they would have got that's, that's unfair. I think if they would have gotten rid of Gable, you would have been saying the same thing on here that, that like, because it would have been true that there's a guy who had a lot of talent and potential that they didn't use and there was something there and they didn't do anything with him and that it's not fair. There's no way you would get rid of fucking Chad Gable. See, I'd have taken Chad Gable and I would totally kept, I actually would have kept the last one that we're actually going to talk about Samoa Joe. Yeah. Samoa Joe. We can come back to this list. We can come back to this list because if you want to talk about Samoa Joe, because, uh, I'm keeping track. But I think um, the, the only thing I could do before we jump back into Joe is try to explain my whole thing with Gable. With Gable, when American Alpha was running, tag team was awesome. Former uh, NXT tag team champions. They got a really short run with the tag title on SmackDown. I don't know why it was so short. But then after they split and Jason Jordan went on and did his own thing, there were a few different periods where I feel like I just forgot about, I just forgot about Gable. I still and think then that he's, they rework he's good. his gimmick and then bring him back, and then he disappear, and then rework, then bring him back and disappear. And it was just like, 
kind of like what's going on, you know? And I wouldn't get rid of Naya. Oh no, no, not see. Not Naya has too many things for me that work with her to where I can keep her around, and I'm not pissing off the Rock. But <laughs> but the one thing where I get rid of Tamina is that damn splash. How many times we go come on here and talk about she got hurt because of her knees? Yeah, the Superfly splash doesn't suit her. And it's every time we've seen her go on an injury, it's something with the legs. And it's that damn splash. Like, see, that's somebody who's been injured multiple times and still they're working with her. To be continued, as we go on to the last person that was fired, Samoa Joe. Stood in the rain and got shit canned. So, yeah, he stood in the rain for them as a commentator for WrestleMania. Out in the rain with fucking one of those things, those plastic raincoats. Looking a little raincoat poncho thing. The raincoat poncho, and they fire him right when he finishes doing his job. That is nuts. To my understanding, Samoa Joe was not medically cleared. Just to be fair, guys, like, he didn't pass their medical testing. Whatever problem it is that Samoa Joe has... He wanted to wrestle. He was not medically clear to wrestle by WWE doctors. And you know how strict their protocol is. He didn't make it. Uh, I said last week on here, did we even know he was getting fired when we were talking last week on here about Samoa no. Joe? We didn't, right? How funny is that? It, that all these like, firings literally came out. The, we didn't know anything about these firings. We didn't know they were happening until the day the dudes popped. Because coincidentally, when they just like last year, last week when they pulled him off for of commentating, I said that. I've seen my fill of good Samoa Joe matches. Like, I don't feel like the Samoa Joe at this age should be in there doing anything. He's not going to give us the AJ Styles or the stuff from, like, the the late 2000s, you know, or anything like that. You know, like 2007, I believe. I don't remember from getting my days right. But we're not going to get that Samoa Joe. And sure, we can get something from it. But I'm not really sure how much. He was good as a commentator, though, and I would have kept him around as that and maybe even a trainer. Yeah, I mean, I always felt like in the later years... Joe didn't work as the exhibition big guy anymore, but for me at least, he still he still worked like a big guy. One of the most well spoken, educated people that they have in the company that carries himself very well. Some of the best promos I think I've even seen. Like I I saw a compilation on YouTube the other day of Samoa Joe Savage, uh, Savage lines and promos. Some of the some of the rips he used to hit people with. The tones of his promo, dude was fantastic on the mic. I don't know what happened here. What a mess. You could easily just keep him on commentary and just take off what's his tits, wherever this new guy is. The new guy is terrible. The new guy's fucking awful. Mondays. We'll get into it when we talk about Raw, but did you catch at the beginning? He's just like a lot of storylines. It's like, motherfucker, don't call him storylines on TV. He's a mess. This is like when they got that other guy, Jeff Harvey. Like Adam Lee. Mike Adam D. That's right. And he called Jeff Hardy. Jeff Harvey. Like they just put whoever. And you're right. They put Pat McAfee there and they took Samoa Joe's job. Pat McAfee isn't bad at it, but he's not as good as Samoa Joe was. You could tell that with with that first appearance on SmackDown, he's he, he's it's going to take him getting used to being that restricted. Because when we've seen him on the mic before, you just let him go. Well, what we're hearing it's is true. that Pat McAfee is being given a certain amount of freedom from the WWE Vince McMahon and Fox and everyone else in regards to what he can say. So we're not going to have to worry about that, apparently. And he's also allowed to do his own shit, too. You know, you know the way we have that. That's, we were talking on here about how you can't have your own Twitch channel. You can't create your own content without them taking in and like, you know, giving you your, a cut of your own money. Apparently, Pat McAfee's uh, exempt from that. He can have he can run his own streams and do his own podcast and everything. And WWE doesn't have a problem with that. 
So he gets an even sweeter deal. I don't want to piss off that. Oh, boy. Yeah, the new guy, right? It's just crazy. I know. Everyone, it's, who would have thought this is the way business is done nowadays in this world? But, yeah, you know. It's like they take out people like some of the people they took out, and then they bring in the new guy. It just, like, amplifies the stupid in some of these decisions. And, yeah, Samoa Joe, it's a shame that he didn't have the uh, the career that he should have had. Because even yeah. if he's not the one we saw wrestle with AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels, they could have given one, even if it's a short run for the WWE title. One. And of there course, there were a couple of times where I feel like he he was going to have that. I mean, the guy was the first ever two-time NXT champion. You think you could you can give him something? Yeah, and of course, Cornette had something to say about that. This is kind of long, so I'm just going to poke around on it. But uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, Samoa Samoa Joe is where I was going with this. What the heck? Um, <laughs> why would you, with the the announcers that they have, and you can't, you need to get rid of Joe first, or is this saying that they are not going to clear him to wrestle again? I know he's had concussion issues, but uh, <laughs> that guy has had a gypsy curse on him for almost twenty years because. He should have been 15 years ago. He should have been one of the biggest stars in the business. And I just, it's either where he's been or how they've used him when he's been there has, what was the line? And that was over 10 years ago. He said, I tripped on some bad booking. That was in TNA. They fucked him up from scratch. And I never understood how that this is almost a foolproof talent and how a part of it was TNA being just a vastly secondary product at the time. And of course, to attribute most of that to the creative and we know who that was. Um, but they spectacularly couldn't convert their million and million and a half people on spike into buying the pay-per-views at all, because that was creatives least concern. Uh, he didn't, book he didn't book at all he didn't write to put uh cards together on pay-per-view that would draw money he you know just fucked up every segment of the show to get gawkers looking at the accident on the side of the road but joe and kurt angle broke through that to do the only pay-per-view that tna ever did they never gave numbers because it's private company they didn't have to and they were embarrassed about them but even people working in the at least, you know, wrestling end of the company weren't privy to exact numbers or figures or whatever. But Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe, that first match they had on pay-per-view, what was was it September-ish, October-ish, 2009, November or 2006, rather, November-ish, maybe? I don't remember. Point is, look it up. The first one, they did a serious build that Dutch Mantel took care of and. And that's why they never got to do it again, because it was all Dutch. And they didn't fucking do angles every week. And they played on angles background and, and Samoa Joe's MMA style. And they did, depending on who you want to listen to, uh, somewhere around forty or 50,000 buys, which was the by far the most successful TNA pay-per-view of all time. Let's jump a little. I don't care about he TNA. He came out one time with a goddamn 
fake tat- Samoan tribal tattoo on his face. And at one of the pay-per-views that Shitstain got his way on, I think after after Jeff was gone, they brought Samoan fire dancers to bring Samoa Joe to the ring for his entrance on one of the pay-per-views. And he told me what he said, I've, I've got a college education and I'm from fucking California, right? You know, the, the Samoa Joe, the whole idea of the Samoa Joe gimmick and Samoa Joe and his personality was that he was an update, a modern version of the wild Samoan in that he wasn't fucking out there eating raw fish with goddamn Lou Albano. (laughs) He was a fucking college-educated, well-spoken guy that could cut good promos, but had a different physique. He was thick and big, and I know sometimes he got too big because he wasn't motivated because they were jacking him around. But he was a badass with an MMA-influenced style, and he could smother you with his weight, and he was still a Samoan. So for the natural toughness that they both have and can project in physical situations. so he, and, and he could work. He could work with people where they didn't, they didn't feel he was there unless that they asked him to lay shit in or it called for it because of the fucking angle, but he was an excellent worker, got the fucking picture. Um, and he's another guy that, because that she was so wrapped up in hiring the WWE's over the hill gang that could come in and get a paid vacation. Joe and several other guys at his level suffered for several years and still it, you know, it was also a vastly secondary promotion, but I do believe if he had been presented better in TNA, that he would have probably been taken more seriously from the start in the WWE. But I don't know. I haven't been around for any of his dealings there. I don't know what his relationship with them has been. But So what do you think of that? Do you think that because of the push he had in TNA, or lack thereof pushing TNA, affected his WWE run, like Cornette's saying over here? Damn, you know it's bad when me and Cornette are somewhere on the same page. But uh, <laughs> I can I can definitely see where he's coming from. I mean... One of the big things with Samojo, when he first showed up in TNA, he had that, what, I think it was like 18-month win streak, where he failed to win the world championship on about like two or three different occasions. And then, of course, Kurt Angle came in, beat his streak. And I remember, I kind of, I feel like I almost remember the period of time um, Cornette was kind of referring to where things went downhill, where it was like every time Joe would come back, Joe was just in our faction. Joe comes back, main event mafia. Joe comes back, beatdown clan. Joe comes back, random faction 32B. Like, stuff like that definitely does hurt you in the long run. And especially when the WWE has your eyes on you, have their eyes on you, they're going to see stuff like that. So they're going to sit there thinking, like, if this lesser company didn't take them that seriously, why should we? Whereas a guy like Samoa Joe, TNA did indeed have, like, absolute, like, god tier magic with him i i feel like he should have had more than just the one world title run they did have that ended with that weird thing with sting i mean of course he was a multi-time x division champion multi-time tag champion i like the nation of violence gimmick just because it was something different but yeah samoa joe was a, was supposed to be a different type of samoan and i don't know what happened along the way but i feel like that could have definitely hurt him in the long run. But yeah, actually Stacey does make a good point. He wasn't even treated like that in NXT. I feel like in NXT they treated him more like TNA was supposed to. 
You know what my earliest recollection of Samoa Joe being treated, quote unquote, that way is to be completely real with you. Not for nothing, but it's when he hit that fucking muscle buster on Tyson Kidd that ended his career. I kind of feel like I never really saw Samoa Joe get pushed after that. He was on the main roster. He had only been there for, I think, a few days, maybe a week. He had that match. I don't even think it was on a main show. might have been main event, for all I know. It could have been SmackDown. At that point, they were running more or less the same booking. But whatever it was, I remember he hit that muscle buster on Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd, they said he could have been a fucking quadriplegic. And I don't think some some of those hit that a few times. No one really gets hurt from it. It was a freak accident. Yeah, that, that was but his I, main finisher at the end. I think Tyson's the I think Tyson Kidd's the only person who's ever been hurt by that move. And they they, they took away the muscle muscle buster and he, they just basically kept him with uh what you call it the coquina clutch yeah and uh I just kind of feel that's where the push ended. Yeah, Roswell was another case of that. This was a yeah. It's unfortunate, but I kind of well I always wonder if that factored into the the lack of push that he was receiving after that. It wouldn't be a surprise, honestly. Like that feels like it slowed down his momentum. I felt like it slowed down Delos. Yeah, know? that's true. Because I mean, I don't know if Delos' career was ever the same after the draws thing. Delos was even though Draws that was happening, you know? gone on record and said before he he's never been upset at Delos about that. As a performer, he might not have been the same for just having been through that. You know, you never know with yeah. these guys, man. Actually, now I think yeah, Delos Delo even said like just in like his mental state and personal life, he hasn't been the same since. So it's like if the shoot half of you isn't the same, yeah, the workout definitely isn't going to be either. No, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, at this point, with concussions, and they may be looking, I don't even remember how old Joe is, but, 42. you know, well, there you go. I mean, you know, he's still he's doing a great job as an announcer and an ex-jock and color guy, better than, you know, most of the fucking goofballs they come up with, but they probably don't want to consider him for an in-ring run in the future, which is a shame because he's got cheated out of 15 years thanks to shit stain and Dixie and the, the you know, he made good guaranteed money there for some time. He's, but shit stain. he's referring to Vince Russo, so whoever doesn't know what writer he's talking about. Physical years where he could have been a fucking force. You could use, you could have used the Samoa Joe of, 10, 15 years ago, maybe even five years ago, I haven't kept a close eye. You could have used him in a Brock Lesnar spot, in a Jacob Fatu spot, in a fucking really dominant powerhouse spot, but he wouldn't have needed a a, uh, a heel manager or a corner man or a stable. It might have augmented, but he could speak for himself. And, you know, and I just... I just, it's just a shame guys like that don't come along, uh, you know, every day and nobody has had the first fucking clue what to do with him. Actually, that's not true. And that's the issue. I think in some ways, every booker wants to do their own thing, but sometimes you should just copy what works. Gabe Sapolsky knew exactly what. Okay. Well, and, and I apologize when I just said, and I apologize this ahead of time for Gabe. Nobody where anybody ever saw it. Has had an Ouch. idea of what to do. That's with a jab it. at RH. Yeah, Gabe was perfect, and <laughs> and it, it, it doesn't cool, mean man. that he that he's cool. right though. I mean, hey, RH I wasn't really popular. Say, well, he was yeah, so dominant in Ring of Honor at that time because all those guys were small, etc. Well, look at the fucking modern roster anywhere, but also it was because he was put over properly, and he's a guy he could work with anybody, small guys, big guys, whatever. Uh, but I, you know. When did you first see him? Because it must have been 
eye-opening to you. It was so different. What was happening in the independent scene in the early, whatever you would say, the early 2000s was so different than what it had been just a few years earlier, but you got exposed to, I would think, a lot of guys you had never seen before, like a CM Punk or a Samoa Joe. Yeah, and well, Punk, I saw a few of his matches early. I only made sporadic dates for Gabe uh, in the early, before, uh, what was it, 2004, 2005, I made a few. And then in 2006, suddenly I, I read on the, internet or somewhere that all TNA talent had been uh, uh, right a, right after I'd got with TNA, that all TNA talent was not going to be being used on Ring of Honor shows anymore. And then I had to call everybody because I'm like, well, what the fuck? Uh, and I don't mean to go off on a side tangent. And I'll get back to this in a second. Basically, my deal with TNA was that I could do anything else I wanted to do besides their television and pay-per-views i gave them first crack at those dates right so i did not i could not be withdrawn and i was enjoying working with gabe and care yeah but sparring jesus cm punk and samoa joe had some of the greatest matches of all time that's already happened that's how this all started cm punk and samoa joe he would be up for doing it again they're both known for their feud with each other that's literally like the core i think of what made them them you know what I mean? Like, those matches are considered it's, some of the most iconic matches, as a matter of if fact. You, if you ask old-school ROH fans the first few they think of, that's probably the one nine times out of ten. I don't know about on the bigger platform, because you we just had Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens on the bigger platform, not once, but fucking twice. We had it on WrestleMania, like, and then they did it, it again on SmackDown. <laughs> and you know what? They ROH happened to put a throwback match that was the Ladder Wars match, and I watched that in its entirety. I have to. Whenever it comes up, it's in my obligation to make sure I watch the match again. Way better. Yeah. Tell me, Spartan Jesus, just watch. In fact, um, I went. I don't know if it was the same way I saw it, Rick, but it was that um that three match compilation they did at Kevin Steen, and like the second one's Ladder War. Tell me, Spartan Jesus, just watch that shit, and remember that WWE had that at WrestleMania, and then that's what we got. Yeah, WWE's gonna give you the watered down version of what these guys were doing in Japan or in any else. You're not gonna get good wrestling. You're gonna get the little fucking. You're gonna get no Pepsi Plunge, no Muscle Buster, like nothing. Yeah, but yeah, they had that series of three matches. You're right. You know, but if you ever want to really think about like good wrestling, go watch that shit. If I'm, and in a way, you make a good point. I'm grateful that CM Punk and Samoa Joe uh, did not have what Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are being given, or Cesaro or Nakamura and AJ Styles. Look at AJ Styles and Nakamura. That's another example. They wrestled their asses off at Wrestle Kingdom as their final match. It was incredible, and then that was it. And it was for a mid card title, and we got less with the top title. WWE is a more slowed down, methodical pace. And I've always said I'm not critical because I'm an old school kind of guy. I get the classic American wrestling, but they're very, they're, the pacing and the style and their psychology. You guys are thinking just because these guys come here from these other federations where they're doing a thousand spots and it's super high pace and it's amazing. They're going to come here and they're going to give, the, they're going to have the same story time. That's the whole point of them going to NXT first so that they can craft them into their own shit. You know? Sometimes they don't understand, like, it's, it's cool to have your own different way of wanting to do things. But when you're building up certain matches like this, they have to understand what the fan's expectation is. And sometimes you have to break that mold. Sometimes just once, just to give them that expectation. When those fans are thinking, wait a minute, we're getting Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles at WrestleMania, in their head, they're thinking we're getting Wrestle Kingdom Round 2. You can, Sometimes you have to break the mold and give them Wrestle Kingdom Round 2. No, we'll give like you Wrestle Kingdom. We'll give you Wrestle Kingdom Round Two Pocket Edition. 
No, like nobody wants nobody wants pop pop. Nobody in their right mind picking <laughs> Modern Warfare on the Xbox on the Xbox One X we'll give you, over fucking Modern Warfare over Call of we'll Duty give Mobile. You, we'll give you 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 took the words of my mouth. I'll say we'll give you Wrestle Kingdom Round Two Mobile. What? That's where you're gonna go if you get these guys from WWE. No, no. You're gonna get the mobile version. You're gonna get the last gen version of uh, CM Punk and Samoa Joe. <laughs> and it's not even entirely WWE's fault. Samoa Joe is not that Samoa Joe anymore. Yeah. Unfortunately, you get especially when him and AJ started their feud. I went into it knowing I wasn't getting anything like we've seen at stuff like Against All Odds. And some of the stuff in ROH and the freaking unbreakable three-way with them and Christopher Daniels. I went into it knowing I wasn't getting that. But still, I was just like, give me all you can. Like, whatever your max is, give me that. They did. Yeah, they gave us us the max. But then it's like, we get the freaking Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And it's like, wait a minute. This isn't even, like, first gear. What are you, like, what? Trust me, man, I know. Like first of all, I'm 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 kind of already over this chicken shit, Sami Zayn. Like I'm I'm over it at this point. It was funny at first. Tired of it. For anyone that hasn't seen it, there's some old school CM Punk Samoa Joe stuff on the screen. It's too bad I don't really have highlights, but uh, yeah, you know, like this, that's the stuff that that we need, and we're not gonna be able to have it. But yeah, at least we got Logan. Um. That was the one, right? That we got Logan Paul. I don't even remember yeah, which yeah, one. We yeah, got. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the one that fucking knocked out Askren's fat ass. Fucking. Oh my god, that's right. There was a thing. I didn't see it. What happened? Fucking Askren got knocked the fuck out in the first round, Rick. The first round. That can't be possible. Everybody, you know what's funny is a lot of people are saying Askren threw the fight. Yeah, think? Which, if that's the case, that makes him look even worse. How the fuck would he have been able to beat him? An MMA fighter, like a trained guy? Yeah, who's allegedly retired after freaking Mazdaval need him into oblivion. No, I'm not buying it, man. They conned the shit out of you guys. If oh, anybody yeah, bought that did. pay-per-view this weekend, congrats. You should have known. I would, dude, I didn't even know what was happening. I, I, I would have seen I, the I, writing I, on the I, wall. I like, that's, that's a con and a half. Because a lot of people are like, because the fans, who, the, the people out there who don't believe that Asgren clearly threw that fight, they're just like, oh, you know, uh, Asker's a wrestler. He kind of works at get the fuck out of here. Even wrestlers in the UFC know how to do some kind of stand up in the case of their wrestling not working. Who in their right mind would have invested in that fight last night? You can see fucking marks. Wow, wow. I wish I had a clip up here to bring, but I'm, I'm assuming the clip would be the whole thing. And then I'd be then I'd just Honestly. be accused of running the paper. And you know what the funny thing <laughs> is? What one of my friends pointed out to me the other day. If you notice, wait, with freaking Jake Paul, he's just fighting guys who are retired. That's all his fights have been. Either they're retired or they don't actually do this shit. Because the last guy he knocked out was a basketball player. He'll probably go for Tiger Woods next. But he just beat up an MMA fighter in the first round. What is going on here? Like, how are they conning people into this shit? Because people will buy anything. And if you don't believe Dude, me, people who don't create content bought WWE on Peacock. Yo, CM Punk had, like, a whole training camp and couldn't fight, like, a really low rank guy. The low rank guy beat the shit out of him all over the place. And you're yeah, telling me a former world champion. And he was, UFC, that doesn't make any somewhere. sense. That's not how martial arts works. <laughs> this is the world we live you in. You cannot be Jake Paul and just walk around and do that shit. They're gonna make people think that they could be Jake Paul and they're gonna die out there. <laughs> we can clearly That's visibly see the fucking we can see the trick behind the curtain here. You cannot make motherfuckers think they could walk around like Jake Paul and just level up like that. That's crazy. Oh, my God. Smart and Jesus is right. Fucking Aaron Carter and Lamar Odom are apparently going to fight, too. 
this whole world sucks. <laughs> just do whatever they I want, right? Fuck it. Let's just Jake Paul everything. Write it down. That should be the name of the episode. Let's Jake Paul everything. Jake Paul. I won't. Everything. I won't make no, it that actually, though. No, 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 no. Because neither of those fucking shitty Paul brothers takes ground in the show. Yeah, now nah, I'll do take. I'll do then now endeavors. Yeah, yeah. You don't fucking run around a suicide force and then take ground in this show. Fuck you. I like then now endeavors better anyway for all the people that were fired. That was what you didn't say going into this show. That was the fucking like, wow, fucking Spartan Jesus ain't shit. This motherfucker said Aaron Carter has that cracking energy though. So again, so he does. Oh, I'm so glad we don't do post shows for boxing or UFC anymore. No, but I agree with Cornette about Joe having a gypsy curse on him. Everywhere he goes, something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. It sucks because, I mean, Joe is WWE champ. You know what it is? When he had that thing with Brock, I thought they were setting him up to win that Universal title. Because if you remember that feud, he was whooping Brock's ass every Raw. I really In enjoyed some it. some way, shape, or the other, Brock was getting his shit fucked up every show. And people were sitting there like, wait a minute, Joe about to get this shit. And then Brock just ran through him. And I was yeah, like, what? got your hopes up. See, they do that shit, and then they wonder why they're pissing people off now. Like, Stop dangling carrots, motherfucker. No, then now carrot. No, fuck you. And all Joe did was he put an animated gif of Jim Carrey from the Truman Show, that last scene where he steps through the door and he bows when he like comes out the other side of the show. That's what Samoa Joe put as his departure tweet, just a bowing, the Jim Carrey bowing at the end of the Truman Show and saying thank you. So, I, yeah, I like it. Short, sweet, and to the point. All of these people cannot sign anywhere else until their 90-day compete clause expires, which means you will see them in the future in other companies. July 14th, provided the WWE doesn't bring them back. And the reason I say that is because I think that there is a possibility that they all come back. Because it's been pointed out by Melser and several others that WWE made this decision sometime Tuesday, right? Uh, yes. Whatever time they made it, it was before the ratings came in for AEW that were no longer perceived on, as a threat until currently. <laughs> we'll get into that later on. But <laughs> the ratings took enough of a boost that they might be concerned about where these people wind up next in life. But before we get to that, there were some other things with the releases that I did want to talk about. And this is not so much a part of the release story. As I put this segment together, I started to realize that this has become, at least to some, an issue. Uh, I guess with Hispanics in the wrestling community. That's the way that it's been uh, spun. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Well, there's a few things that are going on here because Andrade spoke up about it. Sin Cara spoke up about it. Obviously, you know, Kalista was released and Eva Lise was recently vocal about her release. And uh, where the hell do we even begin with this? I want to start with the Andrade thing because Andrade actually put up a new video that I thought was kind of cool. Just sort of foreshadowing when he's going to come back now that he's gone from WWE. Get this up on the screen. In que en los últimos años se ha marcado la sombra. Quien dice llamarse Manuel Alfonso Andrade Oropesa. ¿Cómo no lo van a buscar? No nomás del extranjero, de Japón, de Inglaterra, de todo el mundo. Los ingobernables escuchan en todo el mundo. Los rumores son muy fuertes, pero nada está concreto. Well, anyway, you get the point. That is Andrade coming back. I guess he's going back to wearing the mask, going back to Lucha Libre, right? 
Let's have going back to the roots. Good for him. Good for him. So, uh, so Andrade, Sinkara talks a little bit. He recently, I'm going to link you guys. He was on a podcast recently. Uh, this was Raji das, das, das Guptas. Hopefully, I butchered that that name, but I'll link to his podcast. <laughs> it's late. What do you want from me? I felt you struggled with that one, man. You it was me. rough. It was rough. It really was. Not going to lie there. All right. So he has a thing here uh, where Sankara talks about uh, Mex- Mexican representation uh, in wrestling. Let me just bring this up real quick. This is a lot of it is in Spanish. So I'm just trying to get to the English parts. So I'll give you some translations for the other things here. And 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 my pursuit of of what I was telling you about of, of just you know mainly go out there and showcase my talent. Just pure wrestling, you know. Leave all the politics out and just let me work. Let me showcase, you know, the talent that I have and then the things that I I wasn't able to do inside WWE and I want to do it outside. And then there's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of, you know, different promotions that, that want to work and they, and they really want to give the talent an opportunity to showcase their, their, their talent, you know, no, no putting no on limitations on what they want to do. And, and for me, you know, that that's the main focus right now. And, but I think it was, it was tough for Carlito. It was fun. I, I think it was fun for him, but then at the end it was also tough because Obviously, you know, he uh, he had left the company for, for, a, for a long time and then coming back. And then when I didn't, you're out again. It's, I mean, whoever wants to do it is fine. But in this time in my life, I, I don't think I would do it right now. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I, I or maybe think- they don't even want to call me. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> and by the way, Sankara, he talked a little bit also about... Uh, how WWE sent him to anger management classes because of altercation they used to get into. We always used to hear what they used to get into him. Um, and it's kind of funny because he kind of talks about it. He's like, he like, did have a couple of scuffles with some of them. But to this day, like, and he, he keeps name, he's like, me and Seamus are really good friends. And me and Jericho have no problems. Simon Gotch, I wish him the best. <laughs> I was like, God damn, dude. Like, you were really running through that roster, huh? <laughs> that motherfucker was like Cobra Kai style. No mercy. <laughs> Finish them. <laughs> Always finish your opponent, you know. Strike hard, strike first. No mercy. <laughs> this guy's fucking people up. He shoot fucking people up. I don't need storylines or writers. <laughs> I make my own path. That's what the Oracle told me. We do this shit like New Jack, motherfucker. My ass. I'm just really beating people up. There's no civility in me. Hey, I got sent to manga management. Well, Seamus still thinks I'm cool. So does Simon Gotch. Me and Jericho don't have that much of a problem. I heard him, Jer- Jericho got into a big brawl and shit backstage, too. You grown-ass men. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on back there? Fucking fight night. Yeah, they sent me an anger man for beating people up. Looks over to the left. You talking shit. <laughs> I don't got problems. You got problems. If I got problems, you got problems. Then Carl takes you on that fucking. Then Carl takes you on that training day ride. Oh my god! <laughs> keep that lucha kid. You keep that lucha shit to yourself. The lucha things get you killed. Yeah, this was a very bad lucha thing. Uh, poor Kalisto does all the very good goes. lucha things. I do Isn't all the very show, bad lucha no matter things. Where he goes, he'll never escape that. Oh no, definitely not. Like that. That's oh. definitely not. So Evilise. Evilise. Oh, my sweet summer child. Got into trouble. 
Is she the first person to get fired from AEW? I think she's the first. You gotta be a real bitch to get fired from AEW. I'm just gonna call it right here, and I don't normally judge them like that. Yeah, and this is even me being a fan of her work. Yeah. But you have to be a real bitch for them to fire you. And we know she got fired from NXT. She had problems with Stone Cold back in the day. She had drama with Tough Enough. Um, You know what I mean? It seems like everywhere she goes, I think she had trouble with Lucha Underground at one point, didn't she? I don't know if she had trouble there. But then again, Lucha Underground's management was rough anyway. Yeah, and they, they seem to have trouble with everybody. So that one might have not been her fault. But yeah, she was basically couple things here obviously thunder rolls on the screen but according to fightful select they were saying that she wasn't at the recent tapings and that they don't expect her to return because she was having disagreements with agents backstage um and she tweeted us saying history repeats itself unfortunately i speak up about mistreatment and get let go that's life um so now they're basically going to have diamante by herself no longer with that tag team kind of suck i know you were into that tag team with the two of them and uh, once again, yeah, I was, I was a big fan of those two. The shit falls apart for politics backstage. It seems like everything Which, goes that way. It, the problem I have with that statement when she said mistreatment. Now, as somebody who's been watching, usually nowadays when it comes to AEW Dark, a lot of the times I just try to find her a match. That girl's been beating everybody they've put in front of her. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's going on to where you're on basically a hot streak? Like, every time I see highlights of her matches on her social media, it's her kicking some poor soul's ass. <laughs> it's like, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah, she spoke to um, Hugo Sanovic. I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly. I want you to hear Let's this. Take it from there. Why the heck that didn't happen? Now, now let me hit you in English so everybody that, that, that Tony Khan and Cody don't have to get a translation. Uh, why didn't they approach you in this way? Um... Like I said, I'm not gonna get into full detail of it. Um, but um, the 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 face to face conversation that didn't happen. Um, but I guess that will be the only detail. Okay. All right. So so no no face to face no face to face conversation. No. Um. No. But the entire thing was just a, a big ball of confusion and and quite honestly like i feel like just like how a lot of things are elsewhere a big ball of confusion because of the pandemic um but yeah uh, obviously still a very extreme what well let me let me tell you let me tell you let me tell you this did anybody catch uh, just consejo mundial de lucha in mexico we just did a a censura with bandido also, and then we did before Andrade with WWE, and I did before uh, Rush, Rush, El Toro Blanco, the World Heavyweight Champion of Ring of Honor. I did the interview with his brother, Dragon Lee, and it seems right now we're getting to be so modern that uh, when you're not happy with a talent, now there's not a necessity of a face-to-face, uh, Ivelisse, Hugo, or Andrade, or, or Dragon Lee, or Bandito. Uh, it was good to have you on board. Uh, unfortunately, we're not getting along, and uh, this is it. But we hope that in the future we could do business again. We want to thank you, and you shake hands, and now with the COVID, maybe, you know, a little fist bump or whatever. But in person, they fired Dragon Lee. I believe I believe there was a text that he said. I hate that because we are losing the human touch and Lucha Libre, Lucha or wrestling. We are different from everybody else. 
Uh, what makes us at sports entertainment of lucha or wrestling, whatever you want to call it, having been so successful and having the, the people and the beautiful talent, men and women that we have had through, through so long of history is because we have been able to do this, not for a season, but 365 days, uh, guys and girls that have sacrificed their own lives, sometimes marriages, sometimes so many problems. And, uh, like I opened up with, with you about, uh, after the death of my wife, the situation with depression and anxiety and no sleep. And yet we go and, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the first to do a big show in Mexico and helping Conan with the creative part and, and, you know, kicking butt with a play by play. We put it all out there, but then we're still human. So we suffer a lot. So how the heck would you treat people that risk, risk their necks? their backs, the whole body in that, in that fashion. So I want you to He's answer right, right. that. What is happening He's to totally an industry? And then we go that. back into, into Spanish. Uh, what is happening to us? What the heck is happening to us? No sé. Uh, um, yo de verdad que no puedo, de la única, el único, la única perspectiva de la que yo puedo hablar es una, so uh, again, I'm going to link you guys. This is already up in the chat. We'll be on social media because you could look into the whole thing. But she did talk about how she was in shock, but but she but not as much because she already recalled everything that went on in the past. So she had an idea, but she noticed too late just how much damage was done to her name. And then she only realized after analyzing the chain of events from everything that went on, and it made a lot more sense because this and and this happened because of this and whatever. It was not fair or not. And at the beginning, everything seemed great. She had high hopes through the roof, and she was very happy. But she. To be very honest, she said that uh, the first day of her release, she felt valued and happy, but one person was doing everything to damage her position there, and it was Thunder Rosa. So, uh, she's accusing Thunder Rosa of being the one who fucked up her career here. I will say that Thunder Rosa's names come up a few times. Has it always been that she's not getting along with Eva Lee specifically? Because I feel like Thunder Rosa and Eva Lee, we always have some shit where we're talking about whether they work stiff with each other, they really hit each other in the ring, or some crazy shit with them. Is it just me? Yeah, like we've had multiple cases of that. It seems like that's a case, but those two just do not get and, along. And Thunder Rosa said something like, "I'm not going to say anything." If I don't have, like, I'm paraphrasing, but she said like, "If I have nothing to say, nice, I won't say anything at all." And according to the release, apparently she had something to say somewhere back backstage or behind at, to the office because, uh, I don't know. And this girl's not doing a good job of defending herself either. You can't use COVID here, you know. I'm t- sick yeah. of people being like, "All oh, because of COVID." Cut that shit out, man. What happened? You can't say much, but you're going to blame COVID. I don't like that psychology here. There's not much else in English I could give you guys. We'll go a little bit here. I think there's a bit more. So what can you tell them uh, about Ibelise and what is Ibelise willing to bring to the table right now? I feel like I could only speak like I, I feel like I could only speak from the heart when it comes to that, which is what I always do. Um, I, I can only continue to give my very best to, to women's wrestling, um, give my best in every way, shape or form professionally and personally, as I always have. Um, that's really all I can't, again, it's what I've always done is what I will continue to do. Um, I really wish that I could do that, um, in a bigger stage. Um, definitely, uh, but I know that I can be 
an incredibly valuable asset in the women's world, women's side of pro wrestling. And I think many, many other veterans, female veterans, could be a great asset of uh, to women's uh, to women's wrestling. And I really wish that we like the again the the. She's awful on the mic. She's not even on our list to judge Hannah. I'm going to go ahead and put her on the list. I agree with release. This guy's giving her an opportunity. He has a lot of stroke in Mexico. You know what I mean? He's asking her what she can bring to the table. And she's literally showing that she can't bring shit. I mean, she can kick ass. As crazy as this might sound to you, it's moments like this when Oh man, you think the whole world is collapsing when things happen. Es un ejemplo de de momento voy y le digo al promotor de Panamá, it seems like uh, things were getting stuck and I told the promoter in Panama, let me go there, let me do six shows in Spanish, six in English, let's do the openings, everything on exteriors and let's get ready to have this, you know, bought. Anyway, you guys could listen to her. I mean, you know me, I, I intake all this shit throughout thing. We don't have enough time on our own show, but... I try and tend to keep things running in the background all week to just to prepare for Monday. So, yeah, I'll put it like this. I've never been a fan mm-hmm. of Eva Lee because of my skills. I didn't realize they were that rough until she verbally had to defend oh. herself here. And I just don't even really see what she's saying in a lot of things. She did go on to speak to Fightful Select and she's quoted as saying, I spoke up about my mistreatment from a coach, even to other women, too. There were witnesses and I was the one suspended and left in limbo and just now let go. And nothing has been done at all the entire time about Thunder Rosa slandering my name the entire time in AEW and doing everything to sabotage my position there. I kept quiet. Thunder Rosa was, also has a history of getting involved with officials in order to get ahead which there was a lawsuit and everything in Lucha Underground. Hmm. Yeah, because that's true. This isn't the first company, they, but they were both in Lucha Underground together. I hate to say it, but speaking like a wrestling booker, let's just say that she's correct, right? Are you going to cut Thunder Rosa for Ivelisse? Look, this is politics, Ooh. dude. In this wrestling locker room, as much as everybody tries to make this an SJW corporate world, in the wrestling locker room, you should... And I hate to sound out old Squarnage he for it, but there needs to be some level of carrying other people's bags in these fucking locker rooms, not for nothing. And I think that that's what's missing from the wrestling formula. Back in the day, the, the green guy, you'd come in and you'd carry the veterans' bags and you'd do shit for them. You would be the young boy. These guys are getting these senses of entitlement of why am I not being pushed? Why am I not in WrestleMania? Because they didn't, they skipped the bag carrying phase. You know what I mean? You should be bag carrying. Oh, I know people be like, oh. Only yeah. in Japan is everybody thick-skinned enough to still do the young boys. Because of the, the world we live in now, this new SJW snowflake bullshit, we get that whole, you, you can't have that anymore. You know what I mean? Um, but I think that it was effective. It's just an effective way to go into the thing. Yeah, you should be the guys who, who take the ring apart, put the ring together, carry the fucking bags, all that stuff. I miss that mentality. You know, And I'm not saying that this is what Ivelisse is because she's in a veteran in her own right for as long as she's been in the business. But based on that logic, to a less extreme degree, when you were in a company and there is someone who is a draw, you got to kind of give respect to that draw. It used to be a thing where if you had a guy like a Brock Lesnar or a Rock or somebody, at the end of the thing, you'd go into the locker room and you shake their hand and you would thank them for the fact that they came for this event. Because the fact that they were there increased the purse of the whole house and that drawer helped contribute to your money. Whether or not you personally like the person, professionally, they helped line your pockets. Thunder Rosa in her own right is a fucking draw, man. And I didn't give a single shit about anything that was happening with the women until they brought in Thunder Rosa. Mm. And I even said myself that WWE has the market on the Japanese girls, but AEW is overlooking this Hispanic market. 
they shouldn't even try to do the same thing with the Japanese girls because they're getting the leftovers. You guys can get together with the Lucha characters because these girls can fucking go. I hadn't seen much of Thunder Rosa or uh, Diamante. I saw some Ivelisse early in her career, but I just felt that gave me more of an impression of what I wanted to see in wrestling than anything before it. And if it hadn't been for them completely, honestly, even though we covered here, I would have just bumpered over the fucking women thing. I had no interest at the point. There was nothing for them to offer. Chris Statlander yeah. came back tonight. We'll talk about it soon. She's in great shape. But the point at the time, the women's division looked sloppy. And I feel these yeah. women had a lot to contribute to it. But yeah, I, yeah. Once the mm-hmm. once the three of those showed, once those three showed up, things picked up drastically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Ivelisse, uh, I feel like in this situation, it was her responsibility to make that shit work with thunder rosa and i don't know if thunder rosa literally went back there and started like burying her but i don't know if that would be enough in aew because it's not like aew is a hive mind that kind of logic would only work in wwe where it's literally a chain to com- chain of command if mark Carano didn't like someone and then it got to laurenitis which got to fucking uh kevin dunn and then vince hears about it and then they all decide they're gonna fucking release somebody i could see that but AEW is not hive minded everyone's sort of doing their own thing and then they're coming together and collaborating at all she would have had to piss more people off than just fucking uh thunder rosa who's not even in the company who's just somebody there who's from nwa in order for that to happen the problem that eva is facing right now is that i don't know what the hell she's going to do the, the bit i felt that way years ago when uh she was on Tough Enough. You guys may not remember. She's one of the people that Stone Cold told wasn't going to make it in this business. And then she managed to make it to the new NXT. And she said some slick shit to him on social media or somewhere where she saw him. Kind of like condescending. Like, I told you, you you were wrong or whatever. And then she was difficult to work with and they released her there. I heard she had issues in Impact. They released her there. AEW won't even put up where they released her there. You're not going to have many places to work. And if Thunder Rosa is the champion in the NWA, then you just got a two for one. Because now you can't fucking work there. Ring of Honor doesn't have much of a women's division, you know. Point, instead of talking, to, hope would be Lucha Underground coming back. Instead of talking to Hugo via via Zoom or whatever it is, you should ask him to send you a fucking plane ticket, uh-huh. because I think your time in America is done. Unfortunately, the only thing left for her to do is hit Mexico or Japan. And yeah, Rose is a powerful woman. I don't know whether she was right or wrong or not, but I do know that it's don't cross powerful people. It'd be the same thing if this happened with Randy Orton and Sami Zayn. If Sami Zayn just fucking said, you know, Randy Orton's an asshole, he might get rid of you. You guys brought it up. Why don't you send a channel about Ken Anderson? Let's not forget, you're right. Ken Anderson got released because he injured Randy Orton. You know? The guy, the top guys are going to hold some power. They don't even have to hold power where they want you. Is either him or me. You fire him or not. That's not how it works. No. When you're a top guy, all you do is you say, I'm not going to work with that guy. That funnels you into a very limited window. When Stone Cold said to Jeff Jarrett that he wasn't going to work with him, what was Vince going to do? Force him? Piss off Stone Cold? Ruin the Attitude Era? And then at the end be like, well, at least Jeff Jarrett's not upset. Or was he going to do what he did? Have Jeff Jarrett fight Mae Young and Moolah? That's right, motherfuckers. That's what happened. Go back and check the archives if they haven't cut it out already. Jarrett was supposed to feud with Stone Cold. He, he, Stone Cold didn't like him. He said something. He, he did something with his gimmick. And he said, I will not work with that guy. And what did they do? They had him job out to Mae Young and Moolah. That the women beat his ass out the door. What happened, right? That's what's scary about wrestling, you know? They can use, as much as they say it's not real, it could be more real than anything. Because your real actions can determine the storyline that they put you in. How could it not be real if you can do something that offends someone, and then they can write you into a dilemma that actually happens to you? Is it real or is it fake at that point? You know? Oh, boy. But anyway, we got to move on. Anything else? Any other input on this? No, that's it. I mean, as somebody who's been a fan of her, good luck to Eva Lee's wherever you go. Please chill out, baby girl. Please. Yeah, stop fighting with everybody. You're becoming like Sankara. Go to anger management. 
just less botchy. Yeah. Okay, so you should have even botched, so never mind. Just not otherwise they're, gonna, otherwise, they're going to then now endeavor you. So the next story, and this one came up from last week. Ethel Johnson. Remember that name? That name ring a bell? If you can't put the it name with the face, like if you can't put the name with the face, that's WWE's fault because they put the wrong fit name with the face themselves oh, in the Hall yeah. of Fame. Oh, yes. Their wondrous Hall of Fame, part of their glorious WrestleMania week. So if you guys didn't follow last week, when they did the Hall of Fame and they were doing the first black woman to be in the wrestler and everything and they were doing their black history thing, they put the wrong fucking woman up there while they were doing the narration of what it was. They did the book report on the wrong person because the images wasn't the woman that they were describing. It was a different woman. Okay. So uh, the family actually spoke up about this because they are not happy. I don't have time for the whole thing, but they were pretty offended. And I mean, justifiably so. This is a billion dollar company. They put the wrong person up in the video but let's just see a little bit what's happening here i'm chris bornet and i'm the director of the documentary lady wrestler the amazing untold story of african-american women in the ring the documentary chronicles courageous african-american women who broke boundaries in professional wrestling in the 1950s 60s and 70s the documentary centers on three sisters babs wingo ethel johnson and marva scott who were among the first african-american women to integrate pro wrestling Now, for those of you who may not be familiar, Ethel Johnson was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame on April 6, 2021. And in this special edition of the Lady Wrestler podcast, the family of Ethel Johnson, her eldest daughter, Shelly Adams, her niece and the daughter of Marva Scott, Kim Goodwin Martin, and Babs, Ethel, and Marva's granddaughter, Micaiah Goodwin, speak out about some issues that they believe need to be clarified regarding Ethel's induction into the WWE Hall of Fame. So without further ado, here's the interview. Oh, God. Well, first of all, let's tell everybody, you know, your, your relationships to the, to the ladies. To the, let's just to go the ahead of this. So- I was the first African-American female champion. Right. And the and they didn't say that. That's they said she was the first wrestler. That's the first African-American female wrestler. She needs to be when inducted fir- in as the first African-American female champion. And also put and the right person. If someone as the first African-American wrestler, then they can induct Babs Wingo as the first African-American female wrestler. Right. And the WWE did not contact anyone in the they family. They did not contact anybody or say anything that they were even inducting anybody in. So I didn't get any contact from anybody until after I reached out after the, I saw what they had put up um, to induct her. Right. And let me interject. The reason that we really found out is because of the social media piece, right? And the social media piece was my niece, Micaiah. And we heard that, you know, they had put up the wrong information and we saw for ourselves where it was the wrong information, the wrong video footage, at which time my cousin Shelly called WWE, right? And yes. It, I, I contacted WWE. Uh, uh, Mr. Mendel called me back. Um, I told him what the errors were in the video that they had. Um, he said they were going to correct it. Um, they didn't know when the corrections would be made. But he recently reached out to me um, on the 9th and said that they had made the corrections However, I can't find um, the original advertisement or video. The link. Yeah, the they link. still didn't they send didn't the, provide link the link. So anything. I don't know actually what they corrected. That's amazing. These motherfuckers can edit out Billy Clay or who, who was it? Dana Brooks slipping on the ramp or uh, Mandy Rose, rather. And uh, 
They can edit out all this stuff from the Peacock. And you're telling me that they did a... Think about... And the Hall of Fame already pissed me off, the disrespect beyond it. But these people are acknowledging something in their family. And they didn't even have people that do that that research this shit correctly. And again, and I've said this on the show many times over the years, guys, but these guys make like a lot of money, like the kind of money we wish we would have, you know, where you can support your families, you know, buy multiple properties and houses and boats and shit just to be able to do good writing on a silly little wrestling show that we're reviewing, just to be able to get information like this correctly about who's who and what's going on. Something that we do just because of our passion for this kind of shit every week without the fraction of the salary that they get. And you're telling me that for the money they get, these motherfuckers can't even get this right. And then at the end of that one, then the family reaches out to them and they can't even go back and correct it, but they're busy busy editing other shit out of the... It's ridiculous. The corporate nonsense that I'm seeing here. And as a fan of this for years, and I've said this before when we started this, we thought we were doing a fun wrestling podcast. This is more political than anything in the fucking world, whether we talk games or wrestling on here. It's all politics, really, at this point. And it just sucks that that's the way things have to be treated with. You know what I mean? Like, they don't seem to care about us as fans. They don't seem to care about... They didn't care about anyone when they did that Peacock movie. It was more like, hey, get over here. You know? They're they're giving... This, I think, is disrespectful, especially to someone who's passed, like an older woman who is, like, a historical. It's like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, there's just no respect here. It's just sad to see a company that you grow up with, and it's like they literally have turned into, like, just something really negative, you know? Like, good Lord, man. You know, just be a little bit more fucking apologetic about the mistakes that you made. You don't have any kind of fucking humanity left in you. No, because they're too busy firing. It's people fucking crazy. Trying shit with them. They're too busy editing shit off a of peacock instead of pouring over the people who have been there since the goddamn beginning. I would have fired that person on the spot. I'm like, this is inconsiderate. With the internet, you're telling me you couldn't get the right woman's face up there with the right video package of who it is. We have, you know how much shit we have to look up every week? I tell I kid you guys not. I don't expect any credit for them. I wake up Mondays. I, I specifically leave Mondays free. I wake up Mondays and I get to do nothing but put this together to make sure the information is as accurate as I could get it. And we hardly ever really fuck anything up. And it ain't easy to run all the stuff. Saying that. And you're telling me that this company with all of this shit can't have a little bit more consideration towards their people when they're being paid? You know how many times are we going to come on here and talk about that instead of them actually putting out a good product? You know, the stuff with the game yeah, also, yeah, that, yeah, the reason why that company is going to be a surprise when there's actually complaints. The, 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 the sh- same shit with Ukes. Wasn't it Ukes who left them? Ukes left them. And then the, the 2K games are shitty because they didn't like the level of control. They, they like to micromanage everything instead of let people do their jobs to the point Wait, where no one's way, doing their fucking job I correctly. I noticed um, from the trailer, they already fucked 2K over already. You know that, right? How? Uh, in the trailer, they showed that uh, the arena that, that um, Mysterio and Cesaro were in was the Thunderdome. Next time we were on Raw, change Thunderdome. What do you mean change Thunderdome? That that uh, that basically the um, this Thunderdome we have now, where it's like a different entrance ramp and everything, not the same one it's going to be in the game. It looks like unless they change it in time. I mean, it doesn't. Who gives a shit? It's the Thunderdome. I don't want to remember. I don't even think I'm going to go back on Peacock and watch wrestling where where they weren't fans, where we had to get used to there being monitors of screens. I don't. I don't want to remember this time in my life. I, I've told you guys before when we talked about it, it's changed me as a person. I feel like I've become older and wiser than I should have, and a lot more patient, and I like value life more and things that we do. But I don't think I want to go back and be like, remember the pandemic time? I, I appreciate the, the lesson. It humbled a lot of us and it made a lot of us realize the important things and not to look at the shitty things or the, the little things. But I, it's like, I don't feel like I, I, I almost would be OK if they would have put the game with just fans in there. Let's just pretend the fans were there. I don't really need pandemic renders. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, the sort of, well, is that what they were going to do with the MLB game? It's like the M- 
but it's like the MLB games are going to have like no fans. You know what I mean? I don't need to see that shit that way. It's not like our proudest situation. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, you know, they didn't use the right Thunderdome. I'm more concerned just about, first of all, I'm sick of gameplay. I, if, I, if, you, if you don't give me gameplay, I don't, I'm not interested in your dramatic trailers, whether you got more Martin Scorsese or Zack Snyder. I don't give a fuck. I need gameplay from now. That's the reason I don't, we don't cover E3 as much on here anymore. If you guys remember, this show used to be two-sided. The first half of it, we would talk about video games and anime and movies and shit. And then the second half, is we'd go into the wrestling news. Now we just straight wrestling news because they're lying with the other stuff. Most of the shit isn't what it comes out. I'm not going to come in here and show trailers and talk video games. Then it's like, well, we stream isn't even what is. So we leave that stuff for the other days of the week. But these companies, you know, it's like they don't, they, they don't fix things. They don't correct things. It's like they couldn't correct a fucking video package. Good Lord, man. You know what, and you're right. You're right. Kabigan said it's not that they can. It's that they want. And he's right. They won't. And, and they just they don't care. Because at the end of the day, people are going to see them clearly fuck that up. Not care to not care to fix it. Fire people that don't need to be fired. But still sit there on their ass buying their fucking bullshit. If it was February, best in time of this shit. Like, if it was February, we wouldn't have been able to break the story before they fixed it because they're all about Black History Month, you know. And when it's and when it's October, let's not forget everything's gonna be pink. Breast Catherine. It's funny when it's the month that shit would be prioritized, but right now it's not that. It was just as long as WrestleMania, as long as you bore Peacock for WrestleMania, they didn't really care who they were honoring. Who fucking cares, right? Which is exactly why I refuse to put a dime in that bullshit. I had to. Again, I I don't agree with it, but for the sake of the community, I I don't like. Again, you think I like the fact that I essentially pay for the servers to keep this as an as a podcast on iTunes or the fact that we the the amount of things that we subscribe to and pay for in order to do this where at times yeah, donations and little support here helps, but yeah, there's a lot that goes into it and Peacock's just one of those things. You know? In the future maybe I'll write it off as a fucking tax tax deduction if this if, if we ever upgrade this to like a bigger business. Uh Oh man, crazy. It's crazy the amount of shit. I really thought after WrestleMania week we would just come on here and talk about a few things and just be like, all right, this is it. But it's like nothing else. I don't even really want to talk about the Ben Askren thing. That's stupid. But they did make 1.5 million pay per view by $70 million were generated from this shit. So congratulations <laughs> to everybody that so supported that. Gave that. You more hope in humanity. Sorry. Yeah, there's the end of your hope in humanity right there. You know, if you want me to give you something positive, the most positive that I could give you is that it is 420. So do yourself a favor and enjoy it. Weed's legalized even in here in New York, you know, and uh, Rob Van Dam selling rolling papers. Yep. He whips them out when he shows up on Raw. You know, so wait a minute. It's five bucks, five bucks per book of papers. It's $250. He's selling boxes of 50 books. $250. Wow. That is a lot. That's not great news either. I won't be buying those. <laughs> I'll look for a better story. What do we have here before I move on to news? Oh yes, George would like this. Mauro Ronaldo. He's a. Uh, he's gonna be. He's gonna be calling the Impact Wrestling main event, which is Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega. So another person that WWE treated like shit, fucked with his anxiety and let go, whether he ever admits it or not. Mauro Ronaldo seems to have some sort of a working relationship with uh, Impact. Did you know about that, Destin? Yeah, I um, I saw this pop up uh, earlier in the week, and I was like, well, well, that's good for them. I didn't know it, but I noticed it when I was scrolling YouTube just in my spare time. I came across an impact video, and when I pressed it, I just heard his voice. This is the video here. It is vanishingly rare for two major organizations to allow their champions to compete against the other. But that's what we'll see at Rebellion. The main event of the Sunday, April 25th pay-per-view is a generational dream match. Rich Swan and Kenny Omega, 
the world champions of Impact Wrestling and All Elite Wrestling, respectively, will collide with both titles on the line. A plurality of critics make AEW Kingpin Omega the favorite to emerge with an historic victory. But here, I'll map out five paths Rich Swan may take to wrenching the AEW title from the man many say is the number one pro wrestler in the world. Number five, start fast and then go faster. A natural light heavyweight, Rich Swan is the Roy Jones Jr. or Daniel Cormier of professional wrestling. It is the size of the five foot nine competitor's talent that makes him it's so It's good to hear Marvel again, right? You know? During hard to kill six man tag main event, Swan I've been not only got the venerable mayhem pride in the early 2000s. He seemed to enjoy a significant There's a yeah, certain I'm, kind of vibe that Marvel can only deliver. And that's what I mean. These WWE people, they'll find other work other, other places, man. It's just shitty that this is the way you, you treat human beings. During that a shitty time, a and and TNA. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, no, yeah, gonna... You think they have enough the common sense with no all the, the other places out there? You treat people like gods, even if they are shit. Yeah, that'll fuck with their karma. And and also off topic here, Impact needs to do something. I get it's a pandemic, but everyone else has found ways to deal with it. They need more fans, or they need monitors, or something. Having the empty thing with the sound, where you hear the crowd sound piped in through through a soundbite, but there's no one there, is worse than if there was just quiet now. Because I'm hearing a crowd that doesn't exist. They they need to fix that like V trigger. Love that move. He never kills anybody with that, Shayna. You know, it's a safe move, as crazy as it looks. Rich Swan's another one. He got released because of conduct. He had that domestic thing with his wife, but he found I, he found his place. This actually turned out good for him. Became a world champion. Counter to one-winged angel. I love that Kenny Omega's moves are based on Street Fighter and Final Fantasy. That one-winged angel is the one move that, that Chris Jericho said he would never take again. He said that move hurts to take. Maybe it's just the way Jericho's anatomy is, but I've heard him say if he ever has, like, that's the move, he will not do that again. That lands with the impact of a professional wrestling atomic bomb. But like many of the world's... Yeah, it is, I mean... They, they built well, him in Okada's feud on if he could hit that Omega usually needs his That one-winged angel is nasty, though. From the electric chair straight down like that. And then drive the victim down to search. Yeah, but a lot of trust in Omega to let him Rich hit you with that move. Diffused the one-winged angel at hard to but he never hurts people. It just sucks the AEW champion. This could be a really good match, man. You know, like oh, this, this has all of the potential to be a really good match. When is this happening? Uh, hard to kill. Too far away. Some, somebody Google Impact Hard to Kill. When's that pay per view? I don't really care about the man. I know George is going to be mad. That I say I don't really care about anything but this, but I, I'll, I'll definitely check out the main event because this is going to be cool. At Rebellion, number two, use strikes to set up the Phoenix Splash. There's a strong case to be made that Saturday, this fucking Saturday, having their brains scrambled by Kenny Omega's feature. Jesus, it is Rich Swan who will be the most dangerous striker at Rebellion. Although he no longer uses it, I guess it's a good thing we brought it up. Swan spin kick has won him several interviews. Man, no rest for the wicked, I guess. Wide arsenal of martial arts kicks have sent many world class opponents crashing down to the yep. beat. And April 25th, five days.
Swan got the better of Omega when it came down to plain old-fashioned... No, it can't be 120-121. That was a... Man is the that passed. Uh, that had to be... Educated striker in this match. Uh, yeah, it is um, the 25th, so we have five games. So it's this Saturday, guys. Good Lord. On the AEW champion in January. I'm talking about Rich... I'll check it out, you know? Whatever, I'll check it out. Only because I'm actually curious. Like, usually I check out wrestling because it's like time to watch wrestling, but I, I'm actually in one of those situations as a fan. I want to know what's, what's going to happen. You know? Into the number one on our keys for Rich Swan to defeat Kenny Omega. The Impact Champion must go for the high risk, high reward moves. Swan is a young champion, and what industry insiders predict is only the first of many pro wrestling championship reigns. No competitor, much less one who has overcome what Rich Swan has to become champion, is going to be okay with losing the biggest match of their career. But Swan has to risk losing in order to give himself the best chance of winning. Remember, it is Kenny Omega who came to the Impact Zone in the first place. It is Kenny Omega, who is the self-proclaimed belt collector, who says this is all part of a plan to do nothing less than take over professional wrestling. It is Omega who brags on social media about how many stars his matches are awarded by critics. All the pressure is on Omega at Rebellion. Like, like there's so many critics that give stars out, right? of this weight <laughs> right. of public expectation he should also give himself permission to fight as though he's got nothing to lose Morrow really makes this match exciting man I'm more excited now I'm watching this for the first time I'm way more excited now every high risk high reward attack in his arsenal they should have had Morrow hype up WrestleMania and actually have a game by now well if they still had him employed they would have from exhaustion yeah. everyone in professional wrestling is but they fucked up can again Kenny Omega at Rebellion, Sunday, April 25th, the answer may appear in the form of a massively talented athlete. That's good booking, man. You know what I mean? You got to give credit where credit's due here. This is how you will book something and get people invested, whether they're longtime friends or just now tuning in. That, you know, as much shit as you guys give impact and George sits here and defends it as the solo guy, that's good booking. They put that, that was yeah. well written, well put together. You know, these two guys can go. They have a good match. They're both good workers. There's literally no down points. I didn't leave that worried like I do every other fucking thing. It was just like, right. yeah, I'll watch. Sure, sign me up. I have no reason not to see that. You know? Yeah. I have see, no impact, reason not to see that. We need more of that. Less of people getting you know? shot at winning. I wish I knew the specifically who, who's, doing, who's doing the segments in Impact because they, you got some good people there. Which, by the way, we talked the other day with uh, George. I think we were saying it's not fair when you judge someone out knowing. Guess what? Just to give you an example of that, Logan Paul's bullshit in WWE. That was written by Shane Helms. He's the one who produced those two matches during WrestleMania. He also did the Rollins and Cesaro match. So now we can say that he's an underwhelming booker because a lot of that stuff left stuff to be desired. All you guys were wondering was why was Logan Paul there at the end of that? So now you see, that's what I mean. I don't blame anybody till I know it was them. There's a lot of people all doing this. It's not like one person wearing a lot of hats. So now we can say in WrestleMania that Logan Paul shit, that was all former Hurricane Helms, Shane Helms, the Hurricane. Stand back. There's a hurricane right in this. Stand back. There's some shitty booking coming through. So Hurricane booked that. You know, but I would love to get if we could get a breakdown. We used to be able to get it leaks of, of who's putting together what parts of every aspect of things. We don't know that right now for sure. Uh, but yeah, they were basically saying uh, he's going to call the Kenny Omega Rich Swan match. Mar Ronaldo. Uh, I'm not sure where it goes there. They, they're only using him for that match because they want to keep it special, you know. 
I don't know how well that works because I feel like a commentator like Morrow, like I think he, it's better to have him there all night, you know, keep him nice and warmed up going into a Kenny Omega yeah. match rather than for him to have a cold start and just come down the ramp for like the match at the end. And not that it's not still good, but I would have liked an entire evening of Morrow. Maybe we can lead up to that, get him as a permanent commentator because over in WWE, they don't know what they're doing with the commentators anymore. We got rid of Samoa Joe. We got rid of Morrow and Allah. I mean, they, they, we, they don't have JR. We have fucking Tony Schiavone over here. They're getting like, like, their asses kicked in the, in the, in the, in the commentary thing. You know what I mean? It's so, because, it's so bad. You used to say everybody's Tom Phillips. Now everybody's just that one new guy on Raw. You know, and Tony Schiavone being at AEW adds like something that I didn't even realize I've been missing when Nitro went off the air. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, and then having him with Jim Ross, that's a lethal combination. You know, I love that thing out there. If it wasn't for it being Excalibur, it would be perfect. You know? But, uh, well, while we're talking a little bit about AEW's booking, uh, they spoke to, uh, the, the, the Young Bucks were interviewed by Scott Fishman of TV Insider, and they basically were asked in regards to the fact that something we complain about on here regularly, too many people in stables, too many guys all teamed up, too many X-Men, X-Force, freaking X-Factor, you know what I mean, Avengers type shit going on here. No one's by themselves. So Nick Jackson basically was quoted saying, New Japan Pro Wrestling has been booking factions for more than 40 years, and they're still around. I see the argument, but I think North American fans have never seen this many at one time. They're used to one, two, or three stables in a company. It's easier to book angles. It's easy to get more people involved with different groups. If you're not aligned in a stable, you're alone. And that's hard to book sometimes. That's why we have a lot of factions, and it's clearly worked. And uh, I cannot disagree with the Young Bucks here. Someone who said that for years on here to you guys before them, I said WWE hates stables they don't like you to be in a team i think it's both kayfabe and a shoot because when you got guys traveling together they may develop a relationship very close to one another where it's almost unbreakable even if you wanted it to like what what happened with the new day they don't like the fact that people do form those factions eventually form into realistic cliques you know these people form real life friendships and now uh you know they're going to sort of fight against the machine you know it's like wwe likes to keep everybody divided i've always suspected as to why you don't have a lot of teams and stables wcw were the ones with the nwo and raven's flock and the four horsemen and all that other shit wwe did stuff every now and then but really their biggest stables was 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 a four-man stable when you look at it dx was four guys in china it doesn't really ever get big you don't have stables like of eight or nine guys you know even when they did stuff like nexus the 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 majority of them didn't stick around it always came down to four or five guys retribution they tried to bring it as like a whole group of people and then it was really just four or five guys they don't like their stables to grow in wwe and i've always said it is easier to book when you're doing something with a lot of stables because you do have the, all of those linked elements. One person might come out to help someone. Someone might turn. Someone might know somebody else. You wind up with tag teams and other things get involved and you can move everything around. It works like comic books. Wrestling is booked no different than comic books are written in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? So when you can have those crossovers and these guys teaming up and going away and doing stuff, it works better than if everybody's their own single guy. You know? That's you're going to say something? Oh no, because they yeah. I mean, he does make a good point where it's like what in Japan we have Lij, Bullet Club, Chaos. This uh new one that Osprey's um created that God the fucking name keeps escaping me. Uh Suzuki Goon. He does kind of make a point where with multiple factions you have at least a little bit more leeway and more options that way. And it and it kind of makes it to where another thing where WWE has a problem. People don't just get left out in the dark. 
And I've always liked teams. I've told you guys on here that my favorite pay-per-view used to be Survivor Series. They managed to squeeze the life out of me on that argument. But back in the day, when I think of the things I remember as a kid growing up that influenced me to get to where we are now doing this, it was always Survivor Series. That doesn't mean I don't like the other pay-per-views. But when I think about it, you know, big things that I think about, like the debut of The Undertaker, that was Survivor Series. You know what I mean? Uh, the debut the deadly, of The Elimination Chamber. Yeah, that was Survivor Series. Uh, when The End of the Alliance, that was Survivor Series. Um, when you look at The Rock's first heel turn, when he was in, when he actually was with the corporation, um, the double turn, that was Survivor Series. Uh, when it went Sean, on, was it Team Bischoff and Team Austin when Austin got fired because uh, uh, his team lost. Survivor Series. That was Survivor Series. Sean and Brett with the original Montreal screw job. That was fucking Survivor Series. Uh, John Cena, John Cena and uh, The Rock teaming up the one time ever as a tag team against Awesome Truth. That was Survivor Series. You know what I mean? The Rock's debut match as Rocky Maivia, where he was the last man standing on the babyface team and he managed to go over. That was Survivor Series. So Survivor Series has always been my shit because I'm expecting something crazy that's going to last the rest of my life when I see it. And it's been always been a pay-per-view that's been about getting a lot of people into the mix because and that's the thing based it, around the teams it's always four and four teams you know what i mean it's always elimination i always get excited i like the psychology of tag teams a bit more than i do regular wrestling in a lot of cases because there's more that goes into it with the different planning there's so much that can happen if you have good tag teams something as simple as a hot tag or something as simple as a blind tag those blind tags really work when you want to keep a, a baby face protected they did it, I think, tonight or sometime. I watched some, I don't know, where someone has a blind tag and the babyface doesn't realize that the legal man's not in the fucking ring and they hit their finisher and then they're gassed out and they get hit by the other guy. Shit like that. Just the way tag teaming works, I think, is a lot more of a psychological thing. And I like team fights so much. When I go back, I usually look at the big teams. If you look at the original, the early attitude era after Sean left when Triple H took over DX, one of the cool things that they did was it was all four DX members had a feud against two tag teams. Since there were four of them and the two, and it was a, uh, LOD and DOA, the Disciples of Apocalypse, and, uh, and of course, the Road Warriors. And it was like the four of them, and they, they did it for a while, and it worked. You know what I mean? Then, of course, DX versus The Nation turned out to be a good feud. You know, there, there's always a reason to do that. So my problem with AEW, because I know I've been misunderstood on here, when I complain about their, their stables, it's not the stables, the existence of the stables. It's the, uh, the creation of the stables. It almost feels like it's the same thing happening over and over and over again. Like we've talked about it here, how you watch a segment and we'll be like segment one, they made a stable. Segment two, they asked someone if they'll join a stable. Segment three, somebody was asked to join a stable. Segment four, somebody left a stable. It's like they're, they need to space out a little bit more what happens every time i watch the avengers they're not fighting ultron again you know what i mean like oh captain america ultron's back winter soldier ultron's back infinity war ultron's back like you got to move your shit around a little bit more and the thing is with AEW, they just have to get those stables onto the board without it feeling so forced like there are stables that work like obviously the elite because they weren't formed there uh the jurassic express works even the uh even the orange cassidy stable but then there's shit like the Road Family, where it just kind of seems like they just took like a whole bunch of people from the back and said, you, you, and you, come here. And it's like, who the fuck are those guys? The QT Marshall stable doesn't really make much sense. The MJF stable looks like it can work, but unfortunately, I, I feel like they could have had a better start to where, where it got. Inner Circle works. I think the Inner Circle is one of my favorite stables. Or am I missing any? Inner I feel Circle like I'm probably, missing Inner something. Circle is probably the best one out of the group. Um, Death Triangle. Death well, Triangle. Death Triangle that's more a- like tagging the stable. Death Triangle, I feel like that's a little bit forced. Not that I don't like Pac and I don't like the Lucha Bros or whatever, but I think they did better with that other guy. What was his name? Um, well, Laredo Kid's really not 
ever been a part of the group. He's just showing up, I guess. Yeah. Whatever they yeah, want but Pac was never part of them. But Pac was never part of this until AEW just sort of threw him with the Lucha Bros. They don't really have anything in common. You know, if anything, Laredo kid, he just looked better. He complimented their style better. I mean, just in my opinion, because Pac is out of place there. What's he doing with them? He's not Lucha. Well, see, Pac was the one that brought them together, though. What do you mean? Pac was the one who, um, I think it was, I, my, I think it was right after the Hangman feud. Pac was the one that, um, even though both Pentagon and Phoenix had been already been in AEW, he was the one that almost kickstarted the faction. Like pretty much, like we are the Death Triangle. These are my. I can't remember exactly how he Right, but it. what I'm saying is Penta and Phoenix were a tag team before there was even an AEW, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that's like I'm, if I'm, I'll, I'm but what I'm saying is that's like the equivocal of like if Roll Dog and, and X Pac were part of AEW or Roll Dog and Billy Gunn were part of it and then Al Snow came and like brought the two of them in the ring and we were like, well, Al Snow's the one who brought the outlaws together. Not really. They were always the outlaws. He maybe brought them together in that instance. But the point being, Pac, um, um, Phoenix and Pentagon go back as a tag team. Yeah, okay, literal yeah, Lucha yeah, Bros. Both that tag team he didn't bring together, but I'm talking about like Death Triangle as a whole. But Death Triangle as a whole is just them plus him. So all he did was insert himself into the tag team, right? Like, it's not like there's nobody yeah, else but, but him. He's the one that started the fucking stable, is what I'm saying. He didn't start the tag team, but just the whole three person stable. Uh, I, I don't know. I, it, it's, for me, that's kind of weird. Like, if Edge and Christian were like, Edge and Christian for like years and years, right? Mention anything about it before Pox and anything. But what I'm saying is, like, if Edge and Christian were Edge and Christian for like years, and then they came here and Adam Page came up to them, and then and they were like, we are the trifecta. Would we be like Adam Adam Page is the one that made this stable? It's really just Edge and Christian and then him. Yeah, I mean like the whole group, not the tag team, but he's the one that incorporated the tag team into this group in this group idea that he had. I guess. But if we take out Pac, then what do we have? Then we just have what we just have, we just don't have the stable. We just have a tag Lucha team. Bros. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Let's make a different stable then. I think that there'd be a better stable with Lorito Kid and them. See, Lorito Kid isn't in AEW enough, so that's a problem. Everybody's familiar with Pac, like Laredo Kid. If you weren't watching AW when they first showed up, you wouldn't know who he was. Yeah, but just because we know who he is doesn't mean it sticks. Like we, we're allowing them to do what we don't allow WWE to do, which is just throw somebody into a team because it might work out, and it and it somewhat does, but not really. You know, they don't even speak the same fucking language. Really, they're not even the same anything. They're not the same height. They don't have the same styles. It only works because they put them together and told us that it works. Like I don't really see it. It, and and they say that with wrestling, uh, a lot of it has to do with what you can put on a poster. Not really a poster, but what, what looks good as a package. A lot of the time you look for good-looking packages. The Laredo Kid guy, when he was there with the Lucha Bros, it looks like a good package. These guys look like they go together. This is a team uh, with some dynamic in it. Pac looks very out of place with them. It doesn't, it doesn't flow like the Hurt Business or... Sometimes these things work. I'm just saying in this case, I haven't seen enough to be convinced that he's not better off on his own. He should be a singles guy. What's he doing with that? I mean, but then Pac's been gone with that pandemic the whole time. So I think that now we're actually going to get to see what, 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 what can actually come of this. Do they even have trios titles, titles in, in, in AEW? Not yet, but I, would, I figure at this point they would need to as many three-plus man groups they have. Yeah, they should but have I can, trios I can titles. see AEW pull the trigger on that. In fact, I've heard yeah. talk here and there that there might be some trios titles coming. Yeah. I mean, they call their six-man tag matches trios, so mm-hmm. they kind of they have all the groundwork to do it. Good lord, there's going to be a long episode if we don't cover fucking the weekly. We got to cover yeah, the weekly. Let, let me let me make sure there's no more news. There's nothing really. We got Mauro Ronaldo out there. Yeah, no, we we did most of the the important things here, and we covered the releases. We'll work, we'll work on that list another time. Yeah, happy 420 but let's work on the weeklies here uh, so this is the first official ending of the Wednesday Night Wars 
Now we have everything on a separate first show. First so both shows are by themselves. So for the first time, we start off with last Tuesday, which was NXT. Uh, I'm just going to do quick bullet points. We don't have to go over all of the matches. Maybe I'll throw some clips up. But I will say this. Uh, very unfortunate that Karrion Cross does a very generic wrestling promo in a very generic voice. Like, the intro's cool. Uh, Scarlet is cool. The whole thing. And then when he speaks, he sounds like he's straight out of the 80s. It's, it's the know? Aleister Black syndrome all over again. Worse, though, because he sounds like a typical 80s wrestler. Like, the way that people think wrestling is that don't watch, like, the way it's portrayed. Like, oh, man, when I get in that ring with you, blah, blah. It was just like, when I heard him, I was like, really? That's, <laughs> that's like, that's how you're going to fucking sound? Please don't sound that way. You know, it's like embarrassing. The fuck are you that's doing? Case, let, if that's the case, just let Scarlet talk. Pull yourself together, man. Just let the girl be the mouth, please, please. He comes in there the most generic. He's like somebody who watched too much wrestling in the 80s. You know, just the I most generic sounding dude. When you sound like a fucking high school social teacher. Yeah, really. Uh, what happened? What happened? So we had uh, MSK versus Drake Maverick and Killian Day. And uh, those guys go over the MSK guys. But one of them nearly crashes and burns during a, a dive. Let me let me pull this up here. See if I could get it. The proper spot for this dive here. I have been trying to see if I can remember which one it was because yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Hopefully, I got the correct timestamp. I don't know if uh no. Well, that was the blockbuster combination that they did here. Was this the dive here? Look, look at that. Come on, fucking be careful. Good lord, man. I'm telling you, man. Nash and some of these dives, he scares me. Yeah, <laughs> because they, he just hurls his body and hopes for the best. Yeah. Um. Another note: they they really make the Robert Stone brand look like shit. I guess maybe because it was originally going to be Chelsea Green was the going to be original lead of it. Now it seems like it's completely lost. At the time of watching this, uh, I guess I didn't even really think about that. The fact that it started yeah, with Robert Stone. She was the Stone original lead, and then they called her up and did nothing. Yeah, but they really just make the Robert Stone brand look like shit because uh, they have no investment in it. They don't care about the girl that is, that is in it at all. Uh. I don't know. It could have been better. Yeah, they have Mercedes Martinez basically go over her. And, uh, you know, they over Jesse Camilla, the, over the, the, the new green girl. And then, she, and then basically Martinez calls out Raquel Gonzalez after the match. But you know what? They're not going to put the belt on her. I'm sorry, but I just don't. I'm not buying it. It's she cool that they have that. Anyway, so it's just like it's just it, it's just they're just doing a thing where it's like new champion. Everybody calls her out. Like she's yeah. not getting the title shot anytime soon. Mm hmm. Uh. I was very surprised about this. I don't get surprised about a lot of shit. This surprised right. me. Um, you already know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I took for granted you, you, that you we were just... You mind if I take this one? Yeah, go right ahead. I have I have yeah. a clip coming up. I don't know if it's in unison with what you were talking about. But yeah, I, was, yeah. I sat up like, yeah. what the fuck? Go ahead. We had a Cruiserweight title, uh, title match. Santos Escobar versus Kushida. And holy shit, the time splitter is the new champion. I did not see this Which coming. Now I makes mm-hmm. history because Kushida is the first ever wrestler to be both a WWE Cruiserweight Champion and a former IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Which is very cool, and it's, I feel bad because as I'm watching this match, I'm thinking, yeah, they really have a lot invested into Santos Escobar, and as much as I like Kushida, I just don't think that he's going to be given the respect that he was given in Japan. And I'm looking, and I, all of a sudden, it was like, what? I jumped out of my seat in my chair. Hell yeah, man. 
Kushida. If anybody ever that's I they could not have been more happy in that junior heavyweight division than when Kushida was gone. Because I had a legitimate fucking belt. I had a legitimate delayed reaction because it just took I was like, what? And you know what like, the funny thing about it is? I've seen Kushida do that pinning combination, that real deep, deep pin. And in my head, I'm waiting for Santos to kick out. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Good job, though. I'm, I, this this is cool. NXT is still the one show that I can watch the way that I used to watch wrestling. When I'm watching this, I'm enjoying it as a fan. And I know a lot of everyone's AEW pro, though. Obviously, that's become the majority. But for me, there's just something about NXT that's more close to my taste. See, that's not wrong I'm with having I'm kind mm-hmm. of even ground with the both of those. I, those are the two shows out of the whole week where I can just sit back and just watch. Yeah. It's, it's to the point where I just don't even consider NXT. The only way I can consider I can enjoy NXT now is if I just act like it's not even part of the WWE. Hmm. Because it feels like such a complete detachment. And it's like, wait a minute, everything actually makes sense here. There's build. People aren't just stopped in the middle of shit. It's like, what? But yeah. What Twitter yeah. link? Well, we didn't, I didn't even know we had a Twitter link. Yeah. But also, uh, I wanted to show you guys here. Uh, I thought this was a really cool promo. This is this. I like this. The whole way this was put together. Well done. I don't know what you mean by the link on Twitch, but I'll look into it. But yeah, this is cool. Walter and Imperium tested our will, our loyalty. Did we win every fight? No. Did we pass every test? I think so. And now we come out on the other side stronger as a unit, ready to face a new NXT, a new landscape. New NXT champion, new NXT tag team champion. What path to choose? It's standard procedure for us. We finish what we start. MSK, we're coming. I love that ending. It scared the shit out of me. I love that ending. Just the way he fucking. <laughs> that was dope. You see what I mean? That's a unique promo, man. Like that had. I like that. I love those two together. You know, the way Tampa stormed out after saying that. That's going to be cool, too, MSK, because those guys are really cool. NXT is so exciting, man. I really I really dig this. That match Raquel, is going to be hell on wheels. I, I want, I, I'm always been very invested in Raquel Gonzalez before I even knew that they were. So I'm glad I got a champion that I want as the top here. Kushida being the it, champion it as well. It took me a little while with her, but she grew on me quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. we, got the, we got the fucking Frankie debut. Oh my god. I'll never forgive you for that name change. I give her credit, man. That dog is very well behaved. What do they do? Do they sedate that fucking thing? Oh no, no. She 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 has trained that up quite well. Was it in TNA with her too? No. That's that that's her like that's her in uh Morrison's cute dog. She looks better. She looks more like the tire Valkyrie that I remember when I used to see her back in the day before TNA. And I used to think, damn, that's a bad bitch, you know? Yeah, before they freaking did whatever they decided to do to her. But yeah, her looks great. I just wish they would have kept her name tire Valkyrie. Let's jump a little ahead here. 
Congratulations, champ. Felicidades, campeona. I'm here to formally introduce myself to you and the world. I am La Huera Loca. I love that she kept her nickname. Frankie Monet. By the way, I just want to interject because somebody came on Twitter with like, oh, WWE creative is so terrible. I can't believe they turned Taya Valkyrie into Frankie Monet. What a shitty name. And she replied back and she was like, I created it. Thank you. So this is her name. But nonetheless, they probably had her create a name so she would be Taya Valkyrie. They can own the licensing for the 2K games, the toys. You know how it works. On this planet has gotten a little bit shinier, a little bit bougier. And a whole lot better. And as you are at the top of my division, (laughs) you'll be seeing a whole lot more of me. I think having the dog will always be a giveaway when she's not going to get attacked by anybody, though, because they're not going to let her take a bump with the fucking dog. You're lucky I'm in a good mood tonight. (laughs) Because, uh... If you interrupt me like that again, this cute little poochie, I'm going to shove him straight up your culo. I will call Peter, ma'am. See, these fiery Hispanic women in wrestling, man. That's what I'm here for. AEW with Thunder Rosa. Where I look, I basically translate to crazy white chick. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. Name says Lucha Underground, but... Okay. That also, uh, that also wasn't the end because after that we got a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. We got we got what will be considered quite the moment. A yeah, a homecoming. Quite the history here on NXT. So, 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 freaking Rhea Ripley, the new, the newly crowned Raw Women's Champion, shows up. Remember that she's old friends with with Raquel. Plus, they had a rivalry in NXT, so they have shared this moment in the ring. This was nice for Raquel. She got to have this moment because they came to celebrate her when you really think about it at the same time. Yeah, look at that. All the women from NXT are, are coming up in the ranks. They're champions now. You know, the new generation. Triple H's NXT kids done made it. That's a real moment they're sharing. I like that. Those two are really, those two are working desperate. And of course, Bianca gets a huge pop. First black woman to win main event of WrestleMania and so on and so on. So we bring them in here. I did like this. That was so cool. Let me go back. Let me go a little bit forward here to when they're on the ring. You know so, what I'm talking about, right? It has them in the back there. The listeners, uh-huh. Basically what they had in the backdrop was an old photo of them from when all three of them were in NXT. Yeah, so you see the before and after when they first debuted in NXT and when they went on to the main roster. Well, two of them went on to the main roster to, to debut when Raquel becoming champion. So it's cool to see, you know, the way that they did that. See, they came from that to all three of them becoming champions on WrestleMania. You know, from NXT to champions. You know, that was one of my favorite endings that NXT just because that was such a cool moment that all of them got to share. Yeah, it was, it was good to see these girls come up from the from the developmental, go through the ranks, and get what they deserved. You know, yeah, that was really all three cool. of them earned that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roderick Strong quits, which I don't like. Roderick Strong was always one of my favorite guys. You know, in the Indies, 
he quits. I don't know what the hell the storyline is there. He comes in with his wife. I'm coming uh, to the main roster. Well, good luck there. I mean, you know what, though? Roderick Strong could be a top guy on the main roster if they play their cards right. Roderick Strong is a top guy. Just like I said that about Adam Cole. You know, we Roderick know Strong is what I hold up for that. We'll have to see about that. Leon Ruff has a match against Isaiah Swerve Scott. I got to say, I really like this feud. And I like that Leon Ruff is nothing to underestimate anymore. Because I did like the underdog story. But I like that it didn't stay that way. You know, that he grew into like a character that, you know, he kicks fucking Swerve Scott's ass now. As a guy who was an underdog, he whips his ass, right? You know, Swerve Scott should leave him alone. And after he won the match cheating, I love that this happens. What you had to say about Leon Ruff. Is it safe to say that this is officially over? <laughs> Did you just see what I just did out there, Dan? Swerve made a statement. Oh, 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 it's Ruff making a statement. <laughs> Fucking Ruff, man. Do you want to play, Swerve? Do you want to play? <laughs> oh, just lay down, kill shot. Just me. lay down. It's not over until I say it's over. Leon, Leon, what's wrong with you, man? Take it out, man. No, no. Come on. All the way back to the locker room. Don't fuck with Leon. He's not that nice of a guy. If you, if you cross him, even Leon will fuck you up. Get him, Leon. I'm on Leon's side with this shit. Hey, yeah. Don't take no shit. Go back there and show him who's who. Yeah, whoop kill shots ass. <laughs> so, uh, Zoe Stark. Uh, they need to give her a less budget look. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying, though, right? Like, Zoe Stark has, like, this look to her that, uh, I don't know. It just they just need to do some i looked her up because i was like i don't really remember her from being from too much stuff and uh no she isn't she hasn't really wrestled in too many big places she hasn't done too much at all you know Swerve's so gonna mess with with leo's wife next right that's right leon's wife is the, is the ref uh oh don't make don't mess with him you see that ass woman he get way out touching his wife don't do that one of my the funniest bumps of the night let me see if i could bring this up here Oh, God, I think I might know the one you're talking about, but here we go. Jesus. This is a Candace with Bronson Reed. Did you see this? Look at this. It was a crossbody, wasn't it? No, no. Watch what he does. I love this. Come on! Oh, it was a crossbody. <laughs> she fucking recoiled off it. She, he didn't fucking move. Oh, that was, was so freaking amusing. It and then like the- when you hit an invisible wall of the fucking video game. And then the thing that really brought this entire NXT home, as you guys know, Indy Hartwell is in love with Dexter Loomis despite being on rivaling teams. And this is how she tries to capture his heart. She feigns injury, right? What does she do? So now he's looking over like, oh, no. Is she injured? She must be injured. I better do something. Did I hurt her? I love how she's selling how injured she She's twerking. And then fucking Austin Theory kicks him. Who knows what was going through his mind? And even though that's her teammate, she's pissed off. She's like, you ruined this. And look what she does. She turns on her fucking team. She takes four Austin Theory, get thrown. He doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And then she goes back to selling the injury close. Look, she scoots over. Scoot. Scoot. <laughs> Get her some help, quick. We don't know what happened to her. Did get that girl some dick and some robot. It's like, it's like Beauty and the Beast. Hartwell has been, oh my God. 
And she gives the fucking thumbs up. <laughs> and poor Bronson Reed has no idea what the fuck's going on. I love looking at his face like, what the fuck is going on? Oh my god, man! He's got. I'm telling you, NXT's my shit, man. They they make me laugh. I genuinely have a good time with that. Genuinely. Anyway, anything else on this NXT before we we jump into Dynamite? No, oh, that was it. Yeah, Indy is great, right, King? So we get the He's A. Funny. Yeah, so we get the AW Dynamite, and and uh, last week I spoke about how they're doing something different with the Young Bucks and how now they're reluctant heels. Well, this week they're just regular heels. Because they just came out like, yeah, we're just fucking straight heels now. I thought they would have hung out a little bit longer with that will they, will they. But nope, they were in a rush here. And I also spoke last week about Death Triangle being heels now. But now out of nowhere, they're baby faces because they're fighting against the newfound buck heels. So it's like the heels and baby faces keep changing. You know? Makes no sense whatsoever. You can't tell me that doesn't get on your nerves. You know, the sad part is half the time I don't even pay attention to it some days. I think I've just gotten to the point where I'm so numb to it. I'm just like, eh, well. Yeah, no, it's really aggravating for me. I don't know why. No, well, like I said, that's something I, I, they need you know to what do. It is? I notice it, I think about it for like two seconds, and I'm like, okay, and I'm moving on. Well, that's what I mean, where it's kind of like they have a lot of cool things going on, but I would just like them to get to those points in better ways, you know, if that makes yeah. any sense. This is true. Just, just get to the same route, just a little bit cleaner path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. That's all that I'm saying. Okay, it's definitely understandable. Yeah, so let's look into some AEW stuff. Uh, so like I said, the Bucks start off with their heel promo. The they immediately, they're just straight it. bad guys now. What the hell? The Young Bucks just super kicked John Moxley. Simple, we chose friendship. The Young Bucks have threw their lot in with Kenny Omega. This is despicable. John Moxley, thank you so much for pushing us over the edge. We're no longer just a club of friends throwing up a hand gesture or a family that loves and hugs oh god yeah, they're really healing it up here fucking heels now uh we get uh so that goes on for all we get the bucks against Pac and phoenix for the tag titles and of course i mean it goes without saying that this was a spot fest shit was uh, nuts yeah i'll run down a few because it wouldn't be right not to but uh the double apron bomb that they did I thought that was a cool callback to Matt Rushmore, which was a stable that they were in with Kevin Steeney back in the day. Well, you got a double apron bomb spot here. Young Bucks with Pack and Ray. Oh, oh my God. Very cool stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, another callback move, I think, added to the Bucks list. Yeah, you get a crazy Ray Phoenix. It wouldn't be a, a, a spot without a, a match without Ray Phoenix. Crazy Ray Phoenix springboard into a, like a double cutter, I think. Was what he did? Yeah, I could I think be wrong I, about that. Really do this move with just one person. I haven't seen him do it with two. This was fucking. Yeah, I thought that looked really solid. Chop to the chest of Matt Jackson. Look Great at the balance this takes. Steps up. Oh, look at that! Kick to the face, and now <laughs> unbelievable! Ray Phoenix, that balance. This is fucking nuts. <laughs> Locks the lariat with a thrust kick. Comes back, double cutter. Very cool stuff there, Ray Phoenix. Love him. What love I love him. about the way Phoenix does, especially with the that uh, that that spring into it, it's not like a Jay Lee, the one where you see kind of like calculated. He literally just flings his body and just lets it recoil. Mm-hmm. He also has a very solid Tope Corn Hero oh, that he does over here. I thought were really solid. The waist lock and the deadlift by Pack. But Tony, there's only two in the ring. Oh, I got that. But look at okay, this, look. Ray Phoenix walks oh. the tightrope. The knockout shot. Oh, oh man, caught her. Oh. 
and the German Superman. Yeah, they're definitely working good here, you know. Oh yeah. And uh, I guess lastly, before we move on, because again it's late and I got other shit to do, I'm not even going to sleep after this. Uh, Nick Jackson, I believe he rebounds a monkey flip into like a springboard Canadian destroyer, which I thought that was very talented. Uh, let's have this look here. Nick Jackson, Ray Phoenix, a shot of his own, kicks a plenty. Went for the monkey flip, but no, it's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. You saw that shit, man? Which, by the way, uh, news out there. Apparently, I guess P.D. Williams has returned to Impact. So, hi, P.D. Yeah, everybody's got the connection this right. And I, and I did read an interview with uh, Bad Bunny where, like, the night before WrestleMania, Damian Priest showed him that move. And he was like, I don't know, man. Do you think I could do that? He was like, I think it would be cool if you could do it by tomorrow. So, that's how that came about. <laughs> I love that response. I think it'd be cool if you could do it. Not yes or no, but if you could do that shit by tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Caveon. I'll be around for, for some other content. Uh, Jade Cargo against cool. Red... That might be one of the coolest transitions I've seen into a Destroyer, though. Yeah, very solid stuff. Jade Cargo has a match against Red Velvet with Jade going over with, well, I guess, that inverted sit-out powerbomb. I don't know if she have a name for it. The Jade out? Um, I don't Who think it has a name I, yet. I think she has a name. I just don't remember it. You know, she called the shit something, but whatever. Uh... What was this thing with Anthony Agogo? He punches a guy in the stomach, and then they stop the match due to stoppage? So That's like stupid was, as fuck. Because um, I guess the guy was a former amateur boxer. He 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 boss-rooted him. He got him with a liver shot. Hey, you know, you catch one to the liver. They, they, they've they stopped fighting just over liver, over, uh, liver shots. Right, whatever. And then Mike Tyson was part of the uh, the match. It was Who was it? It was Jericho against... Uh, Dax Harwood. Dax Harwood. Mike Tyson winds up hitting the other one. I forget their fucking AEW names. Cash Wheeler. Cash Wheeler. But he hits him. He, he pulled his punch, but it's Mike Tyson, dude. Uh, it's Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson can't punch you. Look at how he hits him. Oh. Mike Tyson holds him at bay. Oh, my God, bro. Mike Tyson can't punch you. What the fuck? Are you crazy? I'm going to tell you something right now. That's a brave motherfucker to say. Okay, here's the spot. Tyson's gonna punch you. All right, let's do it. I'm enjoying Mike Tyson being around. You know what? It's kind of funny because me and a, me and a couple of friends were having a conversation the other day. That's gonna be somebody you don't see fucking Jake Paul fight because at his age, Mike Tyson is as scary now as he has ever been. Yeah, no, he really and, is. And not he really only is. that, but you can tell he's generally enjoying himself. And he officially joins the inner circle as a member at the end of this, which yeah. I thought was also really cool. That's awesome. You know. Yeah, I'm glad. Jericho. Let's see what happens here, guys. I know this is. Do I have that spot? Taylor just got in the fold. Not really, but we do have uh, just a nice poster picture here of fucking Omega and all of them when they were doing their little promo afterwards. So yeah, we got the new Bullet Club. Uh, Chris Statlander returns also, and she's in much better shape than she had left in. That injury did her some really, really solid good because she came in there completely different. Yep. Definitely got to give her credit for that. Amber Nova with her supernova. Yeah. And I was looking at it and I was thinking about that Amber Nova girl. Like, I definitely have seen her before. Uh, Amber Nova has been around. I hate to say it, but Amber Nova is a big time jobber. Um, she was an impact back in 2017. She lost to Ali, who was accompanied by Braxton Sutter, who are now Blade and Bunny. Uh, she lost to Sienna there. She lost to Taya Valkyrie there. She dropped to Nikki Cross in NXT like a few months later. Then she, then later on, her and Tania Brooks jobbed out to Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane in NXT like a year after that. 
So you've seen her. She she's kind of like she's the type of jobber that you send in when somebody's either getting a fresh gimmick or they're just new. Yeah. Because the first three were in the case of Allie, she had just broken off from Maria and her crew. Sienna had not too long shown up. Taya not too long shown up. I think Nikki Cross that's when she uh that's when Sanity had left and she started she started doing stuff on her own. Right, right. Uh, what else? What else? Darby versus Matt Hardy. You had Hardy goons out there, and of course, it's Sting. You know, you had Shivani doing the iconic from the NWO era. It's Sting that he's known for doing. You gotta uh, get a kick out of Dean to do that all the time now. Yeah, so I never thought I'd be hearing that again in this in this era in my life. But yeah, we get it now. I'm regular for the same reason we used to get it back then. Darby does a very notable coffin drop out of the air, yep, twenty feet through a table. Yeah, that's some scary <laughs> shit. To force Matt Hardy. To give up, to surrender. Oh! Right in the face. What a knockout shot right in the face. Been lying on the table. Where the hell is Darby going? Where did he go? Oh, my God, Darby. Darby Allen is scaling that truss. Darby Allen. Oh, my God. The coffin rock. It must have been 20. So there you go. There was a coffin drop. That was an AEW in a in a nutshell, really. I miss anything? No, there was that was a, pretty much it. Actually, there's one more thing. There was the Miro promo. I guess the, that's the end of him and Kip Saban. Yeah, uh, he breaking out on his own. Because, yeah, you had Miro who, uh, I guess he's... I don't even remember why the fuck they were mad at each other, but this is the promo. Kip, they told me you didn't show up again today. Where you at, bud? You left so fast after the arcade energy match, and I haven't talked to you since. But I'm looking for you. Trying to smooth things over just to talk to you. But you know I hate this. You know I hate wasting my time. So I'm here to tell you now that I'm moving on with or without you to fulfill my destiny and becoming a champion. So if you work for this company and you have gold around your waist, I highly recommend you pull a kip and disappear before I find you. Pull a kip and disappear. That's hilarious. Or at least he's becoming back more aggressive. Yeah, you should. All right. Well, this is not even the Wednesday Night Wars, but I guess this is just a ratings comparison here because NXT did 805,000 viewers. That is very high for NXT. They did a point twenty two in the 18 to 49 demographic. Things are looking good. Like Vince would say, he smells money, I'm sure. AW Dynamite did did 1.219 million viewers. Point forty four double. The point twenty two eighteen to forty nine demographic of WWE they doubled the point forty four in the ratings fucking demographic. The week before, look at this. They went from one point two hundred nineteen million. The week before, they were seven six hundred eighty eight thousand. That's they what more than five hundred thousand. They more than doubled their viewership. Now, on the other hand, NXT last week, which if you guys recall wasn't a regular episode. This was Takeover Stand and Deliver Night One. They did 768,000, which is about their average. They only did 805,000 this week. They only went up about 40,000, a little bit less than 40,000, where AEW doubled. They went from 688,000 to 1.219 million. They doubled. The NXT ratings didn't really change. That means that going from a takeover to a regular NXT. Yeah. So there's a lot to take away from that. No pun intended, you know, but. At the end of the day, it looks to me like 
AEW has a more a stronger viewership. Like people who were watching AEW are not watching NXT, but people who are watching NXT are then also tuning in the following night for AEW. Yeah, it seemed like it seemed like the only thing NXT really managed to accomplish was keep them from pretty much kind of keep them away from that million. But now that's why I said. But now I said that's a legitimate number. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's close to. That's up that's there. Raw territory. It's almost SmackDown in Raw territory. Now, in hindsight, getting rid of all those people might not look good because now it's starting to look like the Wednesday Night Wars only existed as a war because NXT was there. And this company is starting to show that it's able to stand on its own two legs, not as an NXT brand, but as a brand. They did it for one week so far. If that fucking okay. continues, um, the releases are going to be a mistake. So yeah. anyway, and it's kind of like what I elaborate to. Like, and I think I'm Jericho might even said in the interview, AEW never even wanted that war, but WWE just couldn't leave them be through NXT to it, and then they got their asses kicked for a year. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're gonna run through SmackDown and Raw real quick. We don't really need clips for this. We're not doing. We'll do clips for the end shows, but yeah, um, Pat McAfee and Michael Cole are the new announced team, as we talked about before. Uh, he does okay. He's not the best. He's he's all right in it in the role. He's gonna do what he can. Roman does a okay, promo where says, "Yeah, Roman does a promo where Cesaro comes out." I knew they weren't gonna push this guy. Like everybody got excited. I saw people tweeting before I even watched SmackDown. Like on Friday, people were like, "Finally, Cesaro's getting it." And I was like, turned off my phone. Like, get out of here. Um, I have a question for you. McAfee said the WWE debuted the UFO on Saturday night during WrestleMania, but I'm pretty sure I've seen Cesaro hit that before, and I've heard it called the UFO before yeah, Saturday, he, right? He, he's 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 hit that move before. I think I've even seen that before. This fucking company, you know what I mean? It's just weird. Why are they acting like company? But I definitely have seen him hit that move. I've seen him hit that out of in the Indies, and like, did they keep showing it over and over again for you? Did you keep seeing they keep emphasizing this yes. fucking move? But it's, it's he's always had this move, Destin. What the fuck are they doing? The same shit they were doing when they fired all those people. They showed us so many times that by the fourth or fifth time, I thought, maybe I'm fucking crazy. Maybe I just dreamed it and this is the move, you know, like, like how many times they're trying to brainwash me into believing that that move wasn't always there. What are you, fucking nuts? You know how their rule is. If it didn't happen there, it didn't happen. Oh, my God. It did happen there, though. They had a broken-ass fucking rule. Michael Cole keeps calling Ziggler and Rude the top dogs. Even McAfee on his first day had to fucking correct him. Because nobody wants to remember this random jobber-ass tag team's name. Because, by the way, if anybody who didn't know, um, that's SmackDown before WrestleMania. That was their first title defense in 83 days. God. They defended those titles three times in over 100 days. Bianca Belair has the celebration with the Street Profits for her tag titles and then tells them to go out and win the gold because we win gold in this house. And then they have the match against the Dirty Dogs or whatever the fuck they are. And uh, Mont has four jobs to the zigzag, dude. Nobody loses to the zigzag. That's not even his finisher anymore. His finisher is a super kick now, right? Because he's Shawn Michaels in his mind. I don't even know what his fucking finisher is. It's not the zigzag. He fucking, I couldn't believe it. I was like, really? You hit him with the zigzag and he lost? Which, by the way, not only a congratulations, but also a happy belated birthday because Bianca Belair won the SmackDown Women's title the week of her birthday. Yeah. Jay Uso yeah, does so a very right Jay Uso does a very bad Uso thing because that promo <laughs> he says yeah, that promo. I wish I had it on me. I don't I want to get out of here though. He says to Cesaro that it's a nice airplane spin that he did with no hands, but could he do it with no teeth? And then he looks at the screen and it's like, 
Yeah, you could do it with no teeth. Totally. There's no teeth involved in it, actually. You couldn't have said legs? You said with no teeth? You see what happens when people write your scripts? Like? Shit just comes out stupid. Oh, cringe. Smackdown did 2,795,000 views. 2.795 million views. Why the fuck was that so hard? And they did an overnight of 2.36 million viewers. Slightly up from that because it went from uh, 2.36 to 2.79. So good for them. That brings us to Raw, which the Raw after WrestleMania 37, they did uh, 2.26 million views. The week before, they 1.713 million. So uh, they were up a little bit. We'll have to see at the end of next week's episode how they're going to do. Uh, you get a McIntyre promo, MVP comes out. Then Mace and T-Bar wind up jumping Drew. But according to MVP, they're not part of the Hurt Business. You know, that's why they still use the shitty retribution music. Uh so post interview with these guys, they're in the back, right? And they just start naming animals. Like they're like dogs, snakes, birds, cats, ferrets, squirrels. And then they start naming like extinct animals. But like like at first I don't understand what the point of naming those animals were. But it reminded me, you remember that little toy that kids have where it's like a fucking wheel of animals? You like pull the string and ah, dog, bird, cat. Dog. Is that going to be, that should be the Tron, right? The two of them walk out. And then this thing is spinning on the top with the fucking dog, bird. Be the most effort they've ever done with them. What's next? They're going to have like the speaking spell, the little computer speaking spell? Words, app level one. You know, like, what the fuck are you doing? Ridiculous. Which, by the way, speaking of retribution, apparently, uh, slap. Jack and, Re- and Reckoning have been moved to SmackDown. Please get that fucking gimmick off of them. Yes, yes. She's no longer going to be Reckoning, hopefully. And then they did get a mask in their match, right? So maybe that, that means they're going to be normal now? Nah, nah. Aside from having dogs, snakes, and birds on a plane. Yeah, cause, cause, cause remember remember that shit having a fucking yum in her first match. He's going to stick the shit on act like ain't nothing happened. If I, if I have my way, I'm going to Photoshop that toy. Somebody give me a name of that toy. I'm going to Photoshop them with that toy. With the dogs, the snakes, and the birds. With fucking the cow goes moo. Viking Raiders go over in a return match, right? Yeah, the rematch from last week that nobody asked for. Mm-hmm, and I didn't ask for it here either, but glad they went over. Uh, what else? Matt Riddle and uh, Randy Orton have an encounter backstage where he's scooting around him, and he says they want to make a team called RK Bro. Orton no sells it, just walks away. Later on, they have a match that Riddle actually, I believe, he crucifix pens Orton, right? Yeah, he went for the RKO and got crucifixed and whipped in. Look at that. The kid got some credibility. Um... Oscar and Charlotte are in the ring. Oscar actually says, Charlotte, tonight I beat you, bitch. I like that. Uh, Miz and Maurice have a promo, which leads to Damian Priest, where Maurice volunteers him for a match that he later on loses. Which, by the way, uh, Botchamania did confirm it. Yeah, that was a shoot when he tripped, when Maurice tripped over him. Nice. And she was not playing. Shayna gives a stern warning to Naya about her fucking up and losing matches. Um, I don't know what, but then Angel Garza's there. What the fuck is Angel Garza doing there? And what happened to Reginald? Uh, no, no, man, no, 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 no. He just disappeared before WrestleMania. We never saw him again. Yeah. Uh, Humberto comes back in great shape just to be destroyed by shame. It's somewhat enforcing what we're hearing about Hispanic wrestlers not being used or pushed or utilized because this guy comes back looking like a million bucks. He's chiseled. He's works on his physique and you guys reward him by just jobbing him out. No, no, and not even jobbing him out because he came out for a match. The match never started. Yeah, completely, completely. Uh, Which what also, else was, by the way, uh, uh-huh. um, this is the second week after WrestleMania. First time we've seen a United States champion. Haven't seen our new tag champ yet. Oh, God. 
<sighs> anyway, guys, I, I, what else happened on Raw? Because I want to wrap up here. Oh my god, fucking! Oh yeah, we had um, Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte versus Oscar, and uh, Rhea grabs Oscar, re grabs Charlotte by her hands when she's going for the figure eight, and Oscar gets the win. And Charlotte throws a tantrum and starts whipping refs' asses left and right like King Kong. Apparently, I guess all the follow-up on Raw talk, she's been indefinitely suspended with a hundred dollar, hundred thousand dollar fine. Yeah, why? <laughs> I mean, they did that. Was she on World Talk or no? No, she wasn't on there. I she wasn't the scheduled suspension. to be on either way. But still, just after that, they were just like, "Hey, it's happened." Yeah, craziness. Good lord. Um. Yeah, I guess that's it. Anything else that you wanted to say before we wrapped up here? Um, no, that was it. All right, cool. Excellent, guys. Once again, as always, thank you for joining us here and hanging out. Don't forget, throughout the week, we're going to have other content. We don't just talk wrestling. We talk a lot of wrestling. But we will also uh, do some more Outriders and more gaming, uh, bring up some other stuff that's going on. Just check the regular places as usual that we're in check talkbrunch.com check the top of the website for the schedule uh, also follow us on social media all of our social media links are in the website as well rick darman at rick darman at soglow frazier uh you know all of that stuff is there don't forget that also thank you to everybody who joined us in the live chat room tonight including spartan jesus 92 george z bloodluster stasis dreams king quest 770 rario 16057 yosefa 7 keith thompson as well as cabigon thank you for helping out with the links and everything else in the chat room my friend uh and yes we will check out and see what's happening with impact so don't forget to tune in next week and also those of you listening on itunes stitcher tune in soundcloud iHeartRadio, podcast addict facebook twitch talkbrunch.com and of course google podcast ladies and gentlemen you've been listening to talk brunch live episode 452 hosted by yours truly rick dara aka captain brunch for myself and my co-host destin soul glow frazier we're out of here thank you and we wish you luck in your future endeavors Shut it down.